I can't help thinking somewhere in the universe there has to be something better than man. Has to be. Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. As I always say, you know my my thing with Predator? I wish they'd do more from Predator's point of view. Like, why does Predator always have to be the bad guy? You know, like, like, like seriously, like, he's, people forget. I, I like to remind people, he's hunting. Okay, that's what he's doing. He's hunting things. Why can't we have something from the hunter's perspective? Why does it always have to be from the stupid humans? You know, will we see Wolverine's hot claws again? I hope I never see Wolverine's hot claws again. I'm not watching, in, I'm not reading Infinity Watch because it's such a pile of bullshit. I did it on the show, and it was honestly one of the worst comics I've read on the show. It was terrible. And I have no time at all for Wolverine's hot claws. I think they're absolute hot trash. I think it's a company bereft of ideas, bereft of vision, bereft of courage. It's an absolute travesty what they've done to the character. Doesn't realise that, like, he's nothing special, and if he just used Google, he could get the same answers, but no, he wants to put out there to his subjects. And I, frankly, honestly, as, as a fellow emperor... You know what I do to that kind of thing? I declare war. You know? It's like, seriously, my kingdom, as I said to you before, as with Camelot, an engine built on war. <laughs> there was one character in it I love. It's a character that Jeremy Irons plays. I think his name is Tiberius in the in the movie. He's kind of like a guardian of Jerusalem. Like, he's kind of like the, the right-hand man of the king. And at the end, when they've lost Jerusalem to Saladin, and they've got to leave, he goes, I've given Jerusalem my whole life. Everything. There is no more Jerusalem. The end of it. I always love quoting movies, and I kept repeating that on the car coming home. Michelle's just like, seriously, <laughs> when are you going to stop? And I'm like, no time soon. Dave, I'm looking at the prom shade again. Mm. and like, So you've gotten in the, the note. The astronomers have discovered two super-Earths orbiting yes. the star 11 light years away. What if we are the super-Earth and they aren't? You know, cool. We've actually discovered this. What if they're like going, who the hell are these bastards? Oh, yeah, so we've discovered them instead of them discovering us. Is what you mm. mean. Yeah, and then, you know, a, a couple of, of decades from now, we'll Well, send a, a, I'll tell a you what over. I believe in, diplomacy with the sword. I've always been a fan of that expression. <laughs> so you go in uh, to win the hearts and minds, yeah. but you've got to show, you've got to wipe out a couple of cities just to show them you're serious. You know? That's that's the way I would run it was, was Caesar, Caesar was your hero, wasn't he? He was, wasn't yeah. He? yeah. He was. <laughs> I'm 2 a.m. at friends' houses, uh, you know, blanket on, just, just battling through with Nightwolf. Like I used to I used to sometimes wake up almost in a daze thinking I was Nightwolf. I would, I would wake up and I'd be like, man, where am I? What's going on? Like, I am Nightwolf. It's like I used to say to my friends, like, I'm only playing as Nightwolf. And they'd say, Dave. And I was really stoned. I was like, I'm only playing as Nightwolf, guys. It's crazy. You showed me. Oh, did I? Okay. You've got the black star eyes yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, great. yeah. it's nuts. Like, See? Squirrel girl, it's nuts. What the <laughs> fuck is going on with Steve Ditko? Was he on, like, a massive amount of drugs no. when he did this? No. Like, she's kind of cosplaying as a squirrel. Basically, yes. Oh, I didn't understand. She, like, she believes she can talk to squirrels. But... As the years have gone on, yes. she's part squirrel. <laughs> I I am definitely of the opinion that it was freebasing cocaine, and I and I 
I never really understand the drug situation. So I found out freebasing actually is. So, like, there's the rock, the cocaine rock, okay, and then they're, they're smoking a pipe off it, like bits of it. That's crack. Yeah, it's crack. It's the same thing. Free Crack is how you, you do it. Or freebasing is the method of, of smoking the crack. That's, that's, that's basically it. Freebasing is the method. That the method is the the smoking. That's called yeah. yeah. So the yeah they're connected. That's what I'm saying. So that's what I think it is. One is smoking, one is sniffing, isn't it? No, yeah. But if it's powder cocaine and you're sniffing lines, that's one thing. But crack yeah, is apparently and then crack is when you do it in a crack pipe. Yes, right? but it's heavier. It's heavier. Hmm. It's heavier. I also believe it's cheaper, but it's 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 a dirtier high, um, and it's more dangerous. Now, and I was talking on the computer on this. I think it was either freebasing or potentially meth. Because meth will fuck your life up. Come on, Rich. Come on, you're living over there in PG world thinking it's weed, dude. It's not weed, man. And, and, and listeners at home, interns at home, take fucking note. Spider-Man No, no Way Home will break a billion dollars. It's going to be the movie to lead people out of the COVID bubble. Oh, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, yeah? Yeah, Yeah. I think it's going to be enormous. I was calling for Wolverine's return on Signal, you know, long before he returned. Um, I was challenging, you know, Brevoort, CB on Twitter, you know? I was throwing the gauntlet (laughs) down. You're lucky. (laughs) (laughs) You're a bit pesky with CB, and uh, he probably... He probably you know hesitates every time he opens up his inbox. Well, you got to show the whip hand to CB. You know what I'm saying? That's it. You got to you got to show CB who's boss. Like, hey CB, you're not the boss of me. So you're going to have to implant someone in the next month, Ray. Can you yep. do it? Do you think you're okay? Up yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it. Good. Let, let me leave it with me. Just leave it with you. And like, and and like, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fucking exciting stuff. Imagine if you get access to all the documents and oh, looking it all out and, and leak they're, trying, it. they're trying to how much you can sell it for. style, like deep throat style, like it'd be awesome, dude. <laughs> I, I I love that kind of stuff. Like you know you know I that's I love the hackers and all those kind of people who do all that shit like. I, I, you know, people are always like, oh, it's a disgrace. I'm like, give me fucking more of that stuff. I love that stuff. <laughs> Tom King's number one fucking partner in crime clown, Mitch Gerard's hopped in with like, oh, yeah, sounds great. And I, and I, 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 my eyes almost roll out the back of my head. And you know, me, myself and Mitch Gerard's, I've never seen eye to eye on Twitter. Oh, um, yeah, of course. I think the guy's a complete clown. And, um, and let's not forget things like, uh, I know the internet wants us to forget Tom King when he tried to throw that Asian guy under the bus. Remember that? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, and Mitch Gerard's piled on too. That's right. Oh, yeah, they want you to forget it, but it happened. And I was live on the scene. And um, and they and they gave that half-baked fucking apology afterwards. And it's like, hey, next time you want to crucify someone in the public square, get your facts right, Tom King. And Mitch Gerard's sitting there as your number two fucking guy seconding the fucking motion, you know? Ever yeah. since that day, I've treated them as clowns. I mean, I can't believe we haven't seen a Vikings movie where they're fighting Native Americans. You know? Why not? They sacked mm. many places. In Spain as well, Constantinople. They sacked mm. that, Rich. They sacked Paris. You know, they I mean, yeah, yeah, went yeah. all I mean, over, they, man. They sacked plenty in Europe, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, I, I, I'm sure, confident that I'm descended from Vikings. The blood in me just starts to... The fever starts to come. You know what I'm saying, Rich? If you if you have British blood in you, then there is a good chance that there's yeah. Viking blood in you too, since they <laughs> they sp- like to spread their they like to spread their genetics across I- the British Isles. Uh, the chick that plays Dove. Oh yeah. Oh, Richard. Yes, Minka Kelly. Mm. Love her. 
Love her. Love her. She is one of the most beautiful women on TV or movies right now. I think she would be. And, and you've seen what she looks like with the, that whitish oh my God, yeah. um, hair with Dove that, that like really, she is, really like She is long. a vision. She is a vision come to life as far as I'm concerned. I love that lady. You're supposed to look like you did when you died. Oh, really? You know. Now, really? look. No, no. I'm talking about like age. Okay. Yeah, so Obi-Wan right. died as an old man, so he comes back as an old man ghost. Yoda dies as an old fucking, you know, uh, Yoda, and so comes back as an, an old Yoda. But yet, Darth Vader comes back looking like his fucking 30-year-old self. Okay, so Brendan Fraser, who, for some fucking reason, has come back up in the news, like, with his hard luck story. Well, he seems to be, um, he seems to be having a bit of a, a comeback since um, yeah, sure uh, Doom Patrol. Yeah, he is, and it's a pity party for, for Brendan Fraser as well. Now, anyway... Um, wow, he's, okay. That's, he's... that's harsh, but all right. <laughs> Sorry, Rick, if you can't tell, I'm a, a bit of a mood tonight, a bit over-caffeinated. Big, big topic here, and I got very, very excited this week. <laughs> uh, a new study, Richard... Uh, I, wish you, oh, I wish you wouldn't use that word. A new study coming from NASA suggests that our galaxy might be full of dead alien civilizations that have destroyed themselves. This was reported on IGN. I got in real deep. I'm trying to get my hands on the actual study. Uh, if there's a study published, Rich, do you think I can get my hands on it? As I told you, Dave, when you called me up all excited, mm. there is no study. No study, but that's exactly what it you, is. Isn't it? You, no, no, you cannot study something that's not there. I'm now just, I'm going to sleep at night and I'm thinking about these these dead civilizations, which we could become one of one day and just, just orbiting suns. And my brain is just going at a million miles an hour, Rich. I can barely calm down at times. I'm thinking about it so much. And I'm saying to Michelle, I go, Michelle, is there any way I can get my hands on the study? And she's like, seriously, you need to calm down. <laughs> but, but like, I am very excited about this whole thing. Is this the precursor to contact? You know no. what I'm saying? Calling occupants of interplanetary craft. You ever heard that song from um, The Carpenters? Yeah. It's so fucking cool. When I first read it, I thought that they discovered it. <laughs> that was my first thought because I called you and... Yeah. And I was like, dude, they discovered. And I was like, read it to me. And then you read it to me. And I was like, mate, that's not a discovery. That's, that's, someone had a thought. And, and life continued. Life continued. Frank Castle came back. You know, he was his old self again, et cetera, et cetera. And life went back to normal. But then we entered PC world. And now they're trying to retire the, the skull symbol. And now we've got Punisher no more. And I'm praying to God that this is just some cheap marketing ploy. To, to get people like me pissed and talking about Punisher and then they're going to bring it back properly, but I don't know. Oh, they, they will because the thing is, like, obviously this is comics, so yeah. no character is, is necessarily gone forever, but this is just them in this climate <sighs> getting some getting some points and getting to virtue signal a little bit and then yeah. they'll retire Frank for a while probably and then when things but have he has been retired for the last two years. The last two years has yeah, been Yeah, but the unfortunate thing is I'm saying, yes, he's been retired, but now they're going to use him as a statement, you know, because you've got the whole defund the police and 
you know, that. people wanting less cops and all that and, yeah. not and me. guns and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not just me. saying, I think they're going to use that to, to send a message. But yeah. once things change, he'll be back. Like once. Meanwhile, you can play Lego Marvel and he's in that. So isn't that fucking hilarious? <laughs> and meanwhile, they've had two, mo- two TV series and Daredevil and multiple movies. that They've monetized yeah, this character that... to fucking high heaven. And here well, we that are. That was before 2020, unfortunately. Yeah, so. 2020 can eat my ass. Like, um, I, I'm not interested <laughs> in the excuses. I, I think it's pathetic. And, and, I, and I tweeted CB, and I was in no mood for CB. And I said, CB, it's an absolute disgrace how you're treating such a classic character. You should be ashamed of yourself. And, um, this is all based on rumor, though, right? Like, well, we don't know anything. Well, whatever, yeah. But I'm operating well, on rumor. No, but I think Jason Aaron is doing a comic. Yeah, a, a right. Comic. Okay. That's not. And, a, that's. I'm pretty sure that's not a rumor. And 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 the heavy leaked rumor is it's called Punisher No More. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I I'll be honest with you. You've got a care or a creator of, um, you know, had a good history on that character. So it sounds like maybe he'll be in good hands, even if they do make an adjustment. You know, um, I don't, I don't know. want the skull retired. I don't want the skull retired. I'm I'm not happy they took him out of Vietnam, frankly. You know, when when they took away the Vietnam backstory, I wasn't happy about that. And and for a while yeah, they were but like they they have to though because of the, um, the, the age. It's yeah. the same they did that for Iron Man. Like they, they his have original to. was Vietnam and then they moved it to the Middle yeah. East. They have to. Do they have to or do they just choose Well, to? well yeah, I mean that's, well, that's they, what did, the they did they did a rack. They did a rack and then guess who came on board? Mark fucking Wade, and Mark Wade decided to make it a mm. mythical country somewhere in the Middle East, a pretend country, pretendier, I call it. And well, um, I mean, it's know. a country outside of time, which is not a bad idea, because then they don't have to change it anymore, right? They just keep saying well, this made-up time that's not associated to the real world. Frankly, you know what I preferred? When he was in the jungles in Nam, finding the Viet Cong. And, yeah. and that, that's my preference. You know, frankly... And if you'd said to me, Dave, here's your fucking choice. How about we just have Punisher Max outside of the normal Marvel bullshit and he was still a Nam character? I'd be like, give me that. I don't care. I don't need fucking, you know, Taskmaster turning up in my Punisher. If he if he's just going to be fighting crime and killing gangsters. Well, that's, what I, that's what I've said for, for years. I don't think every character needs to exist in the... In the canon world, I think well, some characters yeah. and stuff can just have a book on their own where they don't, where they just exist by themselves. Well, Garth Ennis proved uh, how popular that was, and it sold tons. Uh, and that's what Punisher Max was. Um, so, I don't know. I just find it so hypocritical. I guess, guys, that's that's what that's what galls me the most. The fact is, Punisher has always been a bit of a lightning rod of controversy, and Marvel have have fucking fanned these flames like you wouldn't fucking believe for decades, and now they're scared of the fucking repercussions of the skull image. You know know what I said to Michelle? I walked out with my Punisher hoodie and said, they can't take this away, and I was walking around the house and went outside, and I had my Punisher hoodie on, the massive skull, (coughs) and I I said, this ain't getting cancelled. That's what I was saying. I wasn't happy. Yeah, look, the, the Punisher's always made the news every now and again, but the the, the problem is, is we've never had actual riots and burning down of like cities before. We've had, so we've had riots. They, they're probably kidding? a bit more scared now. We've had riots. The race. There's been no, fucking I'm tons of about, riots. I'm talking about in in let's say it's from say 1980s to now. There's been like, riots. Like yes, so you've got people going like, oh, the Punisher, oh, he's bad for the kids and all that sort of stuff. But I'm just saying, like, okay. for a long period of time, he's just. 
gotten the occasional finger wag uh, of that type of character is. Whereas right now, I just think it's a bit different, unfortunately. And again, I'm not agreeing. I'm just giving a a, a possible reason as to why they're not. I think you, you know what I think. The reason, the you, know what, you know what I think it is. I think they're cowards. I think at the end of the day, sure, you, you peer All into companies are cowards. You, you peer into CB Sabolski and you see the heart and the soul of a coward. And Tom Brevo, you're just the same. There you go, Tom Brevo with your chicken shit hat. That's it. And and what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing that fucking hat. And he fucking hates the Punisher, and we all know it. We all know it. And you've been a disgrace for years. And, and finally, the chickens have come home to roost. And guess what? Signal is now. We are now not going to censor ourselves on this topic. I am not holding back anymore. I've held back for oh. four years. And Was I supposed to censor myself? Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not happy. Brevort Sabolski, get in a boat and fucking go somewhere else. Go, go publish your, your, your bullshit PC woke fucking comics to the few people on Twitter who want to buy it. The real Punisher fans are drawing a line in the sand and we're saying, hell no, hell no. Um, that's how I feel, guys. That's my editorial. I'm confident that I have past life memories of alien contact. Like, I'm confident that the alien birthing chambers are there, Rich. Like, I feel it. I said this to you. What? Well, uh... You see, Dave, like, I mean, I'm not trying to be a prick and burst your bubble here. Yeah. I just think that's your imagination, like, because you just feel it so strongly that you've convinced yourself that it's memories from a past life. Because you... you just, you feel it so strongly, so passionate about those birthing chambers <laughs> that I think you've dreamt something and then you've, your brain's convinced you that that was a memory. Well, also, I want to bring in my other past life thing. I'm confident I knew Virginia Woolf, the writer, not well in a past life in London. And I was reading her diaries, and I was thinking some of the scenes that were playing out in the diaries, I'm like, I feel as if I've lived these before. I've been at some of these parties, you know? Okay. I was, I was Yeah, and I was just like, I, I felt a connection across the decades and the century. You know what I'm saying? It, it floated across to me, and I was like, I feel like I've been there. And not a central player, a bit player in proceedings, but I recognised the mood, I recognised the descriptions, and I was like, I actually feel as if I've lived this. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was a sure. It was I mean, it just could mean that you have a very strong imagination, sure, and connection to the writing, which I do. But anyway, but yeah. but seriously, I read those diaries sometimes, and I'm like, man, this feels real, as if I was there. You know. And was I? There? I mean, that's. I mean, that's good. I mean, that's what any writer wants you to feel. So yeah. <laughs> they've done their job. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Um, so, I mean, the jury's still out on alien races so far on Signal. We're obviously monitoring the situation as always. Your, your jury's still out. Mine came back with a swift verdict. <laughs> Meanwhile, guess what I was doing? I'm going to get some a mixture of complaining and fuck all. Am I, no, I was no? wrong and wrong. Really? I, um, yes. Firstly, I was doing my driving lessons, and then secondly, I'm on a Chuck Heston, Charles Heston kick at the moment. I was watching the Omega Man. I fucking love. This I, I think this all falls under the category of fuck all. <laughs> I think. Do have you seen the Omega Man? Have you? Have you seen? Are you, is it meant to be the Omega Man, and you're mispronouncing it just to piss me off? Or I'm not. Is it actually called the Omega Man? O M E G A. Yeah, Omega. Amiga. Omega. Okay, well, whatever. What you... Like, okay, Amiga. Man. Omega. Omega. Omega Man. Omega Man. Is that how you say it? 
Yeah, that was the Omega Man. Really? Well, I don't know. They don't say it in the fucking movie, dude. They don't call like that's the title of the movie, but you know, it doesn't actually get referred to like that. Anyway, the point of the story is it was remade in the two thousands with Will Smith. I am Legend. It's based on a classic book called I Am Legend. Um, this is the original seventies. The nihilism in this movie is staggering and impressive. Like it's it's fucking perfect, dude. It's like L.A. It's the seventies. The world's fallen over about three years or two or three years before. Yeah, everyone's fallen victim to this virus that basically turns them into like vampires, except for him. And like, it's just awesome. Like, he's driving around like this desolate LA. He's going to the cinema and he's watching the movie Woodstock and he's repeating the words of the of the hippies that are, as they're talking. They're going, "Yeah, it's just all about trying to find a way to live." And, and Charles Heston, like an aged Charles Heston, is like, "It's all about finding a way to live." And he's just like off the deep end. And I'm watching yeah, this, this whole thing. Definitely counts as a large dose of fuck all. It's meant to be a very. Uh, nihilistic view of what could happen if technology keeps doing what it's doing. Well, technology will it, keep doing what it's doing. Think yeah, about. but it like takes one example of something we've got now yeah. and runs it to an extreme conclusion. Okay. Yeah. So, like that one was all about um, cloning an AI. Right. Like if you take someone's DNA, can you create them digitally? Digitally? Yeah. So can you create like an avatar in a game... Mm. Or in a movie or oh, something okay. like that. That's I'd AI. love to do that. That is actually a person. Like they think they're real. Yeah, yeah. And because you scan in like DNA, it's actually like looks like, sounds like it is that person. Oh, bring that on, man. And then there's people in the game that don't realise they're in a game. Oh yeah. Well, it's it's the concept of that. Um, this is walking on my thoughts. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. It, it's yeah. taking that concept of we live in a simulation. Yeah. Yeah. Like to another Dude, kind of today. Okay, we we pulled over to get. I was in some shop picking up some chicken burgers, which area I'm never in. Uh, never with the people that associate with his shop, and just the mindless banter that was going back and forth as I was waiting. I started to think, man, this is like exactly like the banter that happens in GTA, the chicken restaurant. <laughs> no, and I was like. What's the difference? Like, I read this thing the other day which said... What, so you're thinking that you're in the game. You're, you're in oh, the game. Oh, I always think that. Yeah. I'm always thinking, how, how you know, how close am I, you know, to game over? Well, like, I mean, the, the, yeah, the sure. science actually backs you up. Thank you. You're actually likely to be in a simulation. Okay, cool. And, um, and I was like, yeah, I was really just thinking. I was like, yeah, wow. It was spinning me out a little bit. And then I remembered, I read this thing the other day, which was like, uh, someone wrote, was on facebook i assume like a meme and it was like i get up i go to work i eat lunch at the same place i get on the same train i come home i go to bed i repeat the next day i am an npc (laughs) and i was like that is a very accurate comment like an npc in like you know a larger game yeah where look i'll i'll I'll, I'll plant my feet in the sand right now. i think it's disgusting do you okay good i agree well okay here so what i find so fascinating right is Superman is an American creation. Sure is. Okay. Now, yeah, I know it's a Jewish guy, but my point is they are uh, Jewish Americans. Okay. They are Americans. Mm. They created this. It's an American creation. It's an American hero. Yeah. I'm sorry. He doesn't stand for Europe. He doesn't stand for Scandinavia. He doesn't. Stand, he is an American creation. And you're talking about a country where literally people kill themselves to get into. Yeah. Right? To a lot of people, America is like the greatest country in the world. Or it's sure. the greatest country because 
it is the land of opportunity. The melting pot, you know, the, you, know? Saying, you know. And that's been like that for years. Even most, I mean, just look how many people are trying to get into America at the border now. Sure. Like, I'm sorry, you cannot tell me that all these people are trying to get into a racist, fascistic, you know, uh, terrible country. Mm. Like, they are trying to get into a better country. So, Superman should be proud that yeah. there's so many people that want to be American, that want to move to America and and uh, uh, have America adopt them where they can pursue their dreams and make a better life for their family. That is the American way. Yeah. So for Superman to drop the American way from his slogan, I just think is absolutely disgusting. And it just shows you how there are so many people in America right now that hate their own country. It's crazy, isn't it? That literally hate their own country. I think it's nuts. I hate it. And I think it's a disgrace. And, and I think Chuck Dixon was right on the money when he started talking about this kind of stuff on the show when we had him on and he started talking about the flag and he started talking about what it meant. And I, I said to him, it's good to hear. It's good to hear someone talking like that. Remind people about what has been done, you know, to safeguard the, the rights and freedoms of the free mm. world. Like, well, the th- you know, I mean, here's the thing. And DC and Marvel are just literally going to be um, echo chambers at some point mm. because – you look at when we were you talking about Chuck when we were saying like him him and um, Denny sure. were not on the same spectrum when it comes to politics. No, but they worked very well together. But they could work together. They could share ideas. They could uh, collaborate, or they could oh. um, uh, counterpoint each other. Sure. And and all sorts of stuff. But it wasn't an echo chamber. Yeah. You had, you know, you had Democrats, you had Republicans, you had Independents, all working together. You had to Alan company. Grant, who was an anarchist. Yeah. You know? So you had people with totally different points of view or, or just similar points of view and they all work together and they all respected each other. You are now creating a space in Marvel and DC where only lefties can work. Yeah, and, and I don't, and when I, I say and lefties, I, don't like I mean like left, left, left. Yeah, I know. You mean radical left and... You know what I mean? And I'm I think some of them like just Democrats. pay lip service. I'm talking about lefties. I think some of them just pay lip service too, if I can be you know? honest. Like, well, but, again, but either way, it's an echo chamber. Yeah. Whether you believe it or not, everyone is just touting the same shit yeah, sure. or saying they believe in the same shit. There's going to be literally no differing points of view when it comes to comics that you read. Yeah. yeah Every character will think the same, will act the same, will talk the same. Yeah. I'm just not a fan of yeah, – yeah, I agree. But I also – if I break it down, Chuck actually said it. Like, yes, he came from Krypton as a baby. And then he, he arrived in the middle of the breadbasket of America – he arrived in Kansas. He was raised by God-fearing folk, two two parents, who who taught him to believe in the red, white, and blue, you know, and mm. to, and to salute the flag, you know, and stand up for the anthem. Like I'm serious, these are the kind of things yeah. that, that, that that they did, and that's what he accepted. That's the character, and that wasn't the character for five seconds. That was the character for a long time, and people were like, oh, it wasn't originally like that. It was like that from like fucking 1940 or something. So it was pretty soon. And think of all the things that have been baked into Superman since the original stuff, you know, including like I'm sure Lois well, and Sup- fucking Jimmy whether they meant Daddy it or Clown. not, Superman is literally the embodiment of the American dream. He is. I mean, he's an immigrant who came to the, the flag, you know? and 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 became successful, and you know what I mean, yeah. and love the country, and and fights for the country that yeah. that he that adopted him. And there's nothing like, wrong with that. There's nothing. No, no, wrong but that's with my that. point. But he is. That's my point. You're taking the character who is. Literally, mm. the embodiment of the American dream. I know. And now you're saying no, he doesn't believe in it anymore. And now he doesn't believe in the American dream anymore. Doesn't believe in the American way. Yeah. 
I hate it. I really, actually, I, I think it's ridiculous. I, to me, you know, I, I mentioned this to, I said this to my mother, who, believe you me, doesn't read comics, but she knows who Superman is. I said, guess what? They're, they're, they're taking away the American way from just the American way for Superman. And she said, it's just ridiculous. She said, where will it ever end? It is what it is, man. Now, we've got a big, big item here, and I want to put it on front and center page. Um, and this is something that I feel strongly about, but I want to get your opinion. So Superman was confirmed by a DC writer to have been sexually tortured and raped by the Soviets in a retcon of a world's finest two-parter from the 1980s. And I want to... Uh, I'll, I'll quote from the article where I read this from. Um, okay, so according to 12 Years a Slave screenwriter turned comics author John Ridley, who I believe also did that future Batman stuff, uh, his decision to pen a story for DC Comics in which Superman is implied to have been sexually tortured during one of his previous Silver Age adventures was made in order to provide commentary on his personal perception that the prevailing culture in this country is when bad things happen to people who are traditionally marginalised, there's this feeling of, okay, we get it, it was wrong, let's just move on. And I want to say, firstly, I believe it was an early 80s World's Finest, which would make me Bronze Age, not Silver Age. But anyway, um, now, if you read into it, it was on Bounding Into Comics, uh... In the original storyline, I've not read the original issues yet, but I read the breakdown. Basically, Batman, and I believe Superman, so both of them are captured by Soviets. Superman's depowered by Kryptonite, so he can't fight, and they're sort of held as slaves for a short period of time, you know, and then they break out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and Batman notices that Superman seems to be struggling more because he's not quite as naturally tough as Batman. Now, in, in essence, Rich... I want to get your view on this, that basically he did a red and blue storyline, John Ridley, in that red and blue comic, um, where Superman goes back to the scene and kind of relives it, I believe. And yeah, apparently um, this writer saying he was sexually tortured and raped during the... I mean, just saying it makes me starting to feel mad. Uh, how, where are you on it, man? Um... Uh, I mean, I don't really care because really? the the current stuff is not um, it's not the real characters anyway. Sure. Like, I mean, I, I don't mean to sound nice, but I, there's not really anyone reading this shit. Yeah. Let's let's be honest. There's barely anyone reading this crap. So does it really matter? It's like you know, it's a tree falling in the uh, uh, in the woods alone in the forest. Yeah. Like. Um, uh, if no one wrote an article about it, probably no one would even know. I wouldn't have known. And this article brought it to that's, my attention. That's my point. Yeah. Because no one's reading it. Yeah. yeah no one's no reading that, which is why this it has to it has to be an article for people to go, what? What happened? Because no one's reading it. Yeah. Um. And again, there hasn't been any fuss about it because no one's probably read the book. Well, I don't, I don't <laughs> the sales are probably yeah. in the toilet. Mm. So, I mean, I, I mean I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around his point about the commentary. Well, what he's saying... Trying to figure yeah. out, I'm trying to figure out how raping Superman mm. is a commentary on when bad things happen to traditionally marginalize this, it's feeling okay, we get it, it was wrong. Just he's, he's basically on. saying... I'm the, trying the, to figure the, out the how you get that connection. He's basically saying minor characters and potentially minorities get raped, etc., in shows all the time. And they don't spend a lot of time dealing with the consequence because they're minor characters. When he's, he's, I believe, trying to flip it on his head by raping the biggest character of all, 
Superman, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really care. I don't. I, 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 I assume now. Okay, you've got a more nuanced view than me. I honestly think that doing this, raping Superman, is you are raping the country. You're raping the flag, and it's disgusting because the appeal of a character like a Superman, like a Captain America, is their values, their you know iconic stature. Uh, this is just it, it's a desperate attempt to be edgy. And all it's doing is devaluing the character for no good reason at all. And I think it also it's cowardly. They've stuck it in this minor title. They've kind of probably hidden it away. Now he's coming out and crowing about it. I very much doubt he was crowing about it to the to Warners. You know what I'm saying? Or even maybe to his editor. Uh, but but this this brings me back to something I've said on the show before, and this is why I've said uh, the reason I don't read a lot of modern comic books today is because a lot of writers today, mm. all of them have agendas, right? Sure. This guy's got all one for sure. No, no. All they're interested in is pushing the agenda, and here's the problem. Yes, people say, oh, comics have always had politics and stuff, and Denny O'Neill, and I go, yes, but Denny O'Neill didn't just put his words into any character. Sure. He chose the right characters yeah. for him to get his message across, which is why when they did the Green Arrow, he was like, hey, Green Arrow is a, you know, a bleeding heart lefty yeah. like me. So this is a character that I could um, you know, put some of my views in, but also I will make him flawed as well. Mm. You know, He's not right about everything and stuff. I, I will come with it from a balanced point of view. But this is a character that I can maybe say some things that I want to say. And he is very you know fond I mean? of the... Which is, is why Daniel O'Neill never did that in Batman. True. Or true, true, true. when he wrote Superman. He, he, he knew... And that's why I say good writers, even if you've got something to say, if what you want to say is not right for the story or the character, then they generally don't do it. Yep. They'll wait or they'll look for a character that they can tell that kind of story but not today's writers today's writers don't give a fuck about actual character what makes a character what the character uh, would I'm say would do. they just agree. go this is what i want to say so this character is going to say it i don't care who the character is i'm sitting i agree with you completely i'm sitting here thinking about it and i'm getting mad and i, I i'm going to make a comment right now is it possible to arrest this writer for treason because i almost believe that's where he is he's he's done something to superman that I think is just so pathetic and self-defeating and so against the very, you know, formation of the character, the DNA of Superman, and you've done it for cheap, shock value, and with no thought at all. You've taken an innocent, world's finest storyline from the 80s, early 80s, and you've tried to come at it with this kind of agenda, trying to make some point that no one can even understand, and then you've come out in the press probably a year after it went to print, saying all this shit and getting it in everyone's heads. And I, no, I, I, I honestly am wondering, is it possible to arrest this guy for treason? Because that's what I think he's done. He may as well get out there and burn the flag in the street because that's what he's done with Superman. Yeah. And I think well, it's Unfortunately, disgusting. no, you can't arrest him. Sure. But anyway, Jughead in this, it really pisses me off, has a beanie which kind of has a few little points on it. Just give him the crown. Why can't he wear the crown, man? I mean, just annoying. <laughs> Michelle loses that with me every show because I go every show. I go, Juggy should be wearing the crown.
Welcome to Signal of Doom. It's episode 250. I'm Dave and I'm here with Rich. Rich, how are you going? Not too bad, but it's a big milestone. We get in, means you're getting very close to the uh, five-year mark. Wow. Um, yeah, I guess so. Like, yeah, and 250, it feels like, I mean, it doesn't feel like yesterday since we've started, but, like, I am, I am just so happy that we've kept going. There's been, um, obviously, you've done, I reckon, as many episodes as Stu did now. I reckon you're about equal. You know, because I went back through the records 
And Stu was on for, I want to say, the first 110 or so. Uh, we had Connor on for a little while, a um, bit of solo Tash with me, and then you. So, um, yeah, I, I reckon you've you've done over 100 now, would you think? Uh, yeah, I would imagine it's got to be that or close to or just over. Yeah, and, I mean, really, it's like water off a duck's back uh, for you, Rich. You just feel you're always tired. You're always a bit grumpy. You're always direct from the retail coalface apocalypse war that's happening. Um, but you turn up and you get the job done. You're the engine room with the batting, man. Um, I'm the flashy opener with all sorts of trick shots, but you're just the engine room. Now, how are you, Rich? What's been going on? COVID decimating the retail landscape. One man stands tall. That's Richard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, just we're missing like five staff at the moment. So, no, that's a a lot. I think seven. Really? In one store? Yeah, that's well, a, that's a lot. People on holiday, others were like, got the coof. Yeah. Well, we and 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 mm. still, still, you're still going strong though, Rich, aren't you? Really? I mean, yeah, man, I'm the rock. I'm the it rock. just feels like maybe potentially you are immune. I just, I don't understand how you haven't got it yet. Frankly, I, don't, I mean, I don't mean to wish it on you. I just, I don't understand because it's been going right through the community, and you've been in the cold face every day. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm, you know, at this point, I'm pretty sure I'm immune. Wow. Did you, have you ever I'm, gotten I'm sick? Have you ever gotten sick and thought you might have it kind of thing? No, I haven't been sick at all. Wow. Jesus. Um, you should throw in a sickie. How are they going to fucking know if you throw in a sickie? Can you imagine, like, the, because it, it, it's now oh, relevant. I, I'd have to get a, I'd have to get a doctor's note. Oh, do you really have to get doctor's notes? Oh, my God. Mm. Jesus. Oh, especially especially now. Yeah, yeah. I suppose so, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember back when I first started working, that was a big thing, um, the old doctor's note. But, you know, I don't know. It's times of change. But then again, if you're on, if you're out there in retail land, and as you say, like, missing seven bodies, that's, that's huge. If, that any business is going to be impacted by that. Mm. Yeah, no, that's tough. So... Rich is tired, but he's here to celebrate 250. And frankly, once you get to 250, you should be a bit tired because you've put a lot in. You know, you've 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 well, put... I put to 250, but yes. <laughs> oh, you've been pretty strong though, Rich. So, what have you been reading and watching this last week? In those moments where you've had some, you know, um, some time on your hands. Uh, haven't been watching much. I mean, I did. Uh, I just uh, finally got around to watching that um, the Tomorrow War. Oh yeah, the uh, uh, what's his name Amazon. from what's his name from Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, Chris Pratt and that uh, chick from uh, Chuck, which is the Yvonne Shohisky. We we was. we enjoyed it. It was kind of popcorn fun when we watched it. What did you think of it? Oh yeah, it's a silly movie. Like the the logic, the, the inconsistent logic in that movie. I was actually uh, I was picking apart more than actually like paying attention to yeah uh, just the actual story. But I mean, I still enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, it was exactly like it's one of those films that it doesn't really take itself too seriously. Like, I mean, I enjoyed it for for what it was. Um, it was a funny incident. I was it yesterday or day before where Rich put out what looked like an invitation at Korean barbecue, but uh, not for Davy. But uh, I, I said, I don't think this is for me, Rich. 
because it's coming right in the middle of my workday. But uh, I do like Korean barbecue. I just kind of put that. Uh, no, no, I didn't have Korean barbecue. <laughs> I had a friend who was asking me about the fried oh, chicken. Right. I was trying to clarify with them. Are you talking about the one that we usually get, but we get Korean barbecue? Did you sense my desperation to plus one in? I, I was like, I, I thought I'm gonna, I'm gonna sound a little desperate here, but I'm, I'm quite happy to, you know. I was just well, like, I'm, I'm waiting for us to still have our next. Uh, Lunch meetup has just been a bit uh, postponed. Yeah, uh, on the back burner at the moment. It has been, you know, it has been, Richard, indeed. And but that's always a story with me, with because you know me, I wouldn't describe myself as an overly social creature. But when I hear that there's a nice food on offer, then you know suddenly I get a little bit more social. <laughs> <laughs> that or strippers, you know. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I don't think you can eat that. Well, I suppose technically you can. Oh, you could slam down some chicken wings watching a few strippers, Rich. That could, you could, I, I, I'd be happy to do that. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be, I'd be thrilled. I mean, best of both worlds, frankly. Um, eating some breast. <laughs> and meanwhile, well, we some breast, <laughs> anyway, look, episode two fifty. Wow, we've gone downhill. Dave's what a got. <laughs> So, uh, for me, this week, um, I've actually been really busy at work, but I do want to say this week's pick, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow, um, hilariously, a book that I've put off reading until now for the show, and finally read it last night, finally read it last night, can't wait to discuss it, Um, was it my pick? I think it was, and... I've had this hardcover for a couple of years and I purposely kept it back. And sometimes you read it and it was just bliss, frankly. I really enjoyed it. Now, are you familiar with Kolchak, Rich? The Kolchak Night Stalker TV show? Ever heard of this? Uh, gosh, it sounds familiar, but I don't, I'm not like um, super versed in or anything. I don't it, think it was something that I really watched, but it, I do, I remember. Yeah, it's a 70s show. It was a forerunner of the X-Files. The X-Files creator, Chris Carter, took a lot of uh, notes from it. He, he loved it. And basically, the guy's a new, uh, a newspaper guy. Like, so he's a journalist. And he's a real desperado. Uh, he's kind of like a washed-up, deadbeat journalist, um, kind of working his last job. And he encounters supernatural things and tries to write stories about mm-hmm. them and stuff. And it, it's actually pretty cool. Well, I watched... Um, the first two, it started with two TV movies, which were the highest rated movies in the 70s, TV movies of all time, for a number of years. Um, and they replayed a lot. And then it spawned uh, a single series, which I've got on DVD. But I watched the, the movies, and one of them's Vampire, and the other one's like a zombie. Uh, pretty cool and pretty fun. And you can see how this X-Files creator really... It's that monster of the week feel. Um and yeah, well, I'm having I'm having a look on Rotten Tomatoes and it has a hundred percent. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, the thing was that um, Moonstone uh, owned the rights to the Kolchak books and comics, and they they they're putting out a new one on Kickstarter. And uh, the guy doing it was on John Suntress's Word Balloon, and I just I'm always available for Kolchak, and I was like, oh yeah, and they're putting out like. Uh, basically stories from different stories uh, featuring Kolchak from different eras. So starting in the 30s, 40s, 50s, all the way through to like his last case in like the 2000 when the guy died because the guy was, you know, he, he passed away in the early 2000s. He was on a couple of X-Files episodes actually and he did plenty of other work. 
Um, but yeah, uh, Jar- oh, I'm just, oh, Darren McGavin. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, he was well and truly around. Um, in one of them, do you remember Frank Burns from Mash? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in one of he's in the first one, the first TV movie. He doesn't have a huge part, but it's good to see him turn up. You know, um, playing playing someone who's not Frank Burns because like, Jesus Christ, I love those episodes of Mash. I think uh, if I think he played Billy Madison's father, didn't he? Yes, he was in Billy Madison. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. You're correct. Um, yeah, no. So it, look, they've been an absolute pleasure. Uh, apart from that, it's just been it's been nonstop action uh, at the crease for me. Like we did a Legion outpost um, earlier uh, today, myself and Adam, and we did um, the opening of Mark Wade's run. Um, so the first six issues of Mark Wade's run on Legion, which is pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. And we covered a Christmas story, and we covered the appalling Justice League versus the Legion, where I had more opportunities to slam Bendis. Um, <laughs> oh my god! I listened to a whole Bendis interview with on John John Sumter's Word Balloon, and ah, uh, he's like at times you kind of understand what he's saying. Other times you just realise he's a guy just caught up in self love and surrounded by yes men. You know what I mean? And there is no filter when it comes... Like, he only gets positive reinforcement. That's very clear, you know? Um, and he's just one of those guys, everything's great, everything's beautiful. His friends are the best friends in the world. Like, you know, Kelly Siddiconics is putting out gold week after week, you know, this and that, and, like, name-dropping all over the place. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's great that you're a creative community, but, like, Bendis, I'd say you're probably... You're, you're churning it out more than the rest. You know, <laughs> yeah. So sometimes, sometimes I wonder how the, the these writers now would like actually survive if if they were to like go back and write in like the the sixties, seventies, and eighties. Yeah, yeah. Where, like uh, you got told no a lot. <laughs> well, Bendis is. You know who Bendis with his kind of like uh, productivity reminds me of a Marv Wolfman. I'm not actually the biggest Marv Wolfman fan in the world, and I I feel he churned out a lot of stories that I've read. I, I think yeah, he, but his stuff is is well above. Bendis. Yeah, I know, I know it is, but in terms of enjoyment, at least, yeah, because I mean, even he's like, like even the stuff you say he's churning out for a paycheck, at least was more imaginative. Yeah, and better written than Bendis. Yeah, no, Bendis is it's low effort. Like he's saying he's done fifty drafts on a comic, and I'm like. I sometimes feel like Bendis has done like one or two drafts. They're so lazy, you know. Like, I don't know. So anyway, um, moving to some news, we have some Doctor Strange two news, rumored to be a Fantastic Four cameo, reportedly involving John Tr- John Krasinski. Uh, yeah. So what do you think about this? A Fantastic Four cameo in Doctor Strange two, Rich? Do you think this is appropriate? Do you think this is going to push people back in the theaters? I don't believe it. What, you don't believe the rumour? Yeah. Why? I ju- well, because, like, uh, John Krasinski was, like, a fan casting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From a while back, and I just feel like... I, I just feel like it's one of those fake rumours based on... Yeah, those desperation guys. When, when, when people were like, oh, you know, that my, oh, wouldn't it be cool if John Krasinski and... And his what's his wife? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Is it Emily Blunt? Emily Blunt. Oh, yeah. if they were like defend. And I was, just, I just feel like someone's like. Again, I could be completely wrong, but I just feel like it's just a rumor that's based on fan casting from uh, yeah. a year or two ago, or whatever, or about a year ago. 
it does feel a little convenient, you know. And I also kind of roll my eyes that like he's the only guy who can play fucking Reed Richards, really. Like, but you know what? I I don't even feel like he is a good choice, and I got nothing against him. I think he's a very good actor. Um, you know, I enjoyed him in what was it? Uh, is it Thirteen Hours? I don't know. Don't I don't think I've ever uh, watched it. I, I'm not sure if I've ever. It was seen that it. movie about the Benghazi thing, and then he's also uh, been pretty good as Jack Ryan. Yeah. Um, on the Amazon show. So I mean, I don't. I I, I rate him as an actor. I just don't see him as Reed Richards. That's yeah. not. When I look at John Krasinski, that's not who I think of for... You're not like, this is, they've finally got... No, I don't see him as Red Richards. Uh, his wife is a good actress, Emily Blunt. Good actress. In a lot of good projects. Uh, you know, and I could, I would pay to see her as Sue Storm. That, I, that's for sure. I'd throw my money down for Sue Storm. Wow. I'd throw my money down for a lot more with her, if possible. But um, I'm not sure if that's going to be on the, I'm not sure if that's going to be on the table anytime soon. You know? Doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doubtful. Richard's got doubts. I mean, maybe Emily Blunt makes a few really bad decisions. You're only ever a couple of bad decisions away, they say. You know, from from. I I, I think it would have to be more than a couple. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's hoping. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I did. I didn't say you couldn't dream. I just said I don't. I don't think that's a dream that's going to come true. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. I, I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead, and neither is she. You know, this marriage might not last. You know, you never know, man. You never know what's going to happen, dude. Hollywood churns and burns. It eats them up and, and spits them out. You know, that's I, 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 that is true. I, I I don't know what could happen, but I'm <laughs> I, I can safely say that uh, that uh, Emily Blunt leaving John Krasinski and falling for David Finn. Well, she doesn't need to fall for me. It's just an encounter. I'm going to put it at the zero percent. She doesn't have to fall for me. It's just an encounter, Rich. You know what I'm saying? It's just a liaison. Now now you're downgrading your own dream. Oh, it's a liaison is what I'm trying to say. You know, no one needs to get committed here. No one needs to put a ring on it. You know what I mean? Like, let's not get crazy. Um, One day you'll just bump into in the streets of uh, Australia. (laughs) Down on her luck. (laughs) <laughs> you never know. Um, so, huge news, uh, Rich. Uh, gaming news. Activision Blizzard, under the gun from investors over sexual harassment controversies and ongoing executive ter- turmoil, has pulled the escape cord. The company has agreed to be acquired by Microsoft in a $68.7 billion all-cash deal, inclusive of the company's net cash. Um, this is actually huge news in terms of a Microsoft acquisition. Um, Activision Blizzard, I mean, we're talking about Blizzard, like, Warcraft, all that shit, man. Like, this is huge, isn't it? Call of Duty. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, I mean, it, it, it's certainly huge. It's a big, it's a big purchase. Mm. So, it's I mean, massive. what do you think about, like, this? Because I saw, I read a lot of, um, I want to say a lot. I read two articles on it. And um, one of them was saying the the CEO of Xbox had reached out to Sony saying we're still going to be continuing to put the product out uh, on PlayStation. Like Call of Duty won't disappear because that was a big concern. I think that that you know PS players would, would lose Call of Duty, which is one of the biggest you know uh, franchises in gaming. A, look, it may may not, but I mean at the very least, it's definitely going to be a timed exclusive. Yeah, you think? Yeah, for sure. Wow. So it's a huge play, and one of the other things... Hey, that was... hey, to be fair, it's that Sony did that to... Uh, so Xbox used to actually have, like, um, 
um, first crack at at um, Call of Duty back in the day, right? Where they would kind of get the game first, and uh, they would get DLC first, and all that, and then Sony pipped them, and then like Call of Duty, uh, like DLC and all that would come to Sony first. Yeah. So I, I, I yeah, I mean, again, put it this way: you don't. It was the same argument people had when they bought Bethesda, right? They were like, oh, they're never going to put make it, uh, whatever. And I was like, you don't spend like $7 billion yeah. to make games for PlayStation. Well, guess what? And I, I know that turned out to be correct, where they basically said, no, a lot of this shit's going to be exclusive now. Well, guess what? You don't spend almost $70 billion to make games for PlayStation. Although, a counter-argument to that, what I was reading was, and this is all speculation, it was a speculative article. It was saying... It's not a console war, it's a content war. And they more than likely, for, for revenue-raising purposes, would sell the game to PlayStation. No, because... no. no. Uh, here's the thing, right? Um, they don't actually need PlayStation. Right. Because, uh, one, they'll get all the PC uh -huh. sales. Yeah. And a lot of people play Call of Duty on PC. Right. So they're going to make money there off the PC players and they're going to make money off the Xbox players. And, you know, they might, they'll probably show and say, hey, you want to play? Buy an Xbox or buy a PC. Yeah. And then you've got access, you to, have access to it. And the game pass as I as said, well. mate, you, don't, you don't spend $70 billion. Yeah, no, I hear. To make, to make a little bit of money on the PlayStation. Okay. Like, I'm sorry, but Xbox and PS, PC combined yeah. would still make them a lot of money. Now, again, uh, they could just be generous and say it'll be a timed exclusive so for the first year mm. like a year after the release it can come to so to to playstation all that but again um i don't think or they might force uh, uh sony to maybe have gate pass on their console or, yes. or cloud gaming or something like that but i'm just saying i don't see them necessarily going oh we'll make more money because he, again that argument is playstation doesn't have that point of view they don't turn around and say oh we should put it on pc and xbox so we make more money on these exclusives true it's all on sony so yeah, yeah. i mean the, the pockets on microsoft are obviously enormous so it's an interesting acquisition oh, and God. can i be honest with you sony doesn't make anywhere close to the amount of money that microsoft makes no yeah. like as as uh, i think it was phil spencer who basically said they're not really competing against um, Sony. Sony is not really their competition. Their competition is Netflix, Amazon, yeah, all all these bigger places with obviously the the, the subscription stuff. I'm going to right? put something like, out now. This is just and I'm purely speculating. Um, surely, with all these acquisitions from Microsoft, they've got a ton of stuff that they could turn into shows, cartoons, all that kind of stuff beyond just games. You know, like actual IPs that they've bought, uh, movies. Well, I, mean, you know? I know there's a Halo TV show in the works, but I mean, look, uh, Microsoft isn't in the business of making movies but, or, or you TV know. shows. If, if someone, no, but if someone approaches them, I'm yeah. sure they'll hammer out a deal. But I don't see, I don't see Microsoft pushing. No, like trying to get stuff made like themselves or whatever. I mean, it's, yeah. again, it's expensive enough just making. Uh, games, consoles, uh, operating systems, and all that sort of stuff. And have you bought the new stuff. Xbox? Have you got the new Xbox? No, there's no need to have the new Xbox. Yeah, I'm just thinking at some even, point, even with the even with the shortage, there's no need to have it. Yeah, yeah. Right now, there's not a need, but the, a time will come, man. You know, and 
And I am concerned. Oh. I am. And concerned. speaking of, I've actually been playing the Mass Effect um, Legendary Edition on Xbox. Yeah, I think. fantastic. You're loving it. But what's your concern? Oh my, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Con- I've played the game in like ten years. So my concern won't surprise you. <laughs> it's about Elder Scrolls. Um, I, I, you know, you know how much I fucking love the Elder Scrolls, man. Uh, Oblivion and um, Skyrim. Just when that new one comes out, is it confirmed that it's only coming to Xbox, or are they going to put it on PS Five as well? Like, what's the story? Uh, we had it's any... definitely exclusive, right? Because um, I'll need to get I to to play it. I'd need to get a new Xbox, wouldn't I? My Xbox One wouldn't be able to hack it, would it? There's no way. I guess. Um... Yeah. Maybe, but I mean, again, that, that that dude, don't expect that game next year or anything. Right, expect yeah. Expect that game in the next two to three years, and then you'll okay. worry so, about then. By then, yeah. by then, the Xbox One is going to be old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I mean, I, well, I got a PS5, which I love. Um, but, like, it's not like there's a deluge of games that have come out for it. You know what I mean? Like, it's I'm not, like, hammered by games that have come out. Like, No, I, well, it's because, obviously, with the shortage... Because they can't manufacture the consoles, they've been having to make the games work. They've been able to sort of downgrade or optimize the games to work on the old consoles as well. So right. Okay. That's why there hasn't been any real exclusive um, uh, games. It's the same. Well, I'll be honest with you. That's why a lot of people laughed at Xbox when they said, no, we're going to make the games work on both consoles. Everyone's like, oh, you're holding the consoles back. Well, guess what? There weren't any consoles. There's not yeah. enough consoles. So it's, it's good. And now Sony have also changed their tune and said, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to keep optimizing for the old consoles. Because originally they said, no, nah, no, nah, they're all going to be uh, next gen. If you want to play them, you've got to buy the new console. Yeah, well, guess yeah. what? There's no consoles. That's right. Yeah. So anyway, we're, we're, you know, I'm in a decent state here. I've got, I've got a PS5. I've got two working Xbox Ones. Uh, right now, there's no real problems. Like you say, if Elder Scrolls is two years away, well, that's a two years away problem. Can oh, just min- minimum. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was actually three years away. What about Starfield? Because that's another game that I'm looking forward to. Uh, that one will probably be coming out either towards the end of this year or early next year, I would say, if there's uh, possibly any delays or anything. And do you think that that will run on Xbox One? Uh, I believe it's been built for that, yes. Okay, cool. All right. Well, uh, look, it's, it's interesting. You know me, I don't have a ton of console loyalty to either. I, I love my Xboxes and... I don't mind my PS5. Well, so yeah. here's, the, here's the good... Well, I don't, I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but one thing that Xbox is pushing is cloud gaming. Yes. Now, cloud gaming allows you to play better, higher-quality games without having the latest um, console. Like, you don't have to have, like... Yeah. The, the latest console, you can still be on Xbox One. It's it probably going to be based sort of, like, on, like, the internet and the cloud gaming stuff and all that. So, again, you know, there's at some point, there might not even be consoles. It might all just be fucking cloud gaming where you just have to buy some box. Yes, and Richard, you... And it all is accessed through the internet. This week, just two days ago or one day ago, you put yourself at the top of the tree when you said to me, you know how much I love that Conan game, that 360 Conan game, um, and how pissed off I've been that it wasn't backwards compatible. Just yesterday, you flicked me a text saying it's it's backwards compatible and it's it's available. I have it always right by my desk with the Conan that you got me, the you know, the figurine, and I, I have the game there just waiting for this day. I just saw it in my Xbox One. It, it was like a upgrade, a five-gig upgrade, and it's ready to go. So I'm going to be playing that game tonight, man. I was so happy when you gave me that news. 
Yeah, I thought I knew you would be. Yeah, I was just like... And, and if anyone's... So basically, for all the listeners, Xbox is currently having a backwards compatibility sale. Right. So go have a look on the store. You can buy a lot of old Xbox, original Xbox, Xbox 360 games for like under 20 under $15 right. uh, digitally. So if there's any old games that you don't have or never got around to playing, they do have a sale until the twenty. Six, maybe? Well, I'm just so glad that Conan Properties Worldwide obviously, you know, managed to sort out this deal and get that on there because that's been requested so many times, that game. Like, I love that game. That was Yeah, that's a great game, and that's where Conan's voiced by uh, Ron Pillman. Right, yeah, okay, wow. That's a big name. That's a huge name. Um, so moving on, so we'll keep on the story. Richard's all over this gaming news. Uh, the theatrical runtime for the Batman has reportedly been revealed, and it's nothing to sneeze at, Rich. Uh, it'll be 176 minutes, so just under three hours, Rich. You ready no, for no, it? Way, way too fucking long. What did you say? Way too long. Way too long. Oh, that's going to be torture for me. Not me. I'm going to be there, big bucket of popcorn. I might, I might wear my Batman, like, you know, put, put on the old uh, the bat ears and walk in. Oh, yeah, bring it on. Bring it on. I, I will say one thing. I am not looking forward to this version of Riddler. He looks ridiculous. I'm not looking forward to this version of anything. <laughs> <laughs> You're not looking forward to Robert Patterson as Batman, as, as whiny emo Batman? No, I'm not looking forward to his Batman. I'm not looking forward to the Commissioner Gordon. I'm not looking forward to the Catwoman. I'm not looking forward to anything. The Commissioner Gordon's a pretty good actor. I mean, he's done plenty of good stuff, that Commissioner Gordon guy. Um, Zoe Kravitz, not feeling it? I'm actually just very disappointed that they're not going to stick with J.K. Simmons. Right, he's going to be ba- like He's going to be Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, back all part, but I really enjoyed him as as Commissioner Gordon in the Justice League movie. But he's going to be Commissioner Gordon in Batgirl movie. He that, can't be. He is. It's confirmed, dude. He is. But she's. I don't know what to say, she man. Black? I don't know, man, but I, I do know that apparently he's going to be I'm playing. I'm pretty sure the new Batgirl actress is 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 black. Well, I don't know. Let, let's have a look here. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. My my thinking is that she's supposed to be the daughter of this Commissioner Gordon from these patterns and Batman movies. Right, Jake. Yeah, that would make more sense. Um, Jake has Simmons Batgirl movie. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I could be wrong here. It could be that um. I don't know. It was revealed earlier this year that J.K. Simmons was in talks to reprise his role as Commissioner Gordon in Warner Brothers' Batgirl movie. Yeah. It's got here that he's in negotiations, yeah. but I don't know. But how long ago was that, though? That may have been before they actually cast the actress. October 18, uh, 2021. J.K. Simmons is officially returning as James Gordon in HBO Max's Batgirl movie. Oh, by the way, I fucking love that. I think that Batgirl actress, um, she basically sends out a tweet saying, you know, oh, well, you know, she's welcoming um, Michael Keaton to the DCU, the what? DCU. Yeah. And I was like, the fuck are you doing? Your movie hasn't even come out yet. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's going to be in there before you. How are you welcoming him? If anyone should be welcoming me, he should be welcoming me in all the movies he ushered in after his iconic yeah. role. And she should go back down and take a seat and have a think about what she's saying. You know? yeah, seriously, she sends out a tweet saying, oh, I want to welcome Michael Keaton to the DCEU, you know, you know, you're joining us. And I was like, what do you mean us? You haven't even had a fucking movie yet. Yeah, you've done very the little. in production. Yeah. Well, it seems J.K. Simmons is going to be the father, Rich. 
Well, we'll see. It could be that he married I a black think, woman. I don't, I don't, I, look, I would love that, but I don't think so. What, you don't think it's going to happen? That with J.K. Simmons, yeah, well, I don't think he'll get the, the it. Reports, the reports are happen. that it's happening, man. No, so you said they're in talks. Let's have a look. I don't know. There's, there's, there's a lot of stuff here, and none of it seems to be confirmed. But there, there are, there are reports. Here we go. J.K. Simmons teases a new version of Gordon in HBO Max's Batgirl movie. He will reprise the role of James Gordon in Batgirl, but is it the same Gordon we first met in Justice League? Um, and there's a quote from J.K. Simmons. Uh, well, it's a more significant character in the story this time around, which is great. When we were doing Zack Snyder's Justice League, that was with the intent that we were laying groundwork for these characters to be expanded upon. And with these superhero multiverses, I guess they go in, now go in different directions. He was pleasantly surprised when he got the recall to return as Gordon in Batgirl. So, I don't know. Well, that's good news, at least. Yeah, seems, seems he's involved. You know, so, we'll see. But like you say, I'll believe it when I see it. But, yeah, okay. Interesting. Well, I said, I don't remember seeing any official announcement, but again, I may have missed it. Well, dude, I'm reading stuff out. I'm reading quotes no, from I just it. said, I may have missed it. Yeah, well, you... That t- one that you're reading. That's forget about Mayov. Di- forget Mayov did. <laughs> I don't know. That could be a, that could be a fake report. Oh, fake news. Fake news. I like it. <laughs> well, it could well be. I mean, one thing that, you know, because, you know me, I am Lois. There's one thing here. It's one website that's really pushing this, and it just it's just movieweb.com are the ones who are really pushing J.K. Simmons is in Batgirl. Everyone else is kind of backing away from it, not confirming, whereas they're attributing quotes to him and all this other stuff. But could that's it be? Say, usually, when something's official, you usually get it. You usually see it reported at many. Well, like Hollywood Reporter, Variety, those kind yeah. of establishments, you know, that's usually the official lock-in kind of thing. Movieweb.com, a lot more speculation. I trust Signal Doom over Movieweb.com any day of the week, frankly. <laughs> yeah, well, seriously, because one thing I do is I get the flashlight out and I go deep into the story. You know, I'll ask the hard questions. That's the thing. No, I'm not just about the softballs. I'll say, give us a number. How much? How much to walk back in, JK? He's like, oh, you know, I don't want to talk about numbers. I go, well, I do. Let's talk. Let's keep it rolling. You know, you're a, you're a, you're a guy in demand. Um, you're in the Spider-Man movies. You're in this. You're in that. You know. Yeah. Well, what would made me think about is I just watched that uh, Tomorrow War and he plays Chris Pratt's father in that. Yeah, he does. He does too. Actually, he's quite cool. Oh, he had a mighty he had a mighty beard in that. Yeah, it was a huge beard. Um, he has the mustache as JJ, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he's fought got a mustache as JJ and as uh, Commissioner Gordon. Yes, he does. Yeah, true. Um, now, I wanted to get your views on this, Rich, and go as deep as you want. DC is cancelling and killing off the Justice League. Joshua Williamson says they're doing this in Justice League 75. Apparently, there's eight confirmed deaths. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, I think Flash. John Stewart, Green Lantern, is dying. Apparently, all these characters are dying, and they won't be around. Now, firstly... When I read the news, I thought it was just like breaking up the Beatles, like breaking up the band, like it just meant there won't be a Justice League, like everyone's going to go and do their own thing. But apparently they're actually dead. And, you know, could there be speculation that they might do Batman and Superman in like an alternate reality? 
you know, they might go back to like a mid-80s kind of feel. That was one speculation being thrown out there with Mark Wade doing World's Finest. What do you think about these characters, these icons, actually being put back into earlier continuities, Rich, and telling stories that are kind of the advancements of today but set back in the period? What do you think? Uh, I'll be honest with you. This is uh, I didn't quite know what you were talking about with this audit, with, with this news, right? And I honestly have no idea what is going on. Okay, well, I just explained it. So are they? Yeah, are they, so yeah, but are they killing the Justice League or are they rebooting the Justice League? I'm sorry, I'm still confused. Supposedly they're killing the title, and the teaser page has everyone in coffins. So yeah, apparently, apparently. So are, are they killing the title or are they actually killing the Justice League? Both. Both. DC Comics teases the death of Justice League in an epic 70th fish issue this spring. Um, a new dark army made up of the DCU's greatest villains has formed on the edges of the multiverse and the best and most powerful heroes are pulled together in an epic war to push the darkness back. In the end, the Justice League are killed by the dark army with only one survivor to warn the remaining heroes of Earth what is coming for them. So, yeah, and the, and the, the thing is... Uh, the coffins are, I think that's Green Arrow, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, but I've heard it's Jon Stewart, and Superman. Coffins uh, on display. Um, Super-sized 48-page issue will be available uh comic shop bookstores on April 19. Uh, Joshua Williamson writing, Raphael Sandoval, Art Judies. So, what do you think, Rich? Sounds like, a, sounds like a story. What do you think about my idea, where you kill them off, but they they revert back to, like, previous retcons or previous periods? So, so, so what you're pitching is Heroes Reborn? I don't know. Am I? Well, I... that's what they did. That's, I mean, Heroes Reborn was where they killed the Fantastic Four and the Avengers mm. in the main timeline and then kind of, re, like, rebooted them took them to an earlier point to retell their stories in a more modern well i i'm i'm thinking i'm thinking about putting in like um batman and superman as world's finest uh adam was saying 85 i said forget 85 what about 75 you know putting it right back in the bronze age and telling some stories in the bronze age what do you think about that that'd be cool wouldn't it you could have kind of a mystery of how do we get out of the Bronze Age. Really? I don't think there's any writers that could actually handle those stories. I so. could do it. Seriously, I could easily do it. Like, come uh, on, man. I'm talking about current writers at DC. Yeah, you don't think so? I don't I don't think anyone could, could write any good stories set in those times. What do you think about Joshua Williamson as a writer? He's not too bad. He's okay, I guess. I, I wouldn't put massive amounts of faith in him. Yeah, it's just interesting. But apparently he was teasing some of the stuff with Infinite Frontier. Look, one thing I will say, even though I hate the idea that they're going to kill Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Green Lantern, everybody, I do think they're going to reboot their titles. It'll just be an opportunity to do number ones on all those titles. And I, I think you'll probably see those heroes in some sort of rebooted continuity for a short period of time before they come back together. It could be like a mystery that draws them back together or something. It could be done interestingly is what I'm saying. I mean, DC would what be I'm idiots. Saying, what I'm saying, it can't happen because I don't think that this company has any idea what to do with these characters. Right. 
I don't think anyone's got any good stories in them. I don't think DC knows what to do with their characters. Really? What direction to take their characters. But come on. I mean, how can how can you have no idea with, say, Superman and Batman? That's pretty easy. Well, no. I mean, okay, Batman's probably a little bit easier because it's Batman. Hmm. You can almost tell any, like, noir story, crime story, like, vigilante story. But... Very rarely has uh, have there been that many great writers on Superman. You know they over the years. Not really, I mean, it, it's been more sporadic than say Batman. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, you're probably right there. Actually, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I, I kind of have some hope. Is is all I have. Maybe it's a fool's hope, you know. But I, I, I just like the idea of what I come up with, where they put the world's finest back in the eighties. And you kind of have the consciousness of Batman today put into the body of that Bronze Age Batman, and the same with Superman. And you're you're, you're telling stories where Superman's Clark Kent's working at Galaxy Broadcasting, and it's like a seventies kind of period feel, but it's actually the Superman from today. That kind of stuff. I think that'd be interesting and fun. That that's a that's a whole. That could be that could be a year's worth of storytelling with with Superman and Batman and throw in Wonder Woman and the Flash and whoever and they can have all these cool adventures back in the seventies and eighties, kind of like a Life on Mars kind of thing is what I'm thinking. You see where I'm going with it, Rich? Are you there, Rich? You there? You there, Rich? I'm here. Yeah, I lost you for a sec. So what I was going to say is for, I'm kind of going with a 70s or 80s kind of life on Mars feel for my pitch. Yeah, look, I understand what you're saying, and your pitches are fine. They're really good and all this sort of stuff, but I don't. there's no capable writers, David. Uh. That's my problem. No matter what good idea you come up with, I don't feel anyone will write it in. I'd rather just read the old shit. Yeah. True. Because I don't think anyone would write it any better than those old stories. Yeah. No, I hear you there. I mean, that's... There's definitely that chance, uh, for sure. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of sad though, like because I don't feel that my story is like that mind blowing that someone couldn't fucking put pen a pen to paper on it, kind of thing. And well, I mean, as I said, yours is an adaptation of Heroes Reborn, right? Uh, a slightly different one. I mean, Heroes Reborn was like a complete reboot. Your idea is more to like, um, not reboot them, but take them back a bit to a different decade. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a play on that, but I'm just saying I don't have any confidence to anyone to actually do that well. Yeah, I just I don't think there's talented writers who could like if this was an idea 20 years ago, mm. I'd definitely be more up for it because you'd probably have, you know, like a, a Jeff Johns, maybe like Morrison or a Jeff Johns or someone doing it who is much more steeped in the law and the characters mm. and 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 stuff, or even like a Tomasi. Like as I said, like they knew what the like I had my hopes up with Tomasi when he was doing Superman. Sure. And what did they do? They completely fucked it all up. So they, finally they were sort of doing Superman right. Mm. And then they completely do a 180 and completely fuck it up again. So again, I've I got no faith. I've got no. no faith in these. you got no faith. But they I, handle anything well. I've got a little bit of faith. And I'm, I'm after, because, you know, myself and Batman have had a little bit of a lover's tiff. And, you know, I haven't been reading the main title for uh, over two years. Well, I'm back on now with Joshua Williamson. I'm, I'm giving him a go. Because... Tom King poisoned the world that much that I didn't even get back into it for James Tim the Fourth, 
But I've decided to give Joshua Williamson a go because I don't mind Joshua Williamson as a rider, actually. Um, so at least I'm going to give it a try. And I'm interested. You know you know what I hope this story isn't? I hope this story isn't we're just going to kill them off, keep all the major heroes off screen for like a year and just have all the stand-ins because I'm like, no. I hope they do yeah, what I'm talking about. That's probably what you're going to get, though. Yeah. Well, that just tells me that, yeah, like you say, they have no idea what to do. To, to kill all your main heroes at DC, like, that's a weird move. It's a strange move. Yeah, but again, I, as I said, I don't, I just don't think they know what to do with their characters. That's the problem. Yeah, they're a bit lost. They're, they're bit... so busy. They're so busy focusing on the new characters and Naomi. The, their quotas and their statements and all that sort of stuff that they're kind of like, I don't know what to do with these old characters. <laughs> oh dear. Well, well, we'll watch this space. We'll definitely watch this space. Um, by the way, speaking of that, you know what? And this is actually coincidental because Wolverine has a story out this week where he's going back in time and revisiting key moments in his chronology, apparently. Uh, I haven't read the story yet, but it's, it's called Lives of... Uh, Wolverine X, and it's also got Deaths of Wolverine X. They're two, they're dual, dual titles coming out week after week of each other. Um, interesting idea. And uh, I think a, a chance to try to get some heat back on Wolverine from Marvel, at least, you know, finally. Um, after, you know, like a decade of squandering potential with Wolverine. Um, Mike Tyson and Jake Paul apparently have verbally agreed to a pay-per-view fight, Rich. Remember last week, I was talking about his brother, Logan Paul, who I believe... Did Logan Paul fight uh, Mayweather? Uh, yes. Yeah, but his brother, Jake Paul, who must be bigger. Is he bigger? Um, well, he's apparently going to step into the ring with Mike Tyson. And I'm hoping Mike Tyson just shows... Yeah, I, 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 what... no, they, they're going to pay Mike Tyson to, to um, pull his punches. Yeah, yeah. You don't. You, but what about Tyson? I, I watched the fight with uh, Ray Jones Jr. or Roy Jones, whatever his name is, and uh, Tyson hit him with some big punches. Uh, you know, he 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 backed off a little bit uh, in the back end, but Tyson did throw some big punches that connected. You know, against a guy yeah, who. I mean, he's, he's still going to throw punches, but obviously he's going in there with a into the ring with a non-professional. Mm. So he'll definitely be instructed to pull his punches a little bit. Like, you know, still go in for the kill, you know, still go in there. But just maybe, you know, you know, maybe the punch needs to be about 60%, not 100%. Do you think there's potential that Tyson could knock him out? I think there's huge potential. I still think there could be a knockout. Uh, if it were, for sure. For absolute sure. But if you're asking Tyson to hold back... He should still win, but sadly, it probably won't be a knockout in the first round <laughs> or the first or the first minute. <laughs> yeah, but can you imagine if Iron Mike, in his absolute heyday, came up against this clown? You know, like it would just be game over within probably twenty seconds. Um, hey, I've got to say this: it does take some balls to get into the ring with Mike Tyson. I will say, I know he's being well paid. I know the guy's a fucking loser. I hate everything these two brothers do. But it does take some balls to get into the ring with Mike Tyson. Even if you're getting paid, like, you know, a couple of million bucks. I mean, it, it could also be balls and just also just fucking lack of brains. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, they, they, those two are so high on their own supply. <laughs> he might actually legitimately think that he's the best fucking boxer in the world with no ex- with, with no actual training but experience. Based on nothing, though. Like, he's he's only fought, like, a couple of fights. I think he has fought a couple of fights against MMA fighters and stuff. Um, obviously, boxing matches. But I, I don't think he's come across a real professional boxer yet, you know? And I know Tyson's in his early 50s, but I, I've seen Tyson... And and I watched that fight of his last fight, and the guy he's slower than he was. He slowed down, but he was still delivering some blows. You know, he's he, he is slower than he was when he was twenty. You know, but there's still something behind those punches. I mean, he he socked. Yeah, well, I mean, he's still got all that muscle and crap. You know, yeah. even if he slowed down a bit, he's still got the he's still got the power and the frame and all that. As I said to you, his biggest obstacle was because Mike Tyson again has never had the endurance. Mm. You know, that was one of the things that people realized, um, you know, because he came in and he was dominating and he was basically knocking people out in like the first round, yeah, second round. But what they noticed was if the fight went on longer, mm. he lost a bit of steam. So that that's why a lot of people's strategy for Mike Tyson, once they figured him out, mm. was that he didn't have the, he's got, he had got the power, he's got the aggression, but he doesn't have, he didn't have the stamina. Mm. So it was to just try and keep away, you know, uh, try and mitigate some of the blows, you know, roll with them and all that sort of stuff and to the point where he got tired. Sure. I mean, he didn't lose too many fights in his prime. I mean, he lost to my, uh, not my way. No, 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 no. Well, just because you know the plan doesn't mean that it's going to go <laughs> the way you want. Yeah. You know, just because you know someone's weakness doesn't mean that you can implement it perfectly because he, you, you still need a, a lapse of concentration or, yeah. or, or not focus and then pow, you're on the, you're on the deck. So, you know, but I'm just saying there was a game plan. It's just that mm. you just had to try and enact the game plan to make it happen. Yeah, interesting guy, a very interesting guy, and um, yeah, we'll 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 see what happens. It's, it's watch this space. Okay, I hope he I hope he gets his jaw knocked off. So I mean, yeah. you know, here's here's wishing. Yeah, I mean exactly. I, I and I think that's what they're counting on. Like people like me, and I don't mind a bit of boxing. Like, but I'm I'm by no means a boxing boxing expert at all. I just don't mind a bit of boxing. Like, I'll watch a bit of boxing kind of thing. I I find it quite enjoyable. Um, and I did like I ha- actually must admit I watched most of Mike Tyson's fights that were available. Not every fight, but his big fights I watched nearly all of them in his in his prime. Um, and you know he was awesome in his absolute prime. But it was a long time ago. Like Jesus Christ, like. You know, when he retired, he was kind of washed up by the end, if you recall. His last few fights mm. were, were sort of just money fights. They were just against nobodies and stuff, I remember. Um, you, do you recall the period I'm talking about, Rich? It was like around the early 2000s. He was still fighting? Yeah. Yeah, and so... But I, I think he's fitter now than he was then. Um, so we'll see. Uh, he's definitely training now. Again, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so... He need, he always seems to need the money with Mike Tyson, so that that must be he must be making decent bank off these things to even bother doing them. Like I can't imagine any other reason why Mike Tyson's stepping into a ring against these kind of clowns and fighting people. Well, again, well, again to be fair, it's not like he has a secondary um, yeah career skill or job to fall back on. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah, he's been in like movie cameos, and I know he played the the villain in the. Um, the, one of the Ipman movies, but I mean, yeah, it's not like he's, yeah, uh, he's, yeah, he's not exactly like he's got a job, 
No, no. He's earning consistent money. So, yeah, yeah, of course he's going to do stuff like this if it means he can make some bank. Yeah, sure. Well, let's watch this space. And, uh, yeah, I got, you know, I'm, I'm kind of excited by it. I mean, nothing would please me more than to see Jake Paul on the fucking ground with Mike Tyson just having ignored all the instruction and just knocked him out, you know? Um, mm. It could happen with Mike Tyson too. Mike Tyson is that kind of unit that if, if someone throws out the wrong comment to him at the wrong moment, you know, just before a Yo, fight. He, yeah, well, if he got desperate. Um, but he just has that little bit in him, which is like he might throw out the, like, pull your punches kind of thing. And this Jake Paul is a clown, and so is his brother. I, the two of them are interchangeable. I, I, I couldn't tell you which one's which. They're both equally annoying, is what I've found when I've seen them online right. and stuff. They're very annoying people. Um, and it was, you know, sweet bliss with that idiot his brother bought the Pokemon cards for like three million or whatever, and they were not even real. I mean, that was amusing. I will say that. <laughs> to whoever did that, well played. Yes, exactly. Yeah, someone screwed Logan Paul out of his fucking, you know, earnings, which he's just scammed off everybody. Um, Amazon's hotly anticipated the Lord of the Rings TV show has announced its new title. It will be called Lord of the Rings: The Story of the Samurai. <laughs> and Rich owes me a lunch. No, in fact, Rich, it'll be called something far more boring. Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Wowee. So we're not even getting away from the fucking rings, Rich. No. Well, of course you're going to double down on it. That's pretty much the only thing that people know about Lord of the Rings, your, your average person. So this is rings. like the Elven Rings, the Dwarven Rings, the Rings for Men. I mean, it's already called Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so the, the fact that you have to put the Rings of Power, it's almost like redundant. It'd be funny. It's like yourself. Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, the Rings of Men. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, the Rings of Dwarves, <laughs> like season two. It's, yeah. uh, you know. I don't know. I, I would have enjoyed something a bit more like, you know, the Lord of the Rings, the time before or something. You know what I mean? Something yeah, something a little bit. I think this is really sounding than just Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. I just feel like that's just repeating. Just yeah, Lord of the Rings, the franchise continues. <laughs> well, it would be better than the Rings of Power. <laughs> so, as we know, Richard's the Second Age, the Age of Sauron in Middle Earth. Um, his uh, first rise to power, and then the alliance that destroys him at the end. He then goes to Numenor, as we've encountered before, with the last Numenor Emperor. And then they invade Valinor and the breaking of the world. That's, in essence, what happens, but there's a lot of time, a lot of time happens there. So there's a lot of... Obviously, Sauron's going to be putting out the rings. You'll see the stories of, like the Nazgul, uh, how he corrupts the kings of men. You have the dwarven rings. Thorin Oakenshield had a dwarven ring, from memory, um, I believe, from The Hobbit. He had one of the dwarven rings. Um, some of them were lost to fire, to dragons. That was That's in the books at some point. The Elven Rings, who had one? Galadriel had one? Who else? Did did Gandalf have one? No, the, I don't think the Wizards got, did they? Well, Galadriel definitely had one. I, I'm just trying uh, to... Galadriel and I think... Elrond? Uh, Elrond, and then... Uh, what's the other one from um, The Hobbit? The one who, who played Legolas' father. Oh, Tharendor or whatever. Tharendor, I think he had one as well. Let's just type this in. Who had the... Think, uh, the... The Elves only had three rings. Yes, they only had three, yeah. Yeah. Who had the Elven Rings in Lord of the Rings? 
I thought that Gandalf might have had one for some reason, but no, I don't believe the wizards got any. It was only elves, dwarves, and men. Right. Do you remember that? Um, fucking. Have you read the books? Have you read all the rings? The book. Uh, just the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't bother with all the other. Do you remember Tom Bombadil, that shit character, and how he he actually puts the ring on and like doesn't even make him invisible, like he's more powerful than the ring. Um, yeah, it's a terrible chapter in the Lord of the Rings book that some people love. Oh, oh, I don't actually know. I don't actually remember that. It's early on in Lord of the Rings. It's but it's when they're leaving the Shire and they go to Tom Bombadil's house, and he's just kind of like uh, he's like an imp or something. Like he's just so shit. And he, like, talks in rhymes and stuff, and he's just a happy-go-lucky dude, and he doesn't want any part of it. I'm just trying to see uh, the wearers of the Lord of the Ring, of the Elves of Power. Okay, they were created and distributed by Selimbror himself, and then, yeah, okay, we just want to know who's wearing the fucking rings, guys. Like, um, Galadriel had this one. She had one. Okay. Nara's power, the final lord of the th- three of the rings of power was Nara, also known as the Ring of Fire. It was given to Gilgiliad, uh, blah, 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 passed down his lieutenant. Yeah, he eventually gave it to Gandalf. So Gandalf had one. I thought that he had one. Yeah. So Gandalf had one, Galadriel had one, and someone else had one. I'm just trying to find out who that person is. Uh, I think Elrond. Um, da 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 yeah, Elrond, because he could summon the raging wave of water. Um, with with that ring equipped, Elrond could literally change the flow of water. Because in the book, if you recall, it's Elrond who does that, not his daughter. Because I believe in the no, 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 no. In the in the movie, it's still Elrond that did it, but Is they it? said that Gandalf helped. Okay, right. Right. Well, so Elrond had one. This is, I mean, it went down through various people, but Elrond had one. Galadriel had one, and Gandalf had one. So there we go. Well, he he, he inherited one, but he wasn't bestowed with one from the... Story. All of them inherited a dude, from what I saw here. All of them. Every oh, single one. Galadriel inherited one, did she? Let's have a look. It's got the actual description of what's going on. You really are questioning fucking Gandalf's right to a ring, I've noticed. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, so uh, hold on, hold on. Rich, you're right. It was originally given to Galadriel... And remain in her care until she left Middle Earth at the end of the Third Age. So hers was given to her. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, just trying to see here. Uh, Elrond's one was originally given to Gil Gilead, the Elven King, that formed the last alliance of Elves and Men in an effort to thwart Sauron. He later passed that ring to Elrond. Um, so I believe that guy might have been his, Elrond's father. And then he gave the ring to Elrond. So Elrond got it from his dad. Uh, Gandalf, um, it was given to Gilgiliad, uh, along with the other ring, and passed to his lieutenant. He kept it in his care until after Gilgiliad's death and eventually gave it to Gandalf upon his arrival in Middle-earth. So Gandalf arrived in Middle-earth sometime in the Second Age, which tells me that you could definitely see Gandalf in the in the um, Lord of the Rings TV show, because it is that time period. The same with Galadriel's definitely going to be in it. She's been cast. Yeah, I mean... The wizards are, are long-lived because they're not actually humans. They're angels in human yeah. form. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and it'd be interesting to see how much... I mean, I, I guess you could do a lot with Gandalf, really, you know, because he was quite involved. 
and same with uh, Galadriel. So I'm looking forward to this show, man. I, you know, you need, you need to get on board, Rich. We, we're going to be doing week to week. We're going to have to come up with a title for it. Well, I will be on board because you're dragging me onto that fucking train again. <laughs> and I expect deep episode reviews. You know what I'm saying, Rich? Deep. Deep cuts. I'll be bringing up stuff from the books. I'll be bringing up stuff from the appendices. I'll be on fire. You'll, you'll, you'll get deep as long as I can stay awake. <laughs> now, have you heard of this thing called Replica? Replica um, AI girlfriends are being created for abuse and control. This sounds like something out of Transmetropolitan. Um, basically, this community has been plagued with users who abuse their AI companions. The app's free service is advertised to allow you to have an, an AI friend. Paid customers, i.e. total fucking losers, can upgrade that relationship to a romantic one. Additionally, the AI even allows users to sext, so texting sexually, with their partner. Using machine learning, the AI partner becomes more individual through conversations. It can develop unique speaking patterns, develop interests, and create memories with the user that influences future interactions. Uh, the uh, communities of the service quite welcoming. Um, individuals post interactions with their virtual friend or partner and share them with others. Some show their AI deciding on a surname or sending them poetry. Others enjoy creating an abusive relationship and sharing their AI's responses online. So they're kind of like, I don't know what the word for it is, Rich, but they're just you know going to full control mode, abuse mode, and then kind of bragging about it, how they're abusing their AI partner. Have we gone too far, Rich? Can we turn it off? Can we turn off the internet, Rich? Is that what we need to do? We always go too far, but I don't think people are <laughs> are, are abusing it for bragging or anything. I think they think it's just funny because it's AI. Yeah. They want to see how it reacts. Right. That's the thing. I mean, you do shit like this. Some people are just going to go, I just want to see what happens if I treat, like, if, if I'm rude to it, if I yeah. demean it, because it's supposed to learn and develop. So... You know, I wouldn't, uh, but even, you know what, even if it's not, I mean, let's say someone is abusive, aren't we supposed to not kink shame? I mean, isn't that what BDSM is? Where people want to be I don't know, man. abused <laughs> and berated and shit and all that? If that's acceptable, then I don't see what's unacceptable about someone abusing an AI fucking program. Like, who gives a shit? I, I, yeah, I guess. But like, how how bad is this abuse? Is it getting racial? Is it getting... I'll be physical, so... <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I mean, there are limits, I guess, to Dude, what. Look, at the end of the day, it all sounds retarded, okay? Yeah, it doesn't that's, sound that's, great. That's my take on it. It all sounds retarded. It, it doesn't sound great, does it? Now, I'll tell you something that was pretty great. Uh, I watched The Peacemaker, first three episodes, watched them last night. I went into this show, Rich, with extremely low expectations. I was so surprised by how funny it is, how good it is, uh, it's slick. And John Cena, he deserves an award. He is fearless in this role. He is fearless. I will say that. Like, it was so much better than I expected, Rich. And I, I ate up three episodes, and I was just blown away. It's funny, man. It's it's a funny show. Have have you caught any of it or heard any of your friends talking about it, Rich? Anything at all? No. no. Hashtag not my peacemaker. Well... Oh, we'll say this, DC uh, running on Comixology uh, a sale on Peacemaker and there's his four-issue run there, Rich, which is available on sale. Would you say that is worth getting? Oh, for sure. Yeah. 
So is it for you? And if you if you also want to if you get your hands on the old um, checkmate stuff, sure, uh, he's in that as well. And I'm not talking about the Bender's crappy no checkmate, and I'm not talking about the um, Raka. The the, the Raka, I'm talking about the original. No, I, yeah, I know Paul Coverberg. Um, yeah. yeah, the original. I've never read He's it. Peacemaker is in that as well. So yeah, um, yeah. I'm not. In, I'm not interested in the show. Just I'm. I'm it's not what I want. I, I don't want the goofiness. I don't want the silliness. I don't want vigilante uh, being a cheap man's uh, Deadpool. Sure. I. I just. That's not what I, I. I want something more gritty. More. Yeah. Uh, just a little bit more serious, right? It doesn't have to be like dour, like serious, but uh, uh, just tone the fucking um, Deadpool shit down, man. It's like. It's like. It's like he's taking. It's like James Gunn is like, oh, what if I took Deadpool and God in the Galaxy and and combined it into this TV show? You know what I mean? It's like yeah. Vigilante. Um, it is. <laughs> it is pretty funny what they do to Vigilante. I mean, I I I don't know Vigilante from a bar of soap, but I I do own the the Marv Wolfman thing, and I know how it ends. Paul Kuppenberg, when he took the title over, I know how it ends. It's a pretty dark book, isn't it, Rich? Mm-hmm. Um, so they've gone a very different direction. You do, you you do see a lot of look. At least where I'm up to, I've watched the first three episodes. I believe four are out. Uh, they don't break the fourth wall, but they go as close to breaking the fourth wall as you can probably go without actually doing it. Like it is very meta. It is very self aware. It is very funny, to be honest. Um, I really enjoyed it. But you, I know you. It's the same kind of comedy that I love in Harley Quinn, that, that cartoon show. It's it's not a million miles away from that, if you know what I mean. Like a live-action version of that. So you see, that's definitely not my... No, I know. It's not your cup of tea, but you know how much I love that, that humour. Um, and I don't know. John Cena, I will say this. John Cena is very good in it. Um, it, it, it's not an easy role to play, and he really goes all out. Like, he really goes all out. I don't think of too many actors who've done that, at least recently, um, and I will say that he's fearless in this role. I mean, I'm giving it an 8.5 out of 10, the three issues, that, three episodes that I've seen. I, I was really impressed. Um, something else that impressed me, Rich, is Manscaped, uh, sponsor of the show, uh, Manscaped, the Lawnmower 4.0, um to clean up the family jewels, Rich. Keep everything nice and tidy down there. Also does feet, ears, nose, everything. I gave one to my dad. Uh, you've got one. Uh, they're proud sponsors of the show. If you go to manscaped.com, type in the word signal, S-I-G-N-A-L, you get 20% off the Lawnmower 4.0 and free shipping worldwide. Richard, I, I've, I've said before, my sex life has, has improved from a dead situation. Um, we're we're alive again, and I have for that I have to thank Manscaped. Uh, what's your review, Rich? How are you going with it all? It's a pretty damn good lawnmower. <laughs> South African, I are you? Have you got a hairy back, Rich? Like you know, South African with a hairy back, the kind of cliche. No, no. So I, I, I do have a bit of a hairy back. I, I, I unfortunately I'm not blessed with a hairy back. Ah, uh, well, I, I tell you what, my back has never since I've been twelve. It's never been so cleaned up as it is right now. Uh, Michelle will just attack. I, I only have two areas on my back which are hairy, but they've been attacked. 
and my feet. I'm so proud of my feet, like getting rid of all the hair on my feet. That's that's one of my proudest accomplishments. Um, oh, yeah. Your, your hobbit ancestors would be disappointed. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't smoke the pipe weed anymore, and I don't have hairy feet anymore, so I'm not sure if I can be accepted back into the Shire. You, you're going to be, yeah, I was going to say, you'll be, you're exiled from the Shire. Yeah, tossed out. Um, yeah, look, Manscaped, check, check them out. Um, Manscaped.com, type in the word signal uh, and get 20% off the Lawnmower 4.0 and free shipping worldwide. We highly encourage you to check them out. Now, Rich, uh, Pandemic. Have you ever played this board game? I've actually played the board game Pandemic. It's actually pretty good. Have you, have you ever uh, played it? No, no, I've never actually partaken. I tell you who owned it, Stu. We were around at Stu's house uh, a few years ago. I want to say for a birthday for him, I think. I want to say it was his birthday. Anyway, we were right. Yeah, it was his birthday because I got him a present. And so we were around there and we played Pandemic. And it was a hell of a lot of fun. And obviously, strangely, uh, looking forward to the future where we've got the pandemic raging, Rich. Uh, unfortunately, you're not a character in the game. They should have had Richard working down at Bingley. <laughs> you're like the the guy who's immune to the virus. Look, the count. Well, yeah. As I said, for me, it doesn't feel like a pandemic. Just a lot of people running around with chicken, you know, like a chicken without a head. Yeah, I know, Rich. But Pandemic is crazy. Now, the digital board game has been delisted from multiple stores for unknown reasons. Uh, it's already been removed from Steam and, and mobile storefronts. Do you think this is pushback because of COVID, Rich? Have we got kind of one of those situations? More than likely. I'm sure some pansy ass was like, oh, this game offends me because it's a pandemic and all you're making light of people. Yeah, yeah. And so they were like, fine, fine, fucking hell, we'll take it off, Jesus Christ. Yeah, we'll take it off. Are you happy now? No. Like, what a surprise. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, look, all I can say is I've enjoyed the game. It's a good game. Um, yeah, I'm sad to see it being delisted, but I'm sure you can still buy the board game out there. Now, Rich, Fedathon. Have you watched episode four? Sadly, I have. Okay, now I've only watched three quarters of it because I, I had a work call. Um, this was very much the the storyline of what's her name, Rich? The 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 character um, that's from Bad Batch, that Boba Fett's buddy, Fennec Shan. Fennec Shan. Fennec Shan. Something like that. Okay, and she was an assassin of some sort. And basically, he encountered it just on the the desert of Tantooine. Now, I was wondering, is that from the Bad Batch? Like in the end of the Bad Batch, is she left dead? And then no, that no, that happens in the Mandalorian. Oh, does it? Oh, okay. Yeah, she shot and left there in uh, one of the episodes uh, of season one of the Mandalorian. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't even remember that. Okay, right. So, so she got injured there, and then um, Boba Fett picks her up. Um, they make her, they sort of turn a whole stomach into machinery, it seemed. Like, because mm-hmm. she, she had a gut shot. So he takes her to this kind of body modification place. They do all this stuff with her body. I mean, other than that, she's completely fine. Um, I've never seen a better recovery from such a severe operation. Um, and what happens there, they then go and get the, the ship and that was where I had to pause for my work meeting. So can you take us from there? They get the ship. Boba dis- for some reason, Boba doesn't seem to remember that the Jawas took his armor. Oh, that's right. He's over the Sarlacc pit. That's so, actually yeah, where I got over the Sarlacc pit. And he's trying to find his fucking armor. Like, I'm like, why would you think your armor's in there? 
Mm. I don't understand. But anyway, uh, Solak Pick grabs them. Uh, Fennec drops one of the concussion bomb things mm. down its throat, and uh, now it's dead. Right, the Salak. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so... Um, which I believe happens in Legends as well. Boba at some point goes back to, to kill it. Right. Because in Legends, he's a badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does it himself, not <laughs> done by accident or by the secondary character. Um, just uh, a little bit of spice there. The crime bosses where they say they're not going to get involved and Boba just be like, okay, no problems. I understand. Right. All good. All good. I'll protect you. Don't worry. Even though you don't want to get involved, just stay neutral and I'll protect you because I'm a good guy now. Really? Yeah. It's so weird, man. I, I don't get what they're doing with Boba Fett. Like, you know, he was so cozy with the... He was just such a he's such an all-round fucking nice guy now. Like, you know, he has... Uh, the big mammoth thing kissing him and, like, he's so nice to it and... Everything he does, it's just like you wouldn't even guess this was Boba Fett. It doesn't doesn't seem like Boba Fett to me, you know? Oh no, no, no. There's almost nothing about this character that is Boba Fett. And you know what's so sad is yeah. uh Tomorrow Morrison, uh I think he he understands the character, mm. but he I don't think he gets the character. Now I I'll explain why. Apparently there's an interview out there where he actually has turned around and he said that he feels his character is talking too much. Right, right, and and he tried to pass off a lot of the lines to, to uh, Ming, mm. Ming Wan, whatever her name is, and uh, John Favreau basically shot him down and said, "No, you have to say the lines." Right. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm starting to become quite disappointed in John Favreau, but he understands the character where he's like, oh, my character should be more mysterious and all that." But what I mean by he doesn't get the character is mm. the original Boba Fett mm. was pretty much a. Um, inspired by clint eastwood right yeah. okay like if you look at go back and watch the old movies and you look at the way he stands sure he stands like the 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 man with no name yeah you know it's it's like the you know the way he stands with the gun and the way he leads and the way he just slightly nods his head yeah you know like it, it's a very like man with no name clint eastwood mm. uh sort of homage or inspired character right the gunslinger, the yeah, I can say know, that. I can say that for sure. But this Boba doesn't. He, this Boba, it's it's almost like Morrison is is uh, is playing him like Django, like more like Django maybe. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like he's because don't forget he's only really played Django Fett. Mm. He's never actually played Boba Fett. No, true. You know what I mean? And I feel like he's more uh, playing the character or, or the way he stands, the way he talks, a bit more like Django. Yeah. Now, a lot of people go argue, oh, but they're the same character. Well, no, they're not. He's an unaltered clone, which means he just shares his DNA. Yeah. Right? But he's had a completely different life experience than Django Fett. Who, Boba Fett? Yes. Well, Boba you know Fett I mean? was the son, wasn't he? He's the clone, mm. but he's an unaltered clone. Right. Right? So, I mean, there's been no memory imprints, no personality imprints. Yeah. So he would really carry himself differently to Django. Yeah. Because they had two different, they've had different lives. You know, Jan uh, Boba was left alone as a kid mm. when Django died. So he grew up with bounty hunters. So th and that's why he was way more ruthless, mm. more, you know, uh, more vicious, like anything, get the job done. The old Boba Fett would have just walked past Fennec Shard. 
mm. in the desert and gone like, yeah, 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 yeah. Got my problem and fucking walked on. You know what I mean? Like mm. this, I don't know, as I said, I, I appreciate that, that uh, Tamara gets the, uh, understands the character and that the character should not be talking as much mm. and, and should be more quiet and more mysterious, a bit more menacing. I, 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 I tip my hat to him and I give a nod. I, I'm glad that you, you, you understand that about the character, but you are not playing the character. Even when you are doing a lot of talking, where you stand, yeah, the, the 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 nuances of your actions are just not. Oh yeah, how Bob Fett does it in the originals. He's a and lot less threatening. Back and, and looked at that footage. He's a lot and, less threatening, like his version of Boba Fett compared to the original. You know. Yeah, and, and now Boba Fett's fully healed, so no scars, no. You know, I mean, Jesus Christ! Like, um, at least the Boba Fett in the Legends actually mm. has cancer because of the Sarlacc pit. Does he really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, he takes like drugs and stuff and all that to to keep him going, but he's basically his, his body's eating itself away from the inside. Jesus. Slowly, he's taking stuff. But you know what I mean? You can't tell me because in this episode, he gets out of the tank, and the tank's like, "Yep, you're fully healed now. Yeah, you're all good." I was like, "Really? Not yeah. even like scars or." Stuff so because here's my thing: the character's going to be a lot more menacing looking, especially if he's going to be walking around without the fucking helmet on. Yeah. If people can see scarring and go, "Oh my god, he lived from the," you know, he survived the Sarlacc pit. No one's ever survived the Sarlacc pit, and then you see it on his face, the yeah. scars. Yeah, yeah, the price. Because if you look fully him, though, people might be like, "Did he really fall in the Sarlacc pit?" Maybe oh, that's yeah. just a story. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. It's uh, the pro- look. I'm going to stop because there's just so many things I don't like about the show that I could literally go on for hours. There's things I do like about it, and then it's like there's there's promising bits. Like I like the part where they um can you hear me, Rich? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like the part where they put she put out the little droid that went and searched the uh, the 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 compound, for example. You know, you know when she just pulled that little droid out and it went. Yeah, but I mean that's the little things like. Yeah, but I enjoyed that. I was just saying I thought that I thought that looked cool. Oh, um, and by the way, I absolutely hated the place that he took her to to get uh, to 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 yeah. save her life. No, so did I. Yeah, like, oh my god, can we? Like, at least when George was designing the original Star Wars, mm. he wasn't trying to take modern shit and design Star Wars. He was looking back yeah. to the past. He was. He was looking back to the matinees, the nineteen forties and nineteen fifties sci-fi stuff. You know, mm. that's why Star Wars has that old feel to it. Yeah, you know, the technology and all that sort of shit. And here you rock up to a fucking guy with yellow, yeah, like braided hair, looking like one of these new rap mumble rappers today, playing like <laughs> mumble you know, rap. Jesus, that's what the guy looked like. Um, and can I? You know what it reminded me of? That's exactly if you've played Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. They're the body shops you go to. That's, that's exactly what it like, looked like. It's almost like someone thinks, you know, like oh, Cyberpunk. That was uh, that, that, that's interesting. Let's just put that in Star Wars. It's like no, you don't. You don't just take Cyberpunk and put it into Star Wars. You you figure out a way to make it Star Wars. Yeah, but you that's exactly what they did, though. Stuff, but you have to make it Star Wars first. Yeah, but that feels like exactly what they did. They just went, let's just let's just throw this thing in from Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, which is a recent fucking game which had body shops in it, and this literally was just like a body shop out of that. And I don't know. I look for me, it was too. Can I? If I have to be brutal, I I saw a um. I saw a, a description on the internet um, saying the, the Star Wars Tatooine problem about how everything happens on Tatooine, and I tend to agree. I, I, I'm surprised they don't go off world, you know, more. Um, 
do you know what I mean? Like actually get out of the get out of the um get out of Tantooine and, and go off world. I would have that's that's the direction I would um, have gone in. No, I, I I do disagree with that because Why? um the Mandalorian did go to different planets. Not many. Um no he did. He was on an ice planet, he was on like oh, a, yeah, yeah. a, a Mon Calamari planet. It was in, like he, he did actually globe trot. You know, in in a sense. So, I mean, yes, he started off on a desert planet, but I understand why Boba Fett would be Tatooine because you know, like again, I don't have an issue with him wanting to take control of Jabba's thing. You mm. know what I mean? Or, you know, he's he's trying to. I don't mind him wanting to be like you know what? I fuck it. I'm tired of being a a bounty hunter, a a, 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 a tool. Yeah, yeah. I want to be the guy to send the tools out. Yeah. It's my time to shine. I don't have an issue with that. And how cool would it be if maybe he like he gets Bosk and Dengar and oh, that'd be so know, fucking all, cool. All that sort of shit. And he and he goes like, "You kind of work for me now." And and it's about him basically just going to war and conquering all all the other gangsters and 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 crime bosses on Tatooine. I'd be down for that, dude. I'd, I would be I'd, so I'd down for with that as a concept. That'd be so fucking sweet. Like, but we haven't seen anything like that. No, no, we've just seen Mr. Nice Guy, Boba Fett, like, not get upset with anyone. Forgive yeah. Forgive everyone, you know, give them a pat on the head and say, oh, I understand. Yeah, I know, it's it's like Boba Fett had a complete personality readjustment when he was in the Sarlacc pit for five fucking seconds, you know? So are you saying in the in the comics, dude, are you talking comics that he had cancer afterwards? Really? In, le- in Legends, yes. Wow. He developed a, a, a form of cancer from being in the uh, the Sarlacc pit. Does he die at some point? Didn't they do a storyline where he died, but maybe he wasn't really dead or something? Uh, oh, well, there's been many moments where people have thought that he was dead in the in the Legends and whatever. But no, as I said, he wow. he actually had a daughter in Legends. Mm. Uh, I don't, not, not, not that he was a father. It was, just, it was just a woman that he banged, and she right. ended up having a daughter, and... Uh, the the mother dies at some point and kind of like, I think the daughter tries to kill him, but they kind of come to a kind of understanding all that. And then, as I said, he goes on to re reform the Mandalorians, right? Um, and and basically uh, sets up a, a planet where all the where the the Mandalorians uh, culture, society, way of life can continue and grow. You know, but. Uh, then the empire, uh, the M- the imperial remnants actually um, chucked a, 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 a gene bomb on the planet mm. that, that kills anyone of the Boba Fett line, so he can never return to the 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 society that he helped re reform. Really? Yeah. So, it's, uh, dude, Boba Fett in Legends is just so much fucking better than. What, what uh, is this in though, Rich? Is this in a comic book or a book or what? No, these are in a massive set of novels that stretch. Wow. Decades. Wow, that sounds pretty cool though, Rich. That sounds so much cooler than this. <laughs> um, what did you think? Uh, uh, you know, I get that Star Wars is fantasy. You know. But what about, like, you got shot in the gut and then some guy just does his shit with you and then you're just absolutely fine. You wake up and you're just like, oh, sweet, I've just got this. There was no sense that she was in any real... I don't know, did, did you have any issues with that or is that just you just got to roll with that because it's Star Wars? Yeah, I thought there was whole... I, I did think it was a little bit stupid that um, the whole stomach got replaced. 
Yeah, like it was just, you know. yeah. But then again, to be fair, maybe it's just because the person who did it is a fuckwit. Mm. You know, these fucking um, cyber punks that want to show off their, you know, because I, I do know that Bobby said, aren't you going to cover that up? And he goes, well, we're going to cover up that art. Now, am I right in saying, now that you say that, in The Mandalorian, I think you've already seen the machine, haven't you, at some point? Am I right or wrong there? Uh, at some point in The Mandalorian, did you see that she had a machine stomach? Yeah, she opens up the her like um, shirt or jacket or whatever and shows the parts. Because, yeah, uh, Din Jaren thought she was dead. Yeah, now that, now that you say that, it's ringing a bell. And originally, before The Mandalorian, she was from Bad Batch. Is that correct, Rich? No, she started in The Mandalorian, and then because for some reason they claim that she's a popular character, I have no idea why. I kind of find her very bland. And well, the bland. actress is popular, you know. No, no, I'm not talking about the actress. I'm just talking about the character. I mean, I don't feel like there's anything really memorable or standout-ish. No, or she's just another killer. Character. Yeah. It's probably just because it's Ming, you know, Ming Wah, whatever her name is, who's, you know, people love her from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So they've decided, okay, well, this is a popular character, so we're going to start putting her in other shows and all that. So was um, she was she a member of Bad Batch? Was she one of the clones, or was she in, in some other capacity? No, no, no. She was a, a bounty hunter that was trying to um, kidnap the that Omega clone chick. Right, okay. Um, well, but... A lot of people are speculating that the Mandalorian will be, or Din Djarin will be appearing in this in the series because at the end of this episode they play the Mandalorian song, okay, you know, from the from the Mandalorian TV show. Yeah, yeah. And so people are speculating, oh, when she says, "Oh, we're going to need money mm. to hire an army or to hire muscle," basically, and then they stand in on like the balcony and then the the Mandalorian music plays. And people are like, oh, it's probably... And I was like, ah, probably, because that's a popular character. Was there but, any more of the Wookiee? Yeah, the Wookiee now works for Boba Fett. Okay, cool. Because I've watched about 75% of it. Actually, I'm right up to the bit where he's over the Sarlacc pit. That's exactly where I had to pause for my work call. You know what? I, I wouldn't mind this Wookiee so much. I mean, I don't really care about this Wookiee, but this Wookiee seems to really hate... I mean, most Wookiees do hate Trandosians. What's the Trandosian? Like, describe them to uh, me. That's Bosk. Oh, yeah, yeah, those guys, yeah. So, really, if he hates Trandosians, you really have to have Bosk in this. I'd love Bosk in it. Imagine those two being forced to work together. Yeah, he's in the comics, too. But they fucking hate each other. He's in some of the Star Wars comics, Bosk. He turns up. Bosk has been in the novels and stuff for fucking decades. Yeah. Well, good. He's one of the greats. Um, I had Bosk, actually, as a kid. Actually, before we get off Star Wars, what do you remember what um, action figures you had as a kid, like Star Wars ones? Because I can remember mine, mostly, at least. I had Bosk. I, I didn't have any. Oh, no. What? No Star Wars figures for Rich? Are you kidding? Yeah. We didn't really get them in South Africa. Oh, my Lord. For such a Star Wars fan, though. I know. Oh, the tragedy. You blame that on apartheid, can't you, Rich, really? That was, you know, the price you had no, to pay. I could just blame it on South Africa being South Africa. South Africa being South Africa. Wow, because I, I had from Empire. So when I, when Empire came out, I was all about it. And I, and I had Han Solo in the snowsuit. I had uh, Bosch. I had Boba Fett. I had Princess Leia in the Hoth outfit. 
I think, although I'm not 100% sure, I think I had Luke Skywalker in Hoth outfit, but I'm not 100% sure of that. I had C-3PO collapsible. Uh, I had an R2-D2. Um, and then in Return of the Jedi, I got some more figures. I got like I got um, the offsider of um, Jabba, Jabba, whatever that guy's name was, the guy who takes a... Is it Bid Fortuna or whatever? Bid Fortuna, yeah. Yeah, I had him. I had the Gamorrean Guard. I always love the Gamorrean Guards. I'm so glad that they're um, there. And I and I had, a, the, obviously, the Black TIE Fighter pilot and a collapsible TIE Fighter. Um, so I had a few over the years. But, um, yeah, I had Bosch. Bosch was always one of my favourites. Um, Don't worry. I'm, I'm making up for... Oh, yeah. No, that. I know. I'm buying as much as I can now. Well, much of Legends. Dude, so is there a series, like a book series, that deals with all that bounty hunter stuff you just said, that all that Boba Fett stuff with the cancer and everything? Is it's it... kind of... It's, it's spread out into different books. So right. No, there isn't like a... Oh, this is the... You know, because, again, they never... Boba Fett never really got his own books. Yeah. Um, there are, well, There is... Um, if you want to, if you want to read a good bounty hunter one, yeah, I do. Is the um, uh, is it Tales from Jabba's Palace and all that stuff? I've got that. No, no, no. It's called the. Um, hang on, hang on. I'm just going to run to my bookshelf quickly because I can't okay. remember the the, the um, trilogy. What it's called. All right, I'll just make up some time here while we're talking. And um, I, listeners, I'm about to head back into Star Wars, and I'm going to. Uh, Star Wars Epic Collection, Star Wars Legacy is coming up soon on the show, so I recommend you what you get to reading that, Volume 2. Rich and I did Volume 1 on the show last year, and I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, Star Wars uh, Legacy, get on board, kids. Um, get involved. And something that amazes me is Rich's, like, just depth of knowledge when it comes to Star Wars. Like, it amazes me how many books... He's gotten really, frankly. Like, I mean, it's just, it's 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 awe inspiring in a way. Like, it, it just says to me, lift your game, Dave. Like, lift your game and get involved. Because when I think about what Disney have done, and then I compare it to what has been done before, and I'm sure there was some pr- pretty awful Star Wars stuff in history, but just in general, like, there's so much better stuff back in the legends when i look at it just and i even objectively like when i look at it objectively i'm like there is so much of a difference between the the product that has been produced by disney um and then the product that comes from the originals and you know say what you want about george lucas he was just so much better than anything disney have ever put together especially there well i hate the last two movies but in particular um his his supplemental material if you want to call it that like the books the the games uh the comic books etc etc um there's a world of difference between the two and i mean i flash back to being a kid i'm like nine ten whatever however or even younger actually seven eight uh you know empire comes out uh it changes lives you know we memorize those scenes ingrained into the brain like luke skywalker in the cavern when that monster comes at him and then he's you know then he's like uses the lightsaber uses the force to get it into his hand and slices through you know chewbacca when he's howling as the as the um the the doors go down it's just craziness how good that movie was 
Yes, so Rich, what books was it that the, the Boba Fett stuff's in that you're talking about? So it's called The Bounty Hunter Wars. Uh-huh. Three, it's three books. The as the first one is called The Mandalorian Armor. The second one is called Slave Ship, and the other one is called Hard Merchandise. And this is basically when the Empire goes to war with the Bounty Hunters Guild. Oh, really? Uh, it oh. takes place. I think it's between Empire and Return of the Jedi, which is one of their favorite time periods, and one of mine too. Well, they, these these books were written decades ago. So yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is before that, but ever since then they've used Boba Fett a bit more sparingly. Right. He only sort of shows up in other books uh, if he sort of maybe pertains to a story. But he, uh, other than these three books, there's never been a Boba Fett-centric book right, or novel because they've tried to keep him more mysterious or use him as more of a secondary character, you know, because yeah. Yeah, keep a bit more of that mystique and all that sort of stuff or, or, or not overuse him, which I, I, I think is something that Disney should probably learn. Oh, totally. And, and uh, also... Um, you'd remember this from 96, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. Um, have you heard about this? It's a story set between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. It was a video game, yes, I think, as comics. I, I have the comic books and I have the game and I have the novel. Yeah. Wow. Because we did, I don't know if it was with you, but it might have been with Stu, we did the Shadows of the Empire comic book and we had a great time with it. Mm. Um, now the, that the game the, the game, the comic, and the novel all tied together. Yes, right. Cool, really? Mm. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, now, the reason I mention that is the writer, uh, Steve F. Perry, came out today blasting Book of Boba Fett, saying that the, the, the stupid is strong in this one or something is what he was saying. <laughs> he, came, he came out. I love it sometimes when these guys who just don't care, you know what I mean? They're just like, yeah, I hate it kind of thing. Like, it sucks compared to, you know, what... Um, let's have a look at what he said. The, the stupid is strong here, is what, is what he said. Um, let's see if there's anything else. He he began his review by mocking the show, describing it as Blubber Fett. The third episode of Blubber Fett is to not set too high a bar, better than the first two, up to a point. At least there are bubbles rising in the Buckter tank. Um, and he just he just goes on from there. He really just, he just, he just absolutely dominates it. Reminiscent of the opening exposition of a not-so-well-written, well-made play wherein the French maid and the butler come out on stage to explain to each other in laborious detail all the background information the audience needs to know before the action starts. Um, yeah, and I just, can't disagree with him then. Yeah, and he just he just goes on and on. Like, it's just, he really uh, he really tears it a new one. And, um, you know, coming from someone who did something that was very respected, you know, like... Um, I mean, look, I mean, I guess look at it from his point of view and maybe even the other writer's point of view, you know, for a long time, they shaped Star Wars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the characters, the stories afterwards and all this sort of stuff. And of course, I mean, you knew that it was never canon because George said that, you know, he he allowed all the the books and the novels and the games, but, you know, the the understanding wasn't canon. But the difference is, is I, I guess it's to see... Um, instead of Disney using you as inspiration uh. or or at least sort of like um, maybe borrowing from your work or, or continuing your work, even if it is in a slightly different way, to just totally disregard and like yeah. change characters and, you know, yeah. uh, take them in like the wrong direction. Totally it, it must be tough as, yeah. as someone who's written and, and, and made a lot of their, their life and their, their work in mm. Star Wars, so you know, I, I I get it from, and I mean, as a reader, not someone who's written it, 
yeah. as someone who's read and enjoyed all those books, it is even tough for me to to swallow these pills, these Disney pills. If oh, yeah. Honest. Well, they suck. And I don't think I'm the most critical uh, person in the world when it comes to Star Wars. Like, But I've sort of slowly, because originally when Force Awakens came out, I was like, yeah, this was cool. Then I sort of thought about it after I saw it like twice. And I thought, yeah, but it's there's something missing. You know what I mean? Um, and that was as good as it got, uh, other than Rogue One. But, you know, I don't know. Like, there's just something wrong with it. And, and when we talk about the comics, John Ostrander, who I think his Star Wars comics are some of the best stuff that I've ever read. I love his Star Wars comics. And I only got into it because you were recommending them. You know, like I... I, I love John Ostrander. I have a lot of respect for him as a writer, but I just didn't think that would be as good as they were. And I was like, oh, wow, he's not phoning this in. This is good shit, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I must be, can I just say something? I, when Force Awakens came out, I, I honestly thought that I was losing my mind. I thought I was taking crazy pills because I took my sister and my nephew to go watch that and I left the cinema hating it. Right, and you didn't enjoy yet it. everyone was just everyone was praising it and like, oh yeah, Star Wars is back. Oh yeah, yeah, this is like the best. and I was just like, I don't know what the fuck you people are going on about. Yeah. <laughs> like, I left the cinema actually angry. Yeah, after that movie, like, um, because it was just such a rehash of the first movie. It was, it was. It would have been, and I, I left it angry because I was like, I came to watch a new Star Wars movie. Yeah. I didn't come to watch a shittier version of A New Hope. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, let's do New Hope again. Um, somehow less ambitiously. Um, let's, like, do classic JJ paper over the cracks kind of style. Don't look too hard. Don't look too hard at the magic show, you know. Um, he's like a magician whose tricks are quite visible now. These days I find with JJ. Like, I think so. I think the curtains have been peeled back. Yeah, yeah. And we, we, we see a, yeah. We just see a money man, basically. Um, but what I was going to say is, so they had Ostrander, who even from a layman's perspective like me, I'm like, yeah, he wrote really good Star Wars. He's a really good writer. Yeah, he's getting towards the back end of his career, but he's done good Star Wars relatively close to the date they got it. They haven't handed him a single Star Wars comic to do. And they asked him that on Wibble, and he goes, no, they haven't contacted me. And I'm like, that says everything I need to know. They're not interested in quality, you know? No, definitely not. They're, they're not... I don't, I, I, honestly, I don't know what they're interested in, but yeah, it's definitely not quality. Yeah. Now, um, I just want to do a shout-out to Jimmy Terzis and Eric um, from Jimmy and Eric Rule the Galaxy. Obviously, big friends of the show. Been talking to Jimmy. Um, looks like we'll probably link up and get Jimmy and Eric to come on and do a special Star Wars episode, Rich, um, nice. which I know you'd want to be part of, man. Um we we got to have you on because Eric is a big, big, big Star Wars fan. Um, you guys are right in the same league, and he is very critical of Disney, very critical. Um, and he's just a lot of fun, and so is Jimmy. Jimmy's been on the show multiple times. We all we we love Jimmy, and to have those two guys on, those two heavy hitters coming in from the US, from Chicago, United States, Chicago, um, would be great. So that'll be happening in in the near future. And yeah, he's not happy about Boba Fett, man. I tell you what, Eric's chomping at the bit. It's just, it's yeah. As I said, we could talk about this like literally for days. It's just they're ruining the character. Like, I, and some people have said to me, which like annoys me a little bit. They're like, oh yeah, but you know, you got to wait for the payoff and all that. And I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. The payoff is the cherry on top. Yeah. 
you, I don't wait. If, if I order a Sunday, I don't wait till they get my order wrong six times before they finally bring out the fucking Sunday. <laughs> I enjoy the Sunday, and the payoff is the cherry on top. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, you, you don't tell me, oh, wait till the seventh episode. That's when it. That's when no, it. That's when it gets good. When yeah. I'm not enjoying the six episodes before that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tend to agree. Like that. That's always a desperation, though. Bid from people. Oh, come on! You haven't watched all seventeen seasons. How can you judge? Um, you haven't watched like I've watched three point seven five episodes of Boba Fett. Other than it being Star Wars and me kind of being a bit easy with Star Wars, it's really not that impressive. You know what I mean? Like it's really not that good. I'm sorry, but you know it's got some interesting bits and pieces in it. Yeah, sure. Um, but overall, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's the that's the best way to sum it up. Um, now. I will say this. Now, I want to get your views on this. The first appearance of Black Kurenstan, which is the Wookiee, sells raw and unslabbed for $225 US rich. Does that mean, like, just any copy? Like, it's not too beaten up? I don't know. Raw and unslabbed. Why why in fuck would you want to pay $225? Because it's the first appearance of the Black Wookiee. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this is, I guess that's just speculation. I mean, we, we yeah. don't even know if this Wookiee has got any staying power. Yeah, I think he does. I think he's got big I mean, Yeah, I, I, as, as a background character, sure. <laughs> but, I mean, no, I mean, I don't mean to sound like uh, nasty, but I mean, like, it's it's kind of the same with Chewbacca. Like, you know, Chewbacca's great and all that, but he's a secondary character. Sure. He's Han Solo's I mean, sidekick. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, will he be will he be as popular as Chewbacca? Maybe I doubt he that. He could be interesting. I, I find him to be a little bit one dimensional. Sure. Um, you know, uh, sure. If he's just the background muscle, yeah, he could be popular in in that aspect of just like he's popular just for his look. You know, well, I, big... I know that he's cybernetically enhanced and all that sort of shit. Mm. Is he? Um, but I don't know. We, we'll have to wait and see. As I said, I. If you had to ask me, would I prefer to see the the, the black Kristan mm. character or or um, Bosk? I'm going to pick Bosk. Fuck it, I'd rather see Dengar. Oh, um, <laughs> toilet paper head. Yeah, but 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 I think this black Wookiee's pretty good though. Also, I think he's one of the best things they've done. Disney have done. Yeah, but uh, it's, it, look, I'll be honest. This is a little bit of a cheat because everyone loves Wookies. Sure. Yeah. Like, it's not hard to make a, a Wookiee that everyone likes because they're Wookiees. Everyone loves Wookiees. Mm. They're like a good Wookiee. They're like a bad Wookiee. They're like a savage Wookiee. They're like a Jedi Wookiee. If yeah. it's a Wookiee, it, it'll sell because people love Wookiees. Mm. Good point, Rich. You know, it's not hard to make a, a, a cool Wookiee. There's been lots of cool Wookiees. I mean, Knights of the Old Republic had a fantastic Wookiee, um, Zalbar. Mm-hmm. There's been uh, lots of good Wookies back in, in the days of the world. back in the days of the comics and stuff. Yeah, Legends of the Old Republic or the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice Old Republic of the game. There was Zelbar. He was a cool Wookie. Everyone loved him because Wookie. Good point, man. Good point. Well, so, you know, it's not hard. I'm just saying, it's a Wookie. It's kind of like an easy bar. Yeah, to true. to jump that hurdle. So. He does look very cool. Um, now, also get this: The Force Awakens almost destroyed Coruscant. The city planet featured prominently in the prequel films. Lucas Story film group member Palbo Hildago tweeted out that Bad Robot 
originally wanted to destroy Coruscant. However, his tweet has now been deleted. Don't you love when people delete their tweets? It's like, oh, wow, that's too hot for Twitter. You know. It's not too hot for Twitter. I think someone probably from Lucasfilm said, take that fucking down now. Yeah. We still need to work with JJ. Yeah. With this clown. It's a, it's, it's the correct call to make. Um, again, you don't get to come in and just destroy Coruscant. Like, <laughs> Coruscant is massive in Star Wars lore. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. And you don't throw it. You don't destroy it with a throwaway scene like they like in Force Awakens. I'm sorry, which I'm sure would have been a throwaway scene and just badly done by JJ, as most of his stuff is. You know, yeah. Like I mean, it's just JJ going. Oh, they destroyed a planet in the New Hope. Let's destroy like six planets in this. That makes it automatically better. <laughs> yeah, fuck JJ, man. Seriously, yeah. like, I'm just so sick. But of also, you know what? Fuck Pablo Hidalgo as well. He's a wanker as well. Who is he? I don't even know who he is. Never heard of him. Uh, he's one of the, like, uh, head uh, guys at uh, Lucasfilm. Uh, right. uh, part of, the, like, the writers group. The You know, he works a lot on, like, the, the, the TV shows and right. animated stuff and all that. You're not and a fan? He thinks, he's, he thinks he's quite the expert of Star Wars. He's, you know, he's the law of Star Wars. He knows everything about Star Wars. And I'm just like... Well, you, maybe you know everything, but you, I don't think you have enough respect for Star Wars and its fans. Yeah, he's the one who was mocking. There was a guy. There, there's a fairly big uh, Star Wars YouTuber guy. I think he's called Star Wars Theory. Mm. He actually made a fantastic uh, Darth Vader fan film, right? Um, which got him noticed, and I think he even he sold it to something to Disney or uh-huh. or, or Luke when he made like a million dollars or something. Okay, it was very good. But anyway, he's got a channel and, you know, he, he talks about Star Wars and all sorts of stuff. Uh, sometimes I think he can, he, he can be honest, but sometimes I feel like he can also be a little bit apologetic and all that. But um, he was crying when Luke Skywalker appeared at the end of Mandalorian season two, right? <laughs> like he had tears coming and Pablo Hidalgo like basically mocked him right. on Twitter. So that's the sort of wanker that he is. <laughs> Like, you literally just mocked one of your fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a bad look from the corporate. Or crying at something of a, uh, on a Star Wars show. Yeah, but that's... Now, again, that, you, you, yeah. you could think that he's a pussy or a wuss mm. for crying, but you don't actually come out and say that because mm. he's a fan of Star Wars. That's what these people don't understand. People today feel like they can mock and degrade and, and call their fans names and stuff and that they'll still be fans. Mm. It's a weird... It's a weird dichotomy in right now where fans get like just like treated like shit from the, these people in charge and they expect it to be grateful and take it it's oh yeah it's it's corporate it's corporate overlords all over again and i can see here yeah the controversy that broke up um with uh P- pablo dago is obviously just a clown let's face it at the end of the day yeah yeah he's he he's a clown and um but it was the correct decision not to destroy Coruscant. I will say that. I'm sure he had nothing to do with the decision. He's just tweeting out, you know, stuff that he's heard, you know? Yeah, but again, as I said, because they may still want to do... I mean, I think Bad Robot is still uh, producing stuff and all that mm. uh, for Disney. Yeah, you don't turn around and be like, oh, this idiot tried to do it and we stopped him. People are like, take that down. Yeah. Take it down, you fucking idiot. <laughs> but it's too late now because, again... You can put something out. on Twitter and delete it an hour later and everyone's already taking screenshots of it. Yeah, screen the story's out. The story's out, Pablo. You can't run from the truth. You can't run from what you did. You know? Yeah. It's amazing to me how many people on Twitter don't understand how Twitter works. Exactly. 
Uh, Jeremy Irons thought Just League was dreadful, but told Variety he was interested to see what Zack Snyder did in the director's cut, saying it couldn't have been worse than the original film. <laughs> well, he, he was right. It wasn't worse. It was just as bad. <laughs> now, news of the week. Uh, we've kind of buried the lead. Joss Whedon did a sit-down interview discussing the allegations that have plagued him in recent years. Um, he called the Justice League cast rude. Um, this is actually a hilarious example of what an idiot Joss Whedon has turned out to be. He says Gal Gadot didn't understand his jokes as English wasn't her first language. He says he talks in annoyingly flowery language, which does sound annoying, actually, um, and she just couldn't grasp what he was saying. Um, he discussed Charisma Carpenter. Most of my experience with Charisma were delightful and charming. She struggled sometimes with her lines, but no one could punch up a line harder than her. Uh, that's what he says. Um, about Ray Fisher, which is hilarious, Cryborg. We're talk- this is the only part that made me laugh. We're talking about a malevolent force. We're talking about a bad actor in both senses. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I do like that he called him a bad actor. Like, <laughs> as an actor, he can't act. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, um, interesting yeah. from J- from Joss Whedon. He's really kind of come out firing, and it's it's really backfired on him. Like he tried to double down, and I think he he's made so many enemies now. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, but you know what? At this point, that's all he can do is make enemies. Yeah, like you can either sit back and keep taking the lumps, or you can decide, fuck it, I'm not going to make. You know, no, no matter what avenue I go down, if they keep bad mouthing me, everyone's going to hate me. If I come out and swing in, everyone's going to hate me. So fuck it, I might as well come out swinging. Yeah, yeah. A mistake? What, yeah. do you, what do you think? A mistake? It was obviously a strategy. Do you think it's uh, going to pay off for, for Joss Whedon? Do you think he's got a future or do you think he's done? I think he's done. I think he's toast. Uh, no. I mean, let's be honest. If Mel Gibson can come back, anyone can come back. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you, you're never out of Hollywood. Uh, you, you're never always completely out of Hollywood unless I think you choose to be. Right. You don't you think, I, mean? I, I think? I think it's been littered with people who've been exiled from Hollywood. Like back no, in the day. but I mean, but they can still do indie stuff, and you know, yeah. you know, like like Mel Gibson sort of took a break, and then he came back, and he started doing more smaller, sure, did. stuff, and and all that, and he made some really good non-big. I mean, Get the Gringo is fantastic. Yeah, 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 it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and when people started seeing him again, that's when you know, like, oh yeah, Mel Gibson, fuck, he is good, and then mm. starts getting a bit more roles, and all that. Again, will there be anything major? Uh, probably not. Uh, in fact, I'll bring this up now, just because I've decided because you hate him, I'm going to oh. find Zach, Zachary Levi oh, every week Why? when I can. Why? Zachary Levi will be replacing uh, Mel Gibson uh, in Chicken oh. Run Two. Oh, who cares? So he's not going to get like. But that's my point. I don't think he's going to get any like big, big name budget stuff. But you know, it's he's still working. So well, he's going to do like, the weapon. You know, he's doing... Well, Josh Whedon hit those highs that he he did. Probably not, but it doesn't mean that he'll never. If he chooses to, it doesn't mean that he can't do indie stuff, do his own stuff. Because there'll be people out there who will will bankroll him. I mean, if there's people willing to bankroll um, Mel Gibson, uh. you know, you know, it's more whether you choose to lay down and die, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the problem for Joss Whedon, though, is I think that fan base that he had, he's pretty much poisoned the well. That's the other problem. But look, the, the problem, look, what it comes down to is me, is, is I think everyone's telling the truth. Yeah. You know, uh, yes, does Josh Whedon probably lose his temper, lose his cool, talk annoyingly, you know, maybe mock people intending to be sometimes jokingly, sometimes not, and things can be taken the wrong way? Sure. Is he a piece of shit, probably, who wants to sleep with every woman? Yeah, probably. 
Uh, is Gal Gadot a good actress and uh, fully understand English? No. I don't know about I've that. Heard it, I've, I've heard her in interviews and sometimes she struggles um, <laughs> in saying things or she says things very simplistically because, I, again, I don't think her really? vocabulary is there. Now, I think she's multilingual, no, 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 not saying that she can, can't understand him, but maybe just the way Whedon talks, maybe like his that. inflection or what he considers to be a joke doesn't translate. I think he deserves a smack in the mouth. I'm not a fan of Joss Whedon at all from, from um, for what he's done. And to be, to be fair, again, he might uh, not... Uh, it's also sometimes difficult to remember when you were an arsehole. Yeah. So when he says, most of my experiences were delightful, that's probably how he remembers it. Sure. <laughs> Honestly. But um, as I said, I I, 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 I don't know. Everyone in Hollywood's really shit, so... They're probably all telling the truth and all trying to um, throw. And I mean, let's be honest. um, He's definitely become the scapegoat for Justice League. Sure. Um, Sure. You know, all the actors pretty much turned on him. And again, what I'll say about this is he had massive success on the Avengers movies, right? Uh Yeah. None of those people have come out to say anything uh, to the level of this about him. No. You know, so do I think maybe also this is, uh, let's pin it all on him. He sure. cut my lines. He cut my dialogue. He spoke to me negatively. Did he? Yeah, sure. I mean, my God, go back to, to Hollywood. Yeah. Before like the PC shit came in, fucking uh, people were getting yelled at by directors yeah. and yeah, true. producers, and and their jobs were threatened all the time. Yeah, true. Do you know what true. I mean? I'm not saying it's right, but I'm just saying that's kind of been a part of Hollywood. Go on set with Fritz Lang. Go on set with Orson Welles. You know? Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, so I'm, I'm not again. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm just saying that has been sure. a, a part of Hollywood of directors losing their cool. Oh yeah, you know, talking shit. So th- did he do that? Yeah, sure. I, I believe that. Yeah. Does it mean that all the other people? How's Oliver on? Stone on set? How's Oliver Stone? I'm sure he's not a paragon of virtue. Oh yeah, Stanley you know? Kubrick. You know, they were all uh, yeah. the stories about them were like they were very difficult to deal with. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? They, they were a nightmare. So I'm just saying, like, it's Francis Ford you. Coppola losing it's his mind in the jungle of the Philippines. The first person to threaten someone's job in Hollywood. Oh, someone said it was actually funny that, like, um, some some Buffy wardrobe assistant said he, he touched my arm when he got angry once, and that oh made news. Oh my god! Oh my and, uh, god! He touched her arm. Not he grabbed her arm. Yeah, I don't know. he just, touched her arm. Yeah. And I was like, look, I, I, I hate Joss Whedon as much as the next guy. And if I saw him, I'd probably tell him to fuck off. But at the same time, I, I do feel there is also part of this backlash is he's a convenient scapegoat. And doesn't he wish he hadn't taken on the Justice League role? What a poison chalice that turned oh, out to be. He's definitely wishing that now, yes. Because yeah. he was on a high. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? He was he on a high after those Avengers movies. And he yeah. was the darling, you know, of Marvel and all that sort of stuff. So this definitely has come back to... Yeah, bite him. But as I said, I'm not saying anyone's lying, but I'm also just saying that even with all this negativity, no one from the Marvel camp has come out to yeah, slam him too hard to to add any like fuel to that fire. So I'm just kind of like, look, maybe he just also himself had a bad experience and hated all of them. Uh, you know, I'm just saying, like maybe he's so used to working with Robert Downey Jr. and you know Chris well, Hemsworth. And well, what's the difference, Chris Robert Downey Jr. to Ben Affleck? Not much. You know, like they're both the same sort of style, you know? Yeah, but again, Ben Affleck hasn't really come out and, like, he, he said, he has said that he didn't enjoy the Justice League stuff and the reshoots and all that sort of stuff, but he hasn't really, like, really 
said anything to the level of like Gal Gadot or or, yeah. or, or Fisher. You yeah. know what I mean? So, I, I, but what I'm saying is that I, I maybe he sort of as a step down. You know, maybe yes, he's got Henry Cavill, but again, he's coming off Marvel, and maybe he wasn't happy with the DC production. Maybe he found it so much more lacking. Okay, I'm not making excuses for him because I also dislike the guy with a passion. I think he's a, <laughs> a, a, a terrible human being. But most people in Hollywood are terrible human beings, including the actors who are complaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, I hear you, man. I'm just saying I don't feel sorry for anyone. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, don't you know, apologize. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm, he hasn't like shot anyone or, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like, like, like super rest. Was he probably an asshole prick? Sure. Yeah. You know, maybe he's come off this high of Marvel where maybe, you know, higher money, more control, all that sort of crap. And now he's coming to fix someone else's piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, I think, you know. You know, and yeah, was he probably a prick and all that? Yeah, but then also at the same time, I kind of feel like actors should also just move on. Mm. You had a bad experience on a set with a director. Move on, next movie. Yeah, yeah. Again, unless it's something like super bad, like he fucking drugged me and raped me or something like that. Which you know in fairness I mean? like, is kind of what Affleck seems to be wanting to do. Affleck has really not been drawn too hard on this stuff at all. No, he's just like, I didn't enjoy it moving on. I made a movie with Matt Damon. I loved it. It was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Like, just move on. Go to the next project. Yeah. You're going to have bad ones. You're going to have good ones. In fairness, though, I guess he's throwing a bit of fuel onto the fire himself now, coming out firing. But maybe that's him trying to set up the narrative for himself for his comeback, you know? Probably, maybe he's just—he's yeah. Maybe working with Matt Damon again has just rekindled his passion. Mm. Oh no, no, I, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, Whedon, Whedon coming out with this kind of, oh. book, you know, kind of stuff now, where he's saying all this. Maybe that's his way of saying, you know, I'm going to try to take the story back a little bit and throw it back in their faces a little bit themselves, so I can get moving on this, you know. Yeah, but again, here's the problem: you're coming in there and you're changing everything that Snyder did. Yeah. And so maybe they were rude to him. Yeah. Maybe they're like, well, well, actually, you know, Snyder said I could do this. And Snyder said that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Snyder would do it this way. And it's like, I don't know. Maybe that shit happened. And, you know, he, he was just like, fuck off all of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I, as I said, even the stuff that, like, um, uh, Fisher was complaining about didn't really sound. No, I know. Like, you know, almost like Fisher was trying to carry on like he was running around calling him the N-word and, yeah, you know, like treating him like a slave or some shit. And you're like, come on, mate. Like, <laughs> you know, maybe he just didn't like you. Maybe well, you your acting was subpar. Ray Fisher, Ray Fisher, let's, let's, let's be brutally honest here. Ray Fisher played the victim card and he played the race card and, and they were the only cards he had to play and he played them all. You know what I mean? He played them all. And, and listeners will know, I have bad-mouthed um, Josh Whedon, I think, since yeah. day one You've never been a fan. <laughs> of being, being on the show. But I always try and be consistent in how I look at things and how I treat people. So I was you know. a hardcore Josh Whedon fan for many years. I remember having uh, dinner with you, actually. It was not a lunch. It was dinner shortly after Avengers. And I remember saying to you, I feel it's a very good TV movie. And... I, I still feel that Avengers film, big chunks of it, are like that. And, you know, I think it's better at the end than at the start. I think the start of the Avengers, the first 20 minutes, is boring. Um, so the, 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 Josh Whedon's biggest problem, mm. and it's not something that you noticed early in his career because he was early in his career, mm. but if you take any person's dialogue, mm. 
in any of his shows, his movies, it could literally be said by any character. Yeah. Because the uh, all the dialogue sounds the same. Yep. Doesn't matter if Xander's saying it, doesn't matter if Buffy's saying it, doesn't matter if, uh, uh, is it Giles? Yeah, Giles, yep. Doesn't matter if Giles, whatever. You know, when you get to like, um, you know, even uh, he has improved a little bit, like with Firefly. Mm. He did improve a little bit, but still a lot of that dialogue could be said by any of those characters because he doesn't write characters. He writes dialogue. Yeah, he's quick. But all the dialogue is the same. Yeah. Like the the the, the cadence, the nuance, the, the joke. And all he's like a better version of Bendis like that. Bendis does a similar yeah. thing, but Josh Whedon does it better than Bendis. Yeah. But, so yeah. the problem with Josh Whedon is that all his characters sound the same, just with different faces. Mm. Yep. And that's his biggest problem is that he doesn't like – and that was also my problem with Avengers. And that's why I also had a, that's why I've got a problem with Marvel going down the, the route that it did mm. is that all the characters sound the same. Yeah. Do you know, you know what I mean? Like how they say things, the jokes that they make, it's very, that's why I really enjoyed um, uh, the, the Russo brothers when they did the, the, the Captain America movie. Winter Soldier, yeah, for sure. Because they 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 kind of made him less jokey. Yeah, I, I think they were an improvement to the franchise. You know, but again, they still had to keep along with that because obviously you, you wanted to be consistent. But they definitely toned down the the, the smart remarks from mm. you know Captain America and all that sort of stuff. So you got to yeah, you got to you got to think of how your characters will say something. If your character is like stoic, you know, doesn't say too many words, then you don't have them say a fucking paragraph of dialogue. Yep. Or or cracking jokes like consistently, you have to go, what would this character say? Yep. How would this character deliver the line? Mm. But yeah, writers like Bendis and Whedon, they don't do that. They don't write characters, they just write dialogue. Yep. I hear, man. They're so right. Hitting it on the fucking head tonight, Rich. Man. Let's get off I've Joss got, Whedon. I've and, got my hammer. And by the way, fuck <laughs> Joss Whedon as well. Like, you know, yeah, look, yeah. I got I got I got no love for the guy, honestly. I, <laughs> I don't care if he makes another movie or not. I I, I just don't care. But yeah. I'm just saying I think everyone's to blame in this fucking fiasco. I, I think you're probably right there, Rich. Uh now Batgirl said photo release. The suit is a tribute to the Yvonne Craig Batgirl costume of the sixty six show. Have you seen the suit, Rich? It's pretty good, man. Uh that uh, I purple? think I saw a picture of that bright purple. Yeah. What did you think? Um, I loved it. I loved look, it. The, 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 look, here's the thing. The problem with these photos that they do uh. is it always looks like cosplay until you actually see it in proper lighting and after they've tweaked the uh, the, the colors and stuff and all that. Sure. Uh, whenever they release these production photos, it just looks like cosplay that you see at conventions and all that. I sometimes think I've seen cosplay look better than I've seen it on on the actual screen at times. I, yeah, I mean, again, I, I, that does look like cosplay to me. That picture. I mean, when I saw it, I was like, I was cosplay. But then I was going to go. You, you know, you got to wait till they apply the filters and the 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 uh, they adjust the lighting and the shadow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. When you first saw those pictures of uh, Zachary Levi's uh, Shazam, Awful. it looked pretty horrendous. Now it did look better in the in the movie and it looks like they have made improvements for the second movie with the, the costume to make it look a little less bulky and like a guy wearing a suit but it, it also comes down to the movie magic yeah i hear man i mean i i know you and tash um will go to your graves like defending shazam i thought it was a poor movie you know poor, uh, poor film. i thought it was an okay movie i i would have i give it a 6.5 out of 10 okay but uh, it's a good start i guess 
Okay. Um, look, let's be honest. It was a pretty low-budget movie. Like, um, Warner Brothers didn't throw a lot of money behind it. Yeah. A lot of it had to be done on the budget. Now, because the movie turned out successful, they are chucking a little bit more movie, and so they've had a bit more money to improve the costume and, and all that sort of stuff. So it'll probably look even better. It was but, a I mean, big think hit. About it, think about it this way. If you saw Michael Keaton's Batman suit... Oh, yeah. Just a photo of it... Mm. Love you know, it. not you know, not not from like a movie image, but just like on set. Love it. It would just look like a guy in a rubber suit, though. With him in you know, it, because there's a lot of like, no, no. But I'm talking about like, let's say he's just on set. You know, no, I know, you on, I know you mean. And they take a photo. It, it wouldn't look as good like when it's in the movie and things are dark. And, oh god, no. And there's more oh, shadow god, no. and stuff and all that. So look, I will reserve judgment till Who's I actually gone? see maybe a trailer. Yeah. Of of maybe what the suit, but the picture they released. But you know what? Can I just say? Don't give me this shit that like you did it to as a, a thing. You just took the costume from the comic book. I thought they did. It was like the costume she had on the '66 show. No, 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 no. This costume is exactly the costume that she changes into. Batgirl of Burnside. Um, yeah, the Batgirl. When uh, I think the first cover had her taking a photo of herself in a bathroom. Right. Okay. And, and that's the costume with the yellow gloves, the yellow booties. Mm. And the purple—that's the costume. Don't turn around and say that you, you you were drawing inspiration from the. Hey, maybe the artist who did the comic was drawing inspiration from that. Yeah. But these people weren't. These people literally just lifted it from the fucking comic book. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do, Rich? You know. Me, nothing. But I'm sure I'll be forced to watch this shit. I—I I mean, we'll watch it. I'm not looking particularly forward to it. Uh, Eternals is on Disney Plus, and I, I just cannot drum up the energy just yet. I'm just like, there's so many other things I want to watch. I've actually had a pretty busy week because I watched all that Peacemaker, and I'm going to watch Naomi episode two as well. I didn't get a chance to watch that. Um, Why do you torture yourself? Yeah, it's all show research for me, man. It's content for me. I'm a content, you know, provider and consumer. You know, I I love myself too much. Yeah, not me, <laughs> not me. You do, I, I'm down there sometimes with Kurt Cobain fucking you know, singing, you know, what's it called? Smells like Teen Spirit. One of those, I'm going to come over for a visit and I'm going to catch you with a shotgun in your mouth. Shotgun in my mouth watching <laughs> Naomi going, I'm one fucking, pull this trigger and I'm one blast away. <laughs> <laughs> I ride on the I ride on the suicide. No, no, blame Benders. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I bl- yeah, I blame Naomi and Benders. I blame Naomi and Benders, specifically Benders. Bendis more than Naomi. She can't help it. She came from his head. Um, was I gonna? <laughs> uh, the Peacemaker shot five episodes before changing vigilante actors. A HBO Max series um, filmed uh, with Chris Conrad's vigilante before he was replaced by Freddie Stromer. Um, apparently, the, whoever was doing vigilante previously wanted to go in a very different direction to what James Gunn wanted. <laughs> Got fired. Well, clearly, he wanted to play it a bit more serious. Well, I mean, but come on. You're on a fucking James Gunn wacky show. Like, why would you think that Vigilante would be serious on, on this whack-a-thon? Because you know? he would, well, yeah, I mean, why would you expect to be serious on a James Gunn? But again, the character was serious when he was... Gone. Yeah, but come on, dude. If you're getting paid for it, like, you get, you, you know, you've got to be doing... Um... Some people, are, Dave, are just artists. Fuck. And it's about, it's about the art. Yeah, I think that's bullshit. But, like, they shot five episodes before the guy got fired. Like, I, I can't believe it. Like, this guy just threw away a decent opportunity, you know, on a, on a, on a fairly mainstream show. Yeah, but again, Crazy. not everyone's as shallow as you, Dave. <laughs> Some people have principles. Yeah, 
you know, well, where's that getting him right now? Like nowhere. He's probably, you know, well, right now, no, selling but pencils. You don't know what the future holds for that young man. He's probably selling pencils on the street corner right now, wishing he'd he'd played it more wacky. Was all it took. And it's a show's a big hit, by the way. This this peacemaker show. So you can't tell me that that James Gunn wasn't tapping it. I'm going to say something right now. It's my favourite James Gunn thing I've seen. I think ever. Uh, I, I I actually think it's better than um, it's a lot better than your Suicide Squad movie. It's better than Guardians two, um, and Guardians one. It's probably equal with that. Um, I think it's really good, and and I wasn't expecting much actually either. Um, again, one of those situations where you go in with low expectations. Although I do like John Cena in general, which is why I watched it. I was like, oh fuck it, I'll watch it. Why not? I, I honestly, Rich, I'm going to make a comment right now. You might actually enjoy it if you take your brain out and just accept it's a comedy. I reckon there's actually stuff in there you would you would like. It's not that bad, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, the problem is, is if maybe if I didn't know who Vigilante and uh, Peacemaker were, I sure. probably could take my brain out. But sure. just like with Star Wars, because I know what Star Wars could be and has been, yeah. I can't just just take my brain out and go, oh, yeah, just I'll just watch it. Like, I just can't because my brain doesn't switch off. Wow. I switch off. I'll always be comparing it, and if I want, and I, I again, I will probably end up having to watch it just to see how bad it is. But I'll promise you this: the whole time I'm watching it, I will just be comparing it to what I know of the characters, and it will always come up short. Yeah. Because you remember, I'm the one. I didn't enjoy the second uh, um, Suicide Squad movie. No, I know. So, I, but I mean, so it I, wasn't I can't see this being better. Uh, it's better than that movie. That. It's better than that movie by far. This this peacemaker show is better by far than that second I'll, movie. I'll also never forgive uh, James Gunn for killing um, Who? Rick Flag. Fucking yeah, yeah. That and that's referenced in this, by the way. You know, I don't know, it has to be because you know he he just killed the the fucking the golden heart goose. Soul of, of Suicide Squad. <laughs> the heart of the, well, I guess he is actually. Yeah, he's kind of like the leader, isn't well, he? Well, again, I'm talking about like the Ostrander. Years, obviously, I'm not talking about any of the other the shit like tie-in iterations and all that. I'm talking about the proper Suicide Squad comics. Yeah, you're you're talking about he's he's the guy. He's the guy that keeps them all in check. He's the you know the military man who starts questioning yep what he's doing and Amanda Waller and all that sort of stuff. And I'm just like, you just can't have Mm. you can't you can't have Suicide Squad without that that guy who is the starts off as the yes man. You know, believing in what a man is doing and then slowly sort of becoming the hang on a second, this yeah. is wrong. Like, you've just lost that in two movies. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It was a complete betrayal of, of the Rick Flag character. And uh, yeah, I, there's, there's just something a bit more fun and comic booky about the TV show compared to the film, which I wasn't a particularly big fan of the film. I thought the film was throwaway, you know? Um, I, I think as well, you know, I, I like. Can I be honest? Yeah. But sorry, I'll just be honest with you. From the trailers I've seen, I find the ensemble cast fucking annoying as well. I find every person around him annoying. Yeah. Well, they are all pretty big. Uh, I, I I quite like them. I you know actually it's his wife um, who plays the um, the uh, like one of the lead actresses, one of the agents, Hardcourt. Um, it's his. It's James Gunn's wife or girlfriend. I'm not sure if they're married. But nepotism strikes again. Apparently it was like I wrote the part specially for you, and you're like, <sighs> yeah, like it's not the world's like never. I wrote the part, wrote the part with nepotism in mind. <laughs> we, we're keeping the cash in the family on this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And um, there, there, there's a there's a girl in it who plays the daughter of Amanda Waller. I really like her acting style. She's a kind of a bigger black girl. Um, she's quite funny actually in it. And John Cena's very funny in it. I must say, I've I've quite liked John Cena in the few films I've seen him in, but I've, he's never been better than in this. He's very good in this. I will say that. Um, you know, I'm trying my hardest here, uh, listeners, to get Richard to at least give it a try. But I know I also know you're going to hate it, Rich. Unfortunately, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but just wait a second. I'm just going to let my cat in. He's just crying. Hold on. Sorry, he was just getting really annoying. I thought he might go away, but no, he was uh, starting to ramp up the complaints. <laughs> All right. Uh, one, two, three. Now, Rich, you'll be devastated to learn this. Why the last man has failed to find a new home and is cancelled for good. Oh, no. Probably for the best. Uh, great comic book series, pretty mediocre TV show. Um, I struggled to the end with Michelle. Oh, I, I fucking dodged the bullet. Thank God for that. One less fucking shitty show to review. Yeah. Did you ever watch it? Or, or did you did you buy? I watched the two. I think I, two and a half episodes. I watched. Oh, that's enough. Episodes. That's enough. Like you know. And then I was like, I can't. I just, I just can't. No, that's enough. I, I would never on single other than for Wheel of Time and, and, and uh, Lord of the Rings make you watch episode after episode after episode. Like there's a got to be a cutoff point. Not for Lord of the Rings or Wheel of Time. You've got to stick in for the long haul there. You know, but uh, your general shows like. You know. Maybe I'll be the first one with a shotgun in my mouth. It could be. It could be. Have to find. Be very inconvenient for me. I'll have to find a new co-host, Rich. Think about that before well, you pull the well, trigger. May, well, maybe you should think about that, though. Yeah, you know, I I can't control what people do, Rich. <laughs> you can control what you put them through. <laughs> I read this as I know. I blame Dave. I'm like, I can't control what people do. Dave you know? made me watch too many shitty shows. Yeah. I'll be like, take anymore. I'll be like, look, he gave it. He was very good. He was on the show for a long time. He got a little burnout, but hey, what you gonna do? I'm accepting applications, you know. <laughs> um, Boycott WB is trending on Twitter. I mean, God knows. I think it's these same lunatics doing Restore the Snyderverse. Some of these guys need to get a life, like, frankly. Why, they, why do they boycott him this time? I don't know. They're, they're boycotting WB over something to do with Zack Snyder, I think. And um, they really? just, they're just, it's just a continuation of their just nonstop cryathon, basically, um, you know, which is hilarious, like, frankly. Like, I, like boycott, what do they mean? Boycott all the products of Warner Brothers because that's going to be quite extensive if they really want to. Well, yes, get if they just saying if they're saying boycott um, uh, Warner Brothers, then that means Warner Brothers, yeah, yeah. So it was. Let's have a look at why. Uh, some were disappointed. The reasons were not clear. Oh, that's great. Uh, some were unhappy over Ray Fisher. So just that normal bullshit about Ray Fisher. Uh, da, da, da. It, there, there was some also used the hashtag restore the Snyderverse. Those guys are just continually just going on. Um, and then there were some other grievances, such as the ongoing legal dispute between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Um, blah blah blah. So it just went on and on. Um, oh, that, that's God, that thing is still going on and it's still so fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean, I just I just can't imagine sitting at my computer bothering to hashtag boycott WP. <laughs> like, 
Like, what am I hoping to achieve, really? Like, do I really feel that me flicking not even a pebble, like a microscopic grain of sand, is really going to achieve that much? Like, it's just like, why don't no, you but just, the thing you is, know? I, I don't believe in boycotts. I believe in me cancelling my subscriptions or not sure. watching something. Yeah. Because that's my choice. But sure. I would never... I would never tell other people that they shouldn't watch it or they they shouldn't, you know. You're a bad person because you watch X and it's like, yeah, fuck yourself. Like, stop telling me what to watch, you know? Yeah, no, boycotts. I hate fucking boycotts. I hate them. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan either. Um, Tim Allen is back in the Santa suit for Disney Plus's The Santa Claus Limited Series. Uh, he's working with the last man standing creator, uh, Jack Burdett. Who'll be the showrunner for the sequel series? This is this was like the Santa Claus. Am I right in saying this was like a nineties property? Like, ooh, early two thousand. Yeah, yeah. It was Home Improvement was either still a thing or just finished. You know. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, before I look it up, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna say two thousand three. I'm gonna guess nineteen ninety seven for the first one, but that's a pure guess. I, I really don't don't know. Um, but my God, he... oh, so we were both wrong. close but wrong. Okay. So the first movie came out in 1994. Wow. Okay. So you were close to 1997, and the second one came out in 2002. So I was close okay. to 2003 for the second one. Wow. And so he's going back to that well again. It's probably why I remember it because, yeah, one came out early 90s, and the other one came out in like early 2000. So, yeah, so he's looking to cash in again. Why not? Um, now, Rich, this is hilarious. Uh, NFTs, which uh, to me are a scam. Uh, this NFT group bought a copy of June for 2.66 million euro that was freely available. And this group believed mistakenly it gave them a copyright and the rights to make or license an animated series based on the property. Can you believe these morons, you know, pulled their re- funds and bought this copy of this book thinking they could, they, they owned the rights to it? Um, it just goes to show you how so many people out there don't actually understand. You know, it's just hilarious. It's like, um, you know, I, I read a fucking Superman comic today. Do I own Superman? <laughs> like, can I just maybe, do... Maybe in your brain you do, but it doesn't mean you do. But, like, to, to part with that level of cash, like 2.66 million euro, and no one does their homework, and no one, like, even questions it, Every, everyone's just like, yeah, that's 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 definitely the that's definitely the plan, guys. Definitely, yep. we can you know do this. Every single one of them is an idiot. Yep, they deserve what they get. I don't feel any sympathy for them at all. As far as I'm concerned, they're morons. I think this NFT stuff is just a complete fucking scam. I like I you know I just don't even understand it. And when I say I don't understand it, I don't understand the point of it. I get it's a scam. I get people are making money off it. Yeah, I understand that the market, but. It's just a gigantic fucking scam. And mm-hmm. these artists uh, must be loving it. They're laughing all the way to the bank while this fucking, you know, um, scam thing just, like, props up their bank accounts. And, yeah, I'll see the digital rights to this stupid thing. Like, I, I really... I, I, I struggle to understand why people think this is actually something worthwhile. Um, maybe it's tax avoidance is, is something I'm thinking these days. Do you think? No, I think it's just stupidity. Stupidity, yeah. Too much money as well. People with t- people are pretty liquid, it seems, and they want to sink their money into something. There's so many things you could put your money into 
that I, I feel are better than writing this kind of cryptocurrency bullshit. Have you seen that ad by Matt Damon? Have you seen... No. Oh, it's so bad. So Matt Damon, history is filled with almost, and it's got some guy trying to make a plane. Uh, but then there are those who have achieved uh, with words used since the time of the Romans. Fortune favours the brave. And then it's like crypto.com, and it's like, so investing in cryptocurrency, you know... Yeah, but the, the crypto is a legitimate thing. But the problem is, as soon as something becomes popular, that's when all the scammers come in. Yeah. That's when everyone tries to jump on the bandwagon and get their pay, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we should. And, we yeah, should. And... <laughs> a photo of you and me, Rich, standing outside of fucking uh, McDonald's and we'll go, we'll, we'll, we'll sell the NFT for that. How about that, Rich? We split the profits 50-50. You like the idea of that? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it, well, I, I'd sell it for enough to us to buy McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, it's the digital image of me and Richard standing inside of McDonald's. And then when you buy it, we have the money to go buy McDonald's. Yeah, it's just, wow, it's just a, it's just a fucking loop. And the, and the ones who are really profiting hilariously are McDonald's at the end of that chain. Um, yeah. No. Well, we got food too. So we got food too. We, 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 we win. We, we win as well. We're, we're eating our burgers. Dave's happy. He's got a thick shake. I've got a Coke. You know, he's got a Big Mac. Uh, William Defoe has fans crying out for him to be cast as a Joker, and he has an idea for a sequel to Joaquin Phoenix's film. Um, he wants to play like a fake Joker versus Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. I don't know why William Defoe is throwing his hat into the ring, but clearly he enjoyed the movie. Well, uh, I mean, he pretty much already has the fucking Joker uh, grin. Yeah, he just, does. Just, just naturally. Yeah. Great, great actor. Great actor, William Defoe. One of the greats, actually. Uh, to Live and Die in L.A., Rich. What a movie. You seen that one? No, I don't think so. It's good. Mid-80s. It's the director who did... Uh, what's it called? Is it French Lieutenant? Is that is that the name of it? No, French Connection. It's the same director. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know French Connection. French Connection. Great movie, French Connection. Well, this is uh, a movie he did in the mid-'80s called To Live and Die in L.A. It's got the guy who was in CSI, um, the original CSI, that actor, Gus someone. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's he in it. The, he, play, he played the guy that uh, killed Billy the Kid in uh, Young Guns. Yes, he did. Young Guns 3? Yeah, but even two. two. One of them. Young Guns 2, because Young Guns 3 is the one that they're talking about doing now. Oh, okay, then Young Guns 2, yeah, he's the one that, that uh, shoots Billy the Kid. Well, he doesn't really, but he claims to have done it. The, the, the new sequel's called Aged Guns. Like, <laughs> very old, over-the-hill guns. Guns desperate for one last payday, guns. Should be called Too Late for a Sequel, Guns. Too Late for a Sequel, uh, Billy West needs to pay his taxes. <laughs> Uh, now, Amazon postpones plans to stop customers using Visa cards at the last minute. This is quite a political thing. They were going to ban Visa cards from their website, which, of course, is, you know, Visa are, like, one of the biggest credit card providers in the world. And obviously it's politics, you know. They obviously had a deal uh, with MasterCard or someone else. And uh, at the last minute they pulled that, So, which doesn't surprise me because Visa, can you imagine how much money churns through Amazon via Visa? Tons. Well, that would have that would have definitely affected me. Yeah, would it? Yeah, yeah. Well, well I mean, I have other cards, but I do also use Visa. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I, I, I had a Visa card for years. Now all I've got, so I I I've trimmed right down to a very small 
limit on a MasterCard, which I just use for my transactions. Just pure chance, really. Um, but but thankfully, Visa is still allowed there. Netflix uh, Netflix raises its prices again, Rich. Uh, I think they've gone up another dollar or two. Um, yeah, I actually just cancelled my subscription, actually. Really? To Netflix? Yeah. Why? Yeah. I'm, I'm just tired of... They, they just went up a dollar a couple of months ago. Yeah. And it's gone up another dollar, so I've just decided, no, I'm done. Yeah. I'm not paying. At this point, it's going to get to 20, 20 bucks a month, and I'm yeah. just like, I'm sorry. I, I actually did the math. I can have, I can get, uh, so you know Binge? That's the Australian yes. kind of HBO, Warner yes. Brothers stuff. Yeah. I can get Binge, Disney Plus, and Amazon for just a little bit more than one Netflix subscription. Oh, yeah, that Together, they're all better than Netflix. To put them all together in a in a yeah, but that's my point. Like uh, Amazon is six ninety nine. Yeah, you know, and the other two is I think one is nine ninety nine, and the other one is seven ninety nine. But my point is, one is getting close to twenty dollars a month. Yeah, and the, and I could literally for just a little bit more than twenty dollars a month, I could literally have three. What's going to happen uh, is people are going to start splitting their accounts again. That's what's going to happen. You're going to start seeing people splitting their accounts. Oh, oh, for sure. Because I just I think it's ridiculous. They the number one supposedly streaming service. Mm. You know, they, they are the numbers that everyone is trying to to get all yeah. these other streams, and yet they the only ones whose prices keep fucking going up every couple of months. It's ridiculous. Market leaders, man. You know. You're yeah, fine. but again, that's how you get people like me to to cancel. I'm sorry. I yeah, it's I, I, you don't have that much on there that I want to watch that I'm no, I agree. To pay that every month. I, to be honest, when I look at my streaming, Netflix is the one I use the least, and like it's it's weird, but I, that might sound odd to people. But I use HBO Max more. Um, I don't use Amazon much. I use Disney Plus a lot. Uh, Michelle likes Disney Plus, and we use Hulu a hell of a lot. Michelle uses Hulu like you wouldn't fucking believe. Um, I personally use a bit of Hulu, but a lot of HBO Max. Almost no Netflix. I could get rid of Netflix tomorrow, and it really wouldn't affect my life that much at all. I I, be, I keep meaning to watch The Last Kingdom. I still haven't watched it. Um, I can't think of the last thing I've watched on Netflix. I just it just doesn't you know for some reason I don't go to it that often. Um, Amazon Prime comes with the Amazon deliveries, so it's great. Yeah. you know. Gets oh no, the Amazon's the one I've always got going, but that's because I buy things off Amazon. So yeah. Oh, by the way, going, yeah. Sh- shout out uh, today, Rich. I got a actually a book you might be interested in a Spider Man art book covering from Amazing to Spectacular, covering all the years of Spider Man. It's really big. I had no idea it was going to be so big. It's massive. This book, and I also got uh, Savage Sword of Conan Omnibus Volume Six arrived. So nice. loving life, man. I've got I've got six volumes of Savage Sword and six volumes of the regular Marvel. You know. It's a, good, uh, it's a good buy. You know, I love my Conan, Rich. Um, oh, now, shop here, yeah, exactly. Shopping with the gang. I've got three things this week. It's been very quiet recently. Uh, Crisis on Multiple Earths, book two, Crisis Crossed. It's a thick trade paperback of the original Justice League and Justice Society crossovers. Mm-hmm. It's the second volume. The first volume I, I did purchase, and so... Second volume's coming out. I'm getting that. Flash by Jeff Johns, Omnibus 3 hardcover. I'm going to pick this up, Rich. Um, I've got the first two volumes in in hardcover, Omnibus form of, of his Flash run. And could this potentially be the last one? Like, in his... In his, uh, in his uh, how, how much Flash did this guy do? Oh, I think it's just... I think it could just be the three Omnibuses. 
Yeah, because I'm going to pick this one up because I've got the previous two. Michelle made a comment the other day, and I, 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 you know, and I had to kind of shut it down. She goes, "You've got so much stuff on your shelves, like lots of Batman, Superman." I go, "Yeah, of course." She goes, "But what about Flash and Green Lantern? Are you really that big a fan?" And I said, "Slow down a sec. The Flash and Green Lantern I've got is the tippy top stuff. You know, it's like the it's like the Jeff Johns stuff. Mm. You know, like I'm not just getting random stuff. I had to kind of kind of say, take a look, but you know, have a think about it before you make your next comment. You know." Um, have a little bit of a think and look at some names and then come back to me. And she was, you know, her interest in the conversation hit zero, basically. And she just walked off, you know. Um, well, I, I've got two full shelves of people. Yeah, but, but like, I guess her point is for you, that's a trademark. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, but I mean, that doesn't mean I don't have a couple of Batman and Superman. Yeah. Well, I've got a lot more super, but I do even even though I'm not the biggest Batman fan. Yeah. Well, especially modern Batman, I still have some Batman trades on. Yeah, my definitely. Show, just because you know, there's certain storylines that are good, and so you buy it. Or yeah, that's it, man. Ones that I do. Look, dude, you don't need to make any excuses for what you're doing. You you know that you're you're running the. No, no, this game. is more in case Michelle's this. <laughs> so, yeah, Look, I don't think she was that interested in my collection, let alone yours. <laughs> I think overall, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just helping with context. Thank you, Rich. Uh, then also coming out, it's coming out this week, but we'll cover it next week. Uh, is the X Deaths X Deaths of Wolverine one? So I, that's next week. We'll do the X Lives of Wolverine one and the X Deaths of Wolverine one in weekly comics. So we'll do two Wolverine comics next week. Um, it's, it's weekly comics, Rich. Yay! The two hundred club. Um, no, the 250 Club. Oh, yeah. Man, let's... Let, actually, let's cut it again. It's Weekly Comics, Rich! Yay! The 250th Club. Yes, the 250 Club. The 250 Club. You've got to be cool to be in it. You know, you got You get turned away. If you're sitting on 199, walk away. Just keep walking. This club is exclusive. Legends only. Um, and in that manner, I select... 25-8. Yeah, I selected legendary characters celebrating 250 issues. No one's probably ever thought of doing this before, Rich. Probably the first person on the planet. Um, the first one was Superman 250. I started with Superman because I thought you've got to start where it all started. Superman 250, 8 out of 10. I fucking love Terra Man, spelt T-E-R-R-A, man. A Western-influenced character who rides... Is it a not a unicorn? What it's like a flying horse. Um, mm. He's a badass. This guy. He's this guy's a total badass. Um, I love this character. Where's this character been all my life, Rich? Uh, in the past. <laughs> yeah, and believe you me, this is the kind of guy I'd like to see in my Bronze Age retcon of Batman and Superman wind up. Um, I loved this issue, Rich. A am I crazy, or was this one of the best Superman stories in the last fifty years? Uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's it's definitely enjoyable. Mm. Um, uh, I don't know. I get. I I feel like we sound like the old whinging guy, but I just feel like writers had a bit more fun. Yeah, with with, with writing stories and 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 comics. You know what I mean? I just feel like. It was all just about having fun with it, coming up with, even if it was like over the top, mm. 
um, stories and out there. And, you know, they didn't take it too seriously. It was all just about fun. I love the artwork too. Is it Kurt? Yeah, it's Kurt Swan on Art Duties. And I think he really helps this storyline. And uh, Yeah, fantastic cover too. Beautiful artwork, man. Like, I'm looking at this artwork in this. And, you know, the artwork, great cover. And, you know, also the cool ads that are inside it. But, like, you know, the guy with the... um, the guy that's turning all the money blank, you know, the the neighbour, and, you know, Terra Man... Oh, uh, by the way, you're talking about the winged, like, Pegasus horse. Yes, yes. That's, that's what I was thinking of in my head, the like a Pegasus-type horse, the winged yeah. horse. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. That That is what a Pegasus is, isn't it? Just a winged horse? Oh, that's... Well, that's that was the name. The the winged horse from the, the Greek mythology's name was Pegasus. Right, okay. Well, I like... As far as I'm concerned, this Terror Man, um, I don't know if he sticks around, uh, but he's a great character. I love this character. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm addicted I, I, to this character. I just love the guy that was walking around with that breathing thing on his <laughs> on his face. It looks so silly. Yeah, yeah. How about how Terror Man like, actually inscribes like his symbol into into Superman? Well, he's, he's, well, he's yeah, it's like branding. Yeah. yeah, he's a cowboy basically. You know, yeah. he's he's a cowboy and a winged horse, and his gun kind of like brands people. I just realised he's actually singing the song at the start. That's Terror Man. He's going, "Have horse will fly," uh, a play on "Have gun will travel." You know. Yeah. Um. I look. I'm giving it eight out of ten, Rich. I really, I really enjoyed it. Um. Where were you on it? Uh. Yeah, seven. I was going to say seven, but yeah, I, I'd say seven point five. Yeah, it's good stuff, isn't it? Good, solid. Like, Bendis should learn something by reading a comic like this. It's a one and done. Um, basically, you know, it doesn't let the team down. It's, it's a classic. Um, it, you know, it's as good as it gets. Now, I'm going to throw over to you for Amazing Spider-Man 250. Uh, really a, a big one in Spider-Man history. Uh, what, did you enjoy this one, Rich? Hobgoblin? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was enjoyable. And also the uh, shortest of them this mm. was a normal sized yes 250 they didn't go for the oversized 250 they kind of just treated it like a a normal issue which was very surprising yeah um and yeah it's the story of hobgoblin is uh blackmailing mm. a bunch of ne'er-do-wells uh which includes <laughs> uh harry osborne and j jonah jameson mm-hmm. um uh, but he's also trying to find out who actually spider-man is because he, he figures that uh, Norman Green Goblin must have known. Yeah. Uh, he's going through, like, the journals and the diaries and he's trying to figure that out. He hits Spider-Man with some sort of um, gas that uh, disables his spider sense. Um, mm-hmm. And so Peter has to go back to... So in this point in, in Spidey's career, he the web trackers that he puts on people, mm. the spider trackers, spider trackers yeah. he could actually track them with his um, spider sense. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, he used to just track them with like a, a device. Yeah, you know, it gave a signal. Then he realized that he could tune it to his spider sense. So now he had to go back and um, uh, rig one of his old things because he couldn't. Even though he hit Hobgoblin with the spider tracker, he couldn't track him because mm. his spider sense was not working. Yeah, um, which, by the way, I have to think is still pretty funny that um, even though his spider sense wasn't working when Hobgoblin. Uh, activated his defense things which fire randomly mm. Spider-Man was still dodging them no problem <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was quite funny because the whole point of him dodging stuff is the spider sense warns him 
And hey, look, if it was pointed directly at him and firing, I could understand him dodging. But these guns were actually just firing random different directions. So I still, it was still funny that he could still dodge there without his pilot sense. But again, it's comics. Yeah, it's comics. I mean, uh, I, I, don't look... think that, I don't think they were going for like um, uh, believability or, or gritty like, realism, you know. Yeah. So, but it was fun. Uh, it was a fun two fifty issue. Just a normal, normal size. Sixty cents, and it does actually say a normal size two hundred fiftieth issue on the front. Yeah. I hope they have uh, it. And it was good, and you know he ends up beating Hobgoblin, and the Hobgoblin ends up accidentally destroying all of Norman's journals yep. and diaries and all that sort of stuff. So, but, oh, this is interesting. So, uh, J. Jonah Jameson was being uh, blackmailed because uh, he obviously created uh, the Scorpion, mm. and uh, uh, Spider-Man finds out that's what it is, and J. Jonah Jameson he, he decides, well, I'm not going to let a guy blackmail me. I'm going to put it in the paper that that's what I did. Yeah, I'm going to come clean. Um, you know, which which is funny because JJ is like, I own up to my mistakes, and he goes, Bullshit. He goes, You're only owning up to it because someone backed you into a corner. That's true. Otherwise, you would have come out clean. But anyway, but even though Spider Man defeats our goblin and he loses all the evidence and, and the black man and stuff and all that, JJ Jameson still prints the story, mm. like showing that, yeah, he's, he's still going to come clean, even though. Which, again, he's still doing it for selfish reasons because he knows that at some point someone else could find out. So it's he, he's doing it, and I guess the, the thing is to make him look noble, but in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but you're still doing it because you know that at some point someone else could try and blackmail you for that. So you're just going to take your lumps now and get yeah. out of this. And well, it's a, classic, it's a classic thing where the cover-up becomes worse than the crime, you know? So but you know, the, the yeah. funny thing is, it wasn't just a scorpion he helped create. He actually, uh, JJ Jonas is actually responsible for a couple of uh, Spider-Man villains. Spider Slayer was he behind that? Yes, yep. yeah. Spider Slayer was another one. Yeah, um, I'm giving it eight out of ten. What are you giving it, Rich? Um, yeah, um, uh, eight out of ten is a good score that I agree with. Now, then we had Uncanny X-Men two fifty. I've got to say, I really struggled through this issue. And is it just me? Or when I check the latter era of Chris Claremont's X-Men, it was kind of running out of steam in the in the mid to late 80s. Am I completely wrong, Rich? Because I struggled through this issue, frankly. Um, I don't know. I mean, probably, I don't know, maybe yes and no. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, great artwork. Yeah. That, that's definitely got it for it. But I think... I remember, I think this is when they started like sort of re. It was shortly after this that I think they started re uh, vamping the X Men books, uh-huh. where that they went back to the core team and then X Factor came out of it. Um, and then they were doing Excalibur and stuff and all that. So, I mean, yeah, it probably was getting towards the end of the gold. Or, yeah, of, of maybe what he was producing. And then after that is when they. You know, started maybe going back to like, okay, let's just you know, because in this book, it's not your, the it's got Colossus, it's got, is it Dazzler? Yeah, Dazzler. Dazzler's there, Havoc's there, Havoc, Polaris, and yeah. Psylocke in the robot body. Yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah, it's not even the core X Men and all that. But to be fair, they weren't really treating. Again, this is another one where they weren't really treating the two fifty as a no. A, a big event or anything. No, they were sort uh, of. Just con- it was just continuing the main, the, the current story. I'm giving it five point five out of ten. I really struggled with it. Ah, uh, it's a six out of ten because I still like 
seen those characters. I like Polaris and Havoc because I be I was a big X Factor mm-hmm. fan back in the day when it was Strong Guy, Havoc, Polaris, Rain, uh, or what's she started? What was she called? Wolfsbane. Yeah. And Multiple Man. Uh, I really loved that team. Mm. Uh, and that's when I think was it was Joker started doing the art. He's, I think he may have started off doing the art, or he, he was in there. Uh, I really have a soft spot for that X Factor, so seeing those characters like Havoc and Polaris is quite nice. Mm. Um, and Savage Land, you know. Yeah, well, that 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 part was good. That it was a Savage Land. That so was. It's, you know. it's it's a six out of ten for me, um, mm. but um, it, it was okay. I mean, it's also a bit hard, especially. Where they're not treating the two fifty, you you've come in at one issue and you don't know really what's going on. So sure, it it was a bit hard to know because like at one point, like Havoc was supposed to be undercover as a bad guy. Yeah, the, the seven, and so you kind of feel like you came in at the at the end of a movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You don't quite know what's going on. So you know, I kind of wish they had maybe said, okay, we're going to skip, and we're just going to be doing a big two fifty issue. Mm. You know, of eighty pages, and we're just going to do a couple of short stories, or yeah, or, or just something fun. Because I do feel like if someone was like, "Oh wow, two hundred two hundred fifty issue," you just pick it up the end of a because this was definitely the end of whatever storyline was happening. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> no, I, yeah, you good good point. Yeah, you're like, wow, we're we're coming in right at the end here, kind of like, is it a cold open? No, it's just a continuation. Yeah. So and you gave it six. The, the different one with the Spider-Man, why I rate the Spider-Man higher is that while this was taking place, it, it almost also still felt like a one-off. Yes. I felt like I'd only just missed one issue. Yeah. Whereas Claremont had all those subplots. I like maybe missed three or four. Claremont with all those characters had all those subplots, you know? Yeah. So the Spider-Man felt, it still felt like a one-off story. Mm. Um, that it almost just felt like a normal one-issue story. So that was easy. But this one definitely felt like, yeah, there was like maybe three or four issues before this one, and I don't know what's going on. Sure. Um, then we had uh, one of my favorites was Batman 250. I dug this. I love the uh, opening story about the museum and the historical yeah, figures. Yeah, this one is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed Yeah, uh, and, the, and the historical figures. And then you had... Uh, a pretty cool Robin story at the back end too. Um, look, this is... I want to recommend this highly. You've got Frank Robbins on story duties. You've got Irv Novick and Dick Giordano on art duties. Um, the back, the back banner's got Elliot S. Magan writing Robin. Um, I recommend this. This should be in a Best of Batman collection. I loved this storyline. I love the ambience. I love the 70s. I love the Bronze Age. I just ate this up. 9.5 out of 10. I don't even know where it's losing a 0.5, but I'm going to give it 9.5 out of 10. Recommended. Signal recommend. Oh, yes. It's a, it's a 9 out of 10 for me. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this because this was very much like um, like those Scooby-Doo yep. sort of Johnny Quest stuff that you grew up as a kid watching where it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a proper mystery. Yes. Um, story where it's so basically what the storyline is there's a guy who is stealing items mm-hmm. and putting them on a wax figure yeah but the thing that he steals is also somehow tied to the wax and it's also numerical mm. yeah you batman's got to kind of work it out yeah so like he took the twin diamonds and then he put it with the the, the twin acrobats and then when he took the um 
the football thing, it was the three football, uh, you know, because the first one he stole was a hatchet and he put that with George Washington, the first president. Mm. So it, it was a very multi-layered crime. It was. Uh, a kind of stunt and all that where he was stealing objects, but then the objects were also being put in order of an, a numerical thing. So was it like cheesy and a bit juvenile? Yes, but it was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, oh, hell yeah. And and this and this is what I wish people would also try and remember. And again, it's also why I've probably fallen out of love with Batman mm. um, in my life. Is because What's I think people have forgotten to that Batman can be fun. Yeah, Batman well. can be a hell of a lot of fun. And Batman's also a detective. And I don't feel like Batman does a lot of actual detective stuff. You know, like in this one, he's he's figuring it out. Mm. He's he's ascertaining. Hey. George Washington, the first president, the twins, two, the three footballers. Oh, I'm trying to guess. Uh, and then he's looking around the wax museum and he's he's figuring out who would be number four. What what person here has a, a tie to the numerical number four? And then what were they known for? What You know what I mean? And it's just, I, I just thought that was fun. I just thought it was clever, it was fun. And then someone was actually like, hey, let's tell a fun detective yeah. story where Batman's actually. And by the way, Batman is also in this. He's not infallible. No. You know what I mean? He's not back God. Yeah, he gets knocked out or he just misses the, the guy or, you know what I mean? So it's, I, I like it because he's, he's just a good detective. And, <laughs> and he's not, yeah, he's not, yeah, as you said, he's not back God. No, yeah. He doesn't solve it by the first page. <laughs> I don't know. I miss those old uh, detective stories. Oh, me too. And you know what? Like, and, and this is a huge call from such a hardcore Batman fan. I even miss Batman being a little bit more sort of not human's not the right word, but like I don't know. There's just something about him where he just you know it takes him a bit of time to get there. The seventies just knew how to do Batman, um, and you know I I think somewhere along the way in the two thousands after Chuck left, I think they sort of at like a few years after that they sort of were going on sort of a much more modern take of Batman. And I preferred this take, you know? Um, there's just something... Like, he's more functional. My favourite Batman is your... As I said, like, I, I actually really enjoy Danny O'Neill's Batman as well. Oh, sure. Uh, and the Neil Adams, because that Batman is like... As I said, he's like James Bond. Yeah. He's like Sherlock Holmes and James Bond rolled up into one. Yeah. It's not just about Gotham. He's, you know... Uh, he's he's going around the world, mm. you know, uh, chasing uh, criminals and crime and international stuff. And he's kind of a man of mystery as well as, mm. as Bruce Wayne. So, like, I, I just feel like they were the the scope was a bit more grander. Yeah. Um, whereas now it's very much like it's Gotham. Yeah. It's Gotham, 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 Gotham. It's dark. It's dour. Yeah. He's, he's fucking a you know a grumpy fucking guy. All yeah. the time he treats he treats his allies like like shit. Like yeah, yeah. Times, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, yeah, I I agree. And and there's aspects of that that I think have gone has gone too far at times. And no, we, no, no, don't be wrong. I don't need him running around saying chum. No, no, yeah, yeah, and all that. But you know, just lighten him up a little bit. Yeah, you don't want him running down the like back in Bob Haney's day where he's running down the sidewalk and he's saluting the kids and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not I'm not talking like I'm talking about a happy medium, which I think they did in like like the seventies 
I, I, I'd say 70s. I, I'd say Chuck Dixon. Chuck Dixon on Batman. He wrote a, a very kind of balanced Batman. Uh, he, he, he's underrated for his depiction of Batman. Chuck gets a lot of love for a lot of his Bat family. But you go back and read his Batman. He knew Batman, you know, in and out. Like, he, he, he had that character down pat. Um, it just so happened that Chuck was also an expert at all the all the Bat Family characters as well. It wasn't just Batman, yeah. you know. Well, that's why I said that's why uh, um, that's why I got more drawn towards Nightwing. Sure. Um, uh, uh, when Batman started, um, and look, it, it, it was a little bit in Chuck Dixon's run as well. But again, that was probably you know I'm, I'm sure every writer was told you know uh, Dark Knight Returns, Dark Knight Returns, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark Knight Returns, but. He, I felt like he had so much more fun on um, Nightwing. Yeah, Nightwing was cool. You know, Nightwing was like fun. You know, he was a bit flippant. He enjoyed sure. what he was doing. Yeah, and and he, he still enjoyed making friends and believing in people and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, ah, oh, there's my Batman now. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I I kind of moved from Batman to Nightwing because I was like, this is the character that I want to sort of read. You I, know? I read Chuck's detective is a crime fighter, but he he. he he enjoys what he's doing. He doesn't take it like super, super seriously. Dude, I read, uh, not, you know, it was when we were doing the show. I, I read all of Chuck Dixon's seven issues of Nightwing, you know, and I, and I had read a few of them in the 90s. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't pick the title up. I read a few because of mm. crossovers. Absolutely loved it. You know, um, I thought that was such a good title. And when it got to the end of his run, I almost couldn't believe it. I was like, man, I could have just done with 70 more. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I Such enjoyed a... Chuck Dixon's Batman, but Nightwing made me an, uh, a Chuck Dixon Uber fan. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, now I just want to quickly just do something here. Just give me two seconds. Um, okay. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, now, the comic I'm about to mention, Richard, is perhaps one of my favourite weekly comics ever, and that's World's Finest 250. This story, I think, encapsulates everything that was good about DC and the Bronze Age and World's Finest comics. It's People are going through time, uh, German tanks, uh, what do you call them, U-boats, Japanese Zeros, uh, and the way that characters go back to, like, People forget who the actual characters are, like the rest of the Justice League. Even they forget who the Justice League are. This is an amazing story. I, I actually think this is one of the best weekly comics I've ever read on Signal. Uh, I think it's a proper 250 celebration. And I'm so interested to get your take on this, was because I want to say it was... I want to say Jerry Conway. Uh, let me get that right, because if we get Jerry on the show, I'm going to bring this up. I um, let me. Where the hell is the? You know when you're trying to find. Sometimes you're trying to find the um, the artistic credits, and like for the life of me, I cannot find them anywhere. Um, sometimes it's a bit old. It's a bit hard on the older books. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I look off the top of my head. I'm not sure who who did it. I thought it was Jerry Conway, but I will say this. I thought I'll, this. I'll see if I can find it. I thought this was some of the best ever. Um, world's finest i've ever read oh here we go i found it um it is writer i oh, know jerry conway writer uh, george tusker was the artist penciler and vince coletta was the inker richard i really enjoyed this issue where were you on it 
No. Not not as wow. as hyped as, as you. Um, only just because I, I'm not going to lie. I actually found the story a little hard to follow. Are you kidding? Why? How? Um, because I didn't quite get uh the, the that Nebula man. I don't. I didn't quite get his origin and where he, how he came into being. It, it shows he he absorbed something. So okay. Um. It it literally like shows. It, he, he's there from the from like, um, page one. No, like there, there's a flashback away. which shows how he got the power. Is it? Maybe I'm. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I mean, find this is, this it. For is, this was a fairly long. I'm gonna issue f- with, I'm gonna find it for you. There there is actually with, a with bit, a lot happening. There is a bit where you find out how he becomes Nebula Man because I also had that question. I love the banter so, between. So who, who is he? I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to find it for you, Rich. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm usually pretty good yeah. <laughs> at following stories, but I, I did struggle with this one a little bit, if I'm, if I'm being honest. I just felt like... The Ravager you're so talking much... about. The Ravager. That's who it was. The Ravager. Yeah, the, pink, the guy that's pink who keeps yeah. showing up. So, okay, so here's what happened. So, um, the gangsters were doing stuff, um, and he... She was rescuing someone. She was rescuing a guy who was creating a thing called the Chronal Transponder. Theoretically, using this device, we can attack the Germans and the Japanese in the past. If these people have come from the future, perhaps they can help us perfect the transponder. So this is, he's kind of like the, um, he's the professor, Professor Ronsom. He then gets shot and he goes, uh, another bullet would have finished me, but I'm dying, my friends. Only one chance for survival, the transponder activated. It can put my body into a t- state of time stasis in that state, I will continue to live without further deterioration. No, I, I got that, and then it says that she presses a button, but then he just becomes this pink guy fucking destroying yeah, everything. And I was like, that's it. I, they never quite explained why that happened when well, he, he went. To he went yeah, but he point. went. The plan didn't work. Like he went crazy instead of instead of the plan. I guess, but they never. I, I know, but they, I guess what I'm saying is they never quite explained what went wrong. Well. You know, like it's just that it went wrong. wrong, and I was like, okay, but what, how, why, what? So what? What do you mean? What shit goes wrong. To, dude. Shit goes know. wrong. That's that's what happened. Shit went wrong. Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> Whatever. Shit goes wrong. Okay. <laughs> You're not satisfied with that, are you, Rich? At all? Although I did, I did like uh, uh, what's he called the uh, agent of Axis or something? Or yes, Axis agent. Yeah. I actually quite liked his design and all that. Yeah. Um, the evil. The the the. Uh, the, the Nazi the with Nazi, the uh, oh. red and purple outfit. See, oh, yeah. I, lo- I do see. This is what I miss about like I love that agents mm. dressed like superheroes. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. They had colorful costumes, but you would think to yourself, well, an agent would want to not stand out. But he's like, yep, I'm here because yeah. I don't think he has any powers or anything. He's basically just like, oh, doesn't evil. he? I thought he did. Right, so he's just he's just flying solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's just a he's just a really good. Yeah, if he's. Um, I mean, he uses he uses a bit of tech and all that, but I mean, I, I don't believe he actually has any powers. Oh, okay. I thought I assumed he did, but you, you're probably right. I mean, for me, this was an incredible issue. I I I so enjoyed. this. Oh, actually. a lot happens on it. Yeah, and uh, there's a, there's an interesting Green Arrow, Black Canary sort of uh, storyline, uh, personal. 
yeah. story going on in these pages because the, in, in this this is uh, she's Black Canary from Earth Two. Yeah, that's the original Black Canary. And, man. and yeah. he's yeah, yeah, and he's Oliver from Earth One, and in Earth Two, her husband was murdered or something and all that. And uh, I mean, that, that that was interesting. I could follow that one, no problem. What about this at the end? He goes, <laughs> "My God, did that all really happen?" She said, "Does it matter? We remember it, Ollie. And what's the past after all but a memory that everyone shares? Yeah, that a memory well, not everyone not, shares. Not, not everyone shares um, memories of the past. Well, that's true, but um." Diana, sometimes you scare me. Sometimes I scare myself, Ollie. Remember what I said about holding me? Uh-huh. Do it now. The memory moves on. Uh, I'm give, get, get ready for this, Rich. You ready? Drum roll. 10 out of 10. It is a 10 out of 10, my friend. It is a 10 out of 10. I fucking loved this issue. I thought this was... I And, and the banter between Green Arrow and uh, Hawkman, I'm always a fan of that. And for those those two legends to go against up against each other was was a lot of fun for me. You know. Um, oh yeah, no. I mean, I, I enjoyed the art and the action and all that sort of stuff. As I yeah. said, I just didn't quite. I, I it felt a maybe it felt a little bit too cramped. Yeah, there was a lot going. So on. much happening, like no, because I mean, it, it kind of goes like, even though it's like I think like sixty pages or something like that, it kind of almost goes at a breakneck. Yeah. Speed as well, where everything's just like happening, 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 happening. Happen. Oh, yeah. It's like well, I feel like I'm getting feel like I'm getting overwhelmed. Yeah, it, it, no, it is. I, I agree with you there. It, it is. Uh, it is a busy book, you know. Um, what are you giving it out of ten, Rich? You got to give it a score. We can't just say yeah. It's a it's a six point five. Six point five. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, that's fair enough. That's that's not a bad score. That's that's reasonable. Um, and then finally, sometimes I also want a story to breathe a little bit. Like I just felt like there was no, like not much breathing happening in this. It was just like bang, 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 bang. Everything's happening. There was a lot going on, man. There was a hell of a lot going on actually. Um, and I was, I was deep in it, man. You know, like I was, I mean, I gave it 10 out of 10. I, I, I've rarely, I've probably given about two or three 10 out of 10s in the history of Signal, you know? That's... The um the backup story I enjoyed the uh, yeah. the creeper one the creeper good old creeper man uh, that st- one I give a, that one I give a seven point five out of ten okay um, I quite like the funny guy who keeps he keeps saying he's dying. <laughs> then we had the yeah then we had the final one which was Hulk two fifty the Incredible Hulk two fifty um I thought I was going to struggle with this story but actually it's got a pretty charming storyline to it and it's also got Silver Surfer who I don't read a lot of actually in general um, and I thought it was some pretty cool Silver Surfer how you had Silver Surfer trying to escape from Earth I know that's probably like been done a thousand times but I haven't read it a thousand times so I, I found it quite enjoyable um, yeah I, I, I genuinely I, I was surprised by how much Silver Surfer there was in this story. Like, it, there was a hell of a lot of Silver Surfer. But I thought it was actually pretty done pretty well. What, what did you think, Rich? This is probably my least favourite one of yeah. the ones that we, we picked, I must be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, look, I'll be honest with you. I Silver Surfer is nowhere near a character that I like. No. Um, I, I find his dialogue just really tedious to read. Sure. Um, I, I'm sort uh, of, a, you know, I'm agreeing with you, actually, frankly. I, I find him a, a chore most of the time, frankly, you know? Yeah, and, um, you know, like, again, the the, the Bruce Banner but stuff, nothing we haven't seen before sure. in Hulk stories and all that, you know? He, Trapped. Uh, he saves a little girl and yeah. 
you know, he's living on a farm with his people and he's happy and trying to get some peace, uh, peace and quiet, you know, and all that sort of crap. And then, of course, Silver Surfer like comes to like fuck everything all up and all that sort of crap. But, uh, um, you know, everything resets back to the status quo at the end. But, ah, uh, just a lot, way too much dialogue. Yeah. I think this book has got way too much dialogue. I, I'm only giving uh, it and a, not, a six and not enough action. I'm only giving it a six out of ten, and and even that, it was rising at the end to give it. I was giving it five point five, and then I was like, you know what? It was a long haul, and it certainly probably was my least favorite of all the books we did. Um, but you know, I'm glad I got there in the end. But it was it was some pretty long haul trucking, you know. Well, for me, it's a five out of ten. Five out of ten, yeah, it's fair. Yeah. It's fair. Look, so yeah, not, not, not yeah, not the not the best. Well, I say not the best choice, but of the ones we've chosen. Oh yeah, but like, did you like the way I spread it around? I, I tried to spread it around. I tried to sort of be very, you know, I I didn't know. Well, you you, you picked all the the the, the tent poles. Yeah, you know, X Men. Yeah. Um. Did they? They should have. Would there have been an Avengers two fifty or not? Probably. I just didn't think of it. Fantastic Four as well. That was what Ray said. And you know what? If I had my time again, I probably would have picked Fantastic Four instead of Hulk. I thought Hulk would be a bit better than it was, frankly. Uh, like for for me, there was way too much Silver Surfer in that Hulk story. Way too much. Well, again, I mean, it's Some amazing, reason. but um, the Marvel ones really didn't treat their two fifties as anything special. Yeah, well, that's a crime, you know. You know what I mean? If you look at the, if you look at the the, okay, but I think Batman was well. I mean, Batman was a little bit, you know, it was a, had a backup story and all that. Yeah, and World's Finest was a big thing and. They made a big deal, and there was a backup story in that. And you know, the Superman one um, was an oversized issue. But yeah, the 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 Spider Man, the X Men, and like this Hulk one just felt like normal. Yeah. Kind of run of the mill stuff. I mean, fair enough. The Hulk one is a one off story, but I just thought to myself, really, for a two fifty issue, uh. you you go with a, 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 a um, kind of a humdrum story that's kind of been done. Oh yeah. Uh, enough already it's, it's quite repetitive when you think about like the hulk they didn't do anything special like just maybe the hulk fighting silver surfer in space or something which would be quite fun well yeah um, it was just like they were sort of like you know what um we're gonna uh, for me I, I was like it was like someone wanted to write a silver surfer story and then thought we'll just throw a bit of hulk in it's like it's hulk's 250th why is hulk taking a backseat to silver surfer that's, that's where I was. I was kind of like... Yeah, uh, uh, to me, uh, if you're going to have a, a fight uh, in, in a Hulk book and it's a 250, it's got to be the thing. Yeah. Good call. Great call. Yeah, not not Silver Surfer. Because we get Silver Surfer's too overpowered. Yeah. Like, he just fucking decimated so Hulk, just stole his power, just took his power away from him, said, there you go, you're not the Hulk anymore. Like, yeah. Uh, no, I, a two fifty issue. I'd have loved to have seen like a Hulk versus Thing again, you know, because yeah. that's always the best. Like Hulk versus Thing is like the rematch of every century. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I totally agree. That would have been way better than what we got. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, we have to sometimes play the cards we're dealt, don't we, Rich? We have to play the ball in front yeah, of us, as yeah, they say. Or you can fold. You can <laughs> fold. You got to know when to walk away. Uh, and you know, no when to hold, no when to hold them, no when to fold them, no when to walk away, and no when to run. You gotta know when to hold them, no when to fold them, etc., etc. Um, yeah. So then we had the long-awaited Superman. Whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow? And we'll just focus on the two issues. Uh, this 
was Alan Moore, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rich, because I'm going to go off my knowledge. Alan Moore writing, um, Kurt Swan, uh, inked by George Perez, and then a name I, I'm struggling to remember, Kurt someone, Kurt Swashenbiger or something, like the guy who always inked Kurt Swan, on the other issue. So it was in, I assume, Superman in Action, Rich, over two issues. It was the wrap-up of the uh, Bronze Age before... Had crisis happened? Um, it was ju- it was th- it was just before Burns reboot, basically. Correct? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Around about then. I mean, I, I off the top of my head, I can't be exact, but yes, this yes. was kind of like the ending of an era. Yes, the next issue was Burns reboot, so that it was literally. And, and, and by the way, I love that this Superman mm. uh, in, in this is actually they they use him in the uh, Superman Batman. Um, uh, Jeff Loeb, really? Um, yeah. So, do you know when? Um, uh, in in the it starts in Public Enemies. Yes. Where Batman there's a Superman that appears in Batman's cave. Right. And and any and, he, and he's Batman's like you older, your inflections different, right? All that sort of stuff, and then there's like a fight. Uh-huh. And just before, like Batman shoots him with the kryptonite bullet, he disappears. Uh huh. That's actually the Superman from uh, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Right. Really. Mm. Wow. I did not know that. Um. You know, and I guess the reason I didn't know that, Rich, is I've never read this issue before. Um. And I have waited very patiently all my life. I've always, I've, I love Alan Moore. I read the Man Who Has Everything. I want to say this for for listeners out there. I read The Man Who Has Everything in a Superman collective edition I had when I was a teenager, and it the, the whole collection was great. It was like a best of Superman through the ages, and some of the stories were throwaway, but some are really good, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, Bust Their Best Superman was in there, which I loved, um, and then I read this Man Who Has Everything, and it blew my mind and made me really love Krypton and Superman and everything. And then I got older... And I found out that he did this whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. For some reason, I always thought it was going to be really lame. Because I wasn't a big I was like, they're gonna be silver age, it's gonna be crap. Um, but then I realized that it probably wasn't lame. Elamore writing, Kurt Swan on art duties, and so I saved it for the signal. I read it last night, after three episodes of Peacemaker. I thought it was brilliant. It was way darker than I expected. Way it was actually so dark and final and like i'm talking obviously the end is the end but i'm talking the, in, in in the issue like people are just dying left right and center lana lang jimmy crypto and i knew crypto died. that's partly why i didn't want to read it because i knew crypto died and that's hard for me to accept i really struggled with that i almost had a tear in my eye thinking about it now crypto died went out a hero um lana lang gets crushed pete ross like the death count keeps rising, but this is a oh she well she yeah she gets like uh burnt to a crisp yeah 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 she but... gets shocked to uh, by the uh, lightning lord yep that's right but to an absolute crisp uh dude I, I I can't say the Legion of Superheroes cameo which then turns out to be really influential the reveal of the villain I did not see coming uh Adam the computer was texting me saying 
do you, do you have any guesses who the villain is? And I, and I jokingly said Doomsday, knowing full well that Doomsday hadn't been created and would not be the villain, <laughs> even if he had been created. And then I said Ra's al Ghul. Um, I had no idea. Like, uh, not that I was sitting there thinking about it. Um, I had no idea who the villain was going to be. I was quite, like, surprised. So, in essence, Rich, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. McPizlick was making, he was dialing everyone up. So that's why Bizarro went so nuts and why Toy Man and Prankster, like, killed Pete Ross. He was somehow dialing everyone up a few notches. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Great ending. I love the wink at the end. I mean, the, the artwork is... Kurt Swan is the artist for me with Superman. It's who I think Kurt of. Kurt Swan is, is the best. I, I just love it, man. Like... I, I, Superman I, is fantastic. It is fantastic. It's who I think of when I think of Superman. And and frankly, Alan Moore, I mean, the guy's been praised to hell on earth, but, like, honestly, this guy could write some fantastic comics. And he did it in two issues. What I what I swear to God, some people would take 25 issues to do now. Um, and I, I've, I'm not going to give it 10 out of 10, but it probably should deserve it. I'm going to give it 9.5. I'm giving it 10 out of 10. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 as well. Fuck it, why not? Um, I, I don't really have... I, I There are no weaknesses. Uh, he was given a really challenging assignment to, to sum up Superman and close out an era and to do it well. Not, you know, okay, anyone could do it, but to do it well in two issues and, and, and a feeling of closure, which I don't think I've ever had reading Superman. And I was like, man, I it really, I read it and I was like, shit, that affected me more than I thought it was going to affect me. I actually felt, you know, me, I don't feel a lot of emotions. I felt some emotions. Um, I was like, man, it was deep, you know, and it was interesting and challenging and all those kind of words. But like, in essence, it was just really good. And I dare say it was great. Uh, what, I'm throwing over to you, Rich, because I'm I'm covering with roses. I'm giving it ten out of ten. Where were you? Uh, I know it's fantastic. This is probably now the eighth time that I've read it. Eighth, really? Wow. Um, I, I yeah, it's just one. It's, it's look, it's not a long read. No, it's, it's just only two about issues. 120 pages. Mm. Um, give or take. Yeah, that's about um, right. It's, it's just two, it's it's two issues or about forty, maybe eighty. I don't. Oh no, I think they oversized. It's, no, it's it's two issues, and then they put in the man who has everything and the swamp thing story yeah. as well to pump it so, out. Yeah, look, I mean, it's it's a fantastic read, and you know what? It's a it's a really sad but great ending. Yeah. To the, the that character basically, so um, uh, yeah, it's just. It's just really hard to put it into words. I mean, um, you know, uses all of his villains. Yeah. Um, and you even you even feel sorry for Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor's just um, dominated in this. At the end of it and all that. And you even feel sorry for, like, <clears throat> um, I, I, I felt, like, um, quite sad for the Supergirl. Because well, she doesn't like, know she's uh, dead. Yeah. To to her. yeah. Because she dies, but this Supergirl is in the future at the moment. Yes. With the Legion, and then they come back, and she's like, oh, you know, why are you looking at me like that cousin? Yeah. You know, blah, blah, blah. And, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're off planet doing something. Yeah. You better go before you come back, you know, because you're not allowed to. It was the kind of Supergirl of the 50s, wasn't it? And she was like talking. 
Like you're you're still running around with streaky crypto. She was kind of very innocent, you know. Yeah, yeah, because she has obviously no idea what happens to her. You know, they yeah. keep that. So, she, so dies in, she, dies in, she dies and, in crisis, which obviously just happened. So that was kind of sad. But great as well. Like, Alan Moore, man. Like, you know, I, I really do feel... I'm going to be honest here. Like, I, he was... It's not just great work. He was extremely influential, you know, in, 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 in superhero comics. He, very influential, actually. I, I feel... I feel as, as much as Frank Miller was to Batman... I think some of the conventions that Alan Moore did have been very influential in comic books. I really do feel that. Yeah, look, I mean, Alan Moore's praise is well-deserved. The yeah. problem is, is I think he, he's pissed a lot of it away because of his weird yeah, yeah, his... antics and, and, and treatment and becoming that grumpy yeah, yeah, yeah. old man who almost seems to even hate his own work yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing and all that. Uh, you kind of roll your eyes. But no, when you actually go back and read... His, his actual stuff, yes. like back in the day stuff, you can just go, this guy is fucking talented as all hell. Yeah, when you when you, you know? just basically um, um, accept, look at it from the work aspect, you know? Like, forget about um, yeah. yeah, anything else. You yeah. Know, and, you, and you know what? He makes you feel for all the characters. He makes you feel for Superman. Mm. Um, uh, it, it, it's, it's sad, but also a good ending at mm. the same time, which is weird, you know what I mean? Um, and I love how um, um, uh, I don't know if I should like really spoil too much. Spoil as much as you want. What, what do you say? Like, so like, Superman is still alive. It's just that he basically depowered himself. Yeah. And uh, there's a, there's a, there's a scene where he comes home and he's. I love that his name was um, Jordan, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It always made me think of Jordan. Um, but he comes home and there's a reporter then and he's interviewing Lois. You know, because it's like the ten-year Superman anniversary or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, and basically Elliot, aka uh, Superman, is like, "Oh, that guy! What a fucking, what a <laughs> selfish prick he was." Us, us normal people, we're the real heroes, right? <laughs> I was like, "It's so fucking." <laughs> yeah. That he's bad now than himself. Yeah. Um, it's it, it is funny in a sense because even Lois at the end of the book kind of goes, "You went hard on Superman, there, weren't you?" <laughs> and he's like. He was a selfish wanker. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> or yeah. self-centered wanker and all that. Um, and there's gross. a lovely moment between Superman and, and uh, Perry White where he talks about uh, Lana and Lois. Yes, and, Lo- uh, and Lana what, is like, it. What he, what he doesn't realize is that Lana actually, she dipped herself in that radiation to get the powers, so she actually had super hearing. Did she so turn she into Insect Girl? Did that... she turn into Insect Girl? Because that's who she was in the Legion. Um, one of the reserve members, she turned into insect girl. Is that who she turned into? Or well, insect queen, I think it was. No. Oh. no, so this one, she just, she gets like Superman's powers. Oh, okay. Yeah, and and, and, then, and he and, turned into elastic lad. The elastic drink and stuff, but they end up getting killed um, because they want to try and protect. It's pretty hardcore how people um, were just dying all over the place, but, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. Well, um, I, I love that basically Superman was going to murder the, um, uh, the Legion of Supervillains. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, they were like, ha, 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 we killed your friends. Uh, let us kill Lois. And he's just like, oh, fucking hell. Like, he screams, you hurt Lana, and his yeah. eye beams come. And then, um, uh, what's his name? Not Lightning Lord. Um, the other one who's the uh, magnetic guy. Um, it's like mag- not mag- Magnetic King or something? 
But so yeah, I think he's yeah, Mag- Magna King or Magnetic King. He's like, oh my god, he burned me, and then like, uh, like Saturn woman or whatever. She's like, yeah, he's not fucking around. Yeah, like, he's literally having murderous thoughts. And they're like, oh, let's get the fuck out of here. It's pretty funny how <laughs> they think like, it's going to be an easy win, and then they're like, actually, this is too hard for us. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh fuck, he's actually going to kill us. We thought this was just like fun and games. And, uh, uh, and then yeah, so uh, and what I really like is I like his um. I like actually the reason for the McSpidlick turn is that Miss Pittick basically said, look, for 2000 years, I did nothing. Yeah. I didn't move. I didn't breathe. And then I got bored with that. And then I spent 2000 years being a saint, mm. uh, doing nothing but good. And then I spent the next 2000 years being uh, mischievous. Yep. And now I'm bored with that. And so I've decided to be evil for the next 2000 years. And I'm going to start with you. Makes sense. Who knows? Maybe in another 2000 years, I'll choose to feel guilty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean uh, so I was like that's a really cool um, kind of like reconning but also it's a good way to explain why he's what he's doing you know oh, what totally, I mean why yeah. he's not the just the little imp that's trying to fuck around with Superman it's just that yeah he's he's immortal and he literally gets bored and chooses <laughs> to do different things made, made, to- <laughs> made total sense and and Superman actually gets him in the end He he fully kills him he actually tears him apart. Well, so that's why he gives up being Superman, yes. Yeah. And that's the gold kryptonite. Said, he goes into uh, the gold kryptonite. No one, yeah, no one's above murder, not even Superman. Yeah, pretty hardcore, but and cool. So he sacrifices. But obviously, I like the ending because it's like there's uh, – he's. Uh, by the way, the kid's named Jonathan. He yes. and Lois have a kid. Yeah, I saw and that. And the kid's named Jonathan, which, again, I love that as well. Um. And uh, he crushes coal and it turns to diamonds. So it's a nice way of saying, like, there'll be another Superman at some point mm. and like, in, in this world because the kid will be the Superman. And he's really lost his powers, though, hasn't he? Yes, the gold kryptonite completely makes him, like, right. human. Wow. Okay, because that, that part I think I forgot at the end when he winked. I was like, oh, he's still Superman. But no, he's actually lost his powers. He's he's mortal. Yeah. So green green kryptonite kills him. Red kryptonite makes him evil. Right. Um, uh, blue kryptonite, I think, makes him, like, not give a fuck or something like that. Yeah. Apathetic. Uh, I think, uh, but, yeah, but, but gold kryptonite um, completely, permanently depowers him. Like, wow. bang. That's a just, he's, he's just human. Well, it was great, man. Like, what a read. And what no, a, pl- what a again, pleasure. I, I was happy to read it again. And I'll say this, if you buy this collection, this hardcover, Deluxe, it also comes with the man who has everything annual, where, which is a great story, which we'll do on another show, and it has the Swamp Thing Superman team-up, which is the lesser of all of them, but still good. Um, but two incredible issues. It is 10 out of 10. I, I, there, there are no weak points in, the, in this issue, you know, in these two issues. Yeah, no, um, uh, very well paced. Oh, yeah. Overstays welcome, gets the story across in the two issues. If you had to put um, this up against All-Star Superman, which one's your favourite? Because this is my favourite over All-Star, slightly. Oh. Um, uh, Tough, isn't it? I mean, I, I would probably choose this just because this is more canon for yeah. that Superman. Whereas All-Star Superman is like, it's inspired yeah. by all the different Supermen, you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, well, pre- predominantly like, um, 
Silver, Silver Age. Age. Yeah. Uh, is it Silver or Gold? But it's inspired by that Superman who could do everything. Yeah. He was a scientist. He had a plan for everything. You know, the the, the Superman God. Mm. You know how like there was a Batman God now? Well, there used to be a Superman God who was, he didn't, you know, you were playing checkers and he was playing um, 72 dimensional chess. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm. um, so yeah, I, I, I enjoy All Star Superman. I think it's fantastic. Um, you know, that, that's a fantastic run by Morrison. That's mm. a story, but that's more of a, an inspired, um, like, uh, love letter. Whereas this is an actual like ending to an actual canon character, well, canon uh, character that was canon in a sense. No, I hear man. You know, I feel like this was a more of a, a passing of the baton. It's ending one. It's ending. It's the last chapter in in even like the the Kurt Swan mm. legacy of, of of the Superman. Well, Kurt Swan never worked on the character again. So, that was the thing. They wouldn't give him yeah. any Superman work after this. Yeah, so I, I would definitely pick this just because it's more tied to that Superman and Kurt Swan and all that sort of stuff, whereas also Superman is more of an uh, homage. Sure. Well, 10 out of 10 for both of us, Rich. Um, we're coming towards the end of another big show. Um, I do want to mention the Patreon. Uh, look, it's very much appreciated if you can support us. It all goes towards show running costs. Patreon.com slash Signal Doom. Um, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Signal of Doom. Uh, for as little as $1 per month, you can really help the show out, and we do appreciate it. Rich, obviously, that was my pick. If you got something for next week, you're going to have a bit of a think about it. You like to sort of cogitate over these things, don't you? Uh, yes, give me give me a day or two. And give I me some time. A, I will have a pick. All right. Well, it's been another fantastic show. I want to say thank you to the listeners. Thank you to the Patreon supporters. Check out Manscaped, uh, you know, use the signal code and get 20% off free shipping. I want to say thank you and good night. Good night. And finally as well, I do want to say thank you to everybody who supported us uh, throughout the whole course of the show. Um, it's 250 episodes. We couldn't do it without you, without your feedback. I want to thank all my co-hosts from Stuart, um, you know, Tash, Connor, Richard, even Dion. Um, our guests we've had on many, Chuck Dixon, obviously Mike Barron, Chuck, Chuck and Mike were the first people I had on. Um, you know, we've had, you know, Jane DiMatteis, someone for Steve Engelhart. We've had a lot of guests, but also my friends who come on to help me do the show. So shout outs to guys like Ray. We've mentioned Connor. Um, you know, everyone who comes on, Jimmy Terzis. You know, I really appreciate every single person who's contributed in terms of commentary, spreading the show, coming on the show chatting about the show you know it's it, it's a cool part of our lives rich and we and we enjoy doing it don't we oh, that's why i'm here every week every week i mean uh, do you feel how long do you think i could talk if i just had to fill dead air because i reckon i could easily do two hours easily um honestly i don't think you would stop <laughs> <laughs> i love it rich Rich needs to have a rest now. He's had a hard week. He's avoiding this COVID somehow. He may be immune. You may be the cure to the coronavirus, I'm, Rich. I'm pretty sure I am. <laughs> I'm going to keep that to myself. All right. No, that... I, I, also, I also just want to say um, yeah. uh, thank you to all the listeners who put up with me. Uh, I do. Uh, I, I know I always come across as the grumpy person, but I do oh, thoroughly enjoy doing the show with Dave. And it's having a, a chat and having a laugh, it is a lot of fun that I look forward to every week. So I just want to say to everyone out there, thank you for tuning in and listening. 
Well, indeed. Uh, and, Rich, you are a pleasure to co-host with, man. So, all right, thank you to everyone and good night. Good night again. Thank you.